Well, welcome everybody to the next episode of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Um, as always, I am your host, uh, Mr. Duke Togo, and joining me um, from the uh, the beautiful East Coast of these United States, um, Mr. Wild Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good, and I know you're having a pretty excellent month yourself. I think we'll get into that, <laughs> right? I I am flattered. That you would say so. Uh, <laughs> yes, I had I had a, a only one major thing, but yes, a very very good fun month. And as always, dry Craigslist, right? Just just dry. Super dry. Like you have no idea. <laughs> like 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 Canada dry ginger ale. Dude, That's I mean, how we're, dry. we're talking, and I think we've come up with the with the conclusion that next time you you say that on air. We both get to choose a, a PCB from your Play Choice 10, and you can just <laughs> send it to us free of charge. No, I, I think the thing I was going to say instead of that was we just get to pick the drought items he picks up that month. <laughs> I'll send you pictures of them. <laughs> but well, seriously, other... it has been dry. <laughs> and that other voice you hear is um, from all the way at the other end of the continent. Um Mr. Crabmaster 2000. Hey, Crabby. Hey. Um, boy, well, it seems like it's been way too long since the last time we did one of these things, and it way probably because it has long. been. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while due to life circumstances, both good things and bad things, but glad to be back on with uh, both you guys. Yeah, so to our ravenous fans, we apologize, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll, we'll make it up to you somehow. P- poss- possibly in person. <laughs> maybe foreshadowing that's a, well, that's a, well let's first let's start off with a couple different ways where people can find the show right so um <clears throat> bill where where's where can people find us well this show is called the collector cast for a reason it's because we have this website called collectorcast.com where we put all of the shows that's nuts <laughs> at least all the shows for okay no not not really anymore all of the shows <laughs> Close we'll to, to all that. of the shows. Yeah, that, that'll be in an upcoming announcement. And again, foreshadowing. And um, we've well, got some other places too, Krabby. Where, where else can people dig us up? Oh, my favorite place where I'm the most active, obviously, Twitter. <laughs> yes, where you, hey, you've Krabby been better. will, he will comment on pictures that I posted like two and a half weeks <laughs> ago. <laughs> they they look new on my feed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to remember, Duke, there is a time zone difference between us and Krabby. <laughs> I, I forgot that there was a 17-day time zone difference. Yeah, he, he, he lives on Mercury, apparently. Was it really that bad? I thought it was current. <laughs> no, it was like no, two was and a half bad. weeks. All right. <laughs> but that's all right. It's, um, that was the, start, that was the good right? side of Krabby, right? Yeah. Um, now we're, we're also in other places as well. So, Bill, where else can people find us there? Bookface. The Booking of the Faces. Book the Face, and we are there. Which I will have to pause. It seems like we have not been as active on the Facebook. Yeah, it's so. uh, um, uh, it, it was really a way for. I mean, some people have Facebook, some people have Twitter, some people have both, but not everybody. So I think we have it set right now that our Twitter comments go to Facebook. But uh, yes, yeah, comments that happen on Facebook uh, uh, should be part of the conversation. So we're going to try to get a little bit better about uh, including that uh, in the discussion. Yeah, and I would say that if you are one of our Facebook fans, look, man, sign up for Twitter. Don't be a crabby. 
No, <laughs> we've got some we got some good conversations going on Twitter. Easy yeah. to reach, easy yeah. to reach us. I, I had a good one today with uh, uh, indie gamer chick uh, about uh, some uh, NES car, some unlicensed NES cars that she couldn't uh, identify. Yeah, I picked up on that. Um, she's got a great site. She's a lot of fun if you ever go read her reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and uh, so what else, Krabby? Where else can people find us? Uh, my real favorite one, YouTube. You are prolific on the YouTube, so I will agree that's probably going to be your favorite, right? I like the YouTubes. I, I understand you YouTube. I don't understand the Twitter yet. We're kind of... <laughs> the, all the tweetings is difficult for you. I, it, I get it, it. It is, yeah. The Twittering is tough. And then, um, Bill, we've got some other places, too. So we're... I'm going to go with this one to leave you the Apple one for yourself. So we got Stitcher. Oh, okay. If you haven't heard of that Stitcher Smart Radio, uh, it's real simple. It's stitcher.com slash RF Generation. We do have a promo code, which is just simply RF Generation, and that just helps us out if you enter that promo code in. Uh, and it's a cool way to get podcasts if you haven't tried it out yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little thing. And then uh, as Bill foreshadowed there, um, we, we're also on iTunes. You can find us um, there on iTunes. And um, we also kind of have a website that we kind of call home, which is um, you can probably guess by now, rfgeneration.com. So you want to come and interact with us, come over, join the forums. There's also a great collection tracking tool, great community of folks, and we see a few of you that have migrated over there. We're glad to see you. So so welcome aboard. Now, a couple things about the show right before we get too far into it is um, kind of what we hinted to a little bit, and that is some of the older shows you will see dropping off of the, the Podomatic, the um, collector cast site and um, those will also drop them off of uh, our feeds in iTunes and whatnot um, there are, will be some news coming about that in the future about where you can find those but in the meantime you can always remember just go to YouTube search for collector cast you can find all of our episodes even the first ones right there on YouTube in the meantime and then soon enough we'll have another um, avenue for you guys to go and pick up some of the older shows if you're interested so Never fear, they'll be they'll be back shortly. And then, um, Bill, I think you alluded we're going to we're going to be hitting a road trip or something, right? Yeah, I mean this is going to be cool. So we uh, we've had this uh, uh, plan for a little bit. We just wanted to make sure we were all confirmed and, and ready to go. Um, so we can now announce that uh, uh, two thirds of the collector cast will be at the Too Many Games uh, Retro uh, Game Expo in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, June fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. Um, there are still tickets available. Uh, there's Saturday tickets, Sunday tickets, and three days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday tickets. And uh, we're going to be doing a live show. It's going to be uh, it's going to set the record for the shortest show we've ever had. <laughs> that it will. Because we only have an hour, <laughs> and and I believe we're tentatively scheduled for Saturday at noon. But once that's official. Uh, we'll let you know on our various sites, and you can always check TooManyGames.com. Um, so if you're in or around the Philadelphia area and you like the retro stuff, um, it's it's actually going to have a pretty good tabletop uh, presence, which really excites me. There's uh, Rio Grande's going to be there, Fantasy Flight Games. Um, if you're not familiar with tabletop, those are two of the two of the biggest uh, 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 publishers of tabletop games. They make some of the best ones, and I'm going to be volunteering there uh, all weekend, hopefully teaching people tabletop games or whatever they need me doing. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, it is a it's quite a quite a distance for Krabby. So we're we're already planning our next show to see if we can get him to participate. Yeah, I apologize for not being able to make this one, guys. But hopefully next time around. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're going to the show, 
get a hold of us one way or the other. You know, if we've got some people that want to do it, I, I think we'd love to do like a meetup in the evening and totally. Yeah, maybe we could maybe we could catch some dinner and chit chat about some games. And you know, if you're a listener, we would love to um, we'd love to hear from you and love to get a chance to to meet you. And hopefully, um, we'll get a chance to do that. So again, contact us if we've got enough people interested. We'll we'll try to make something happen. Yeah. And um, c- coming along with me from Indiana, all the way out there, is John White who you heard an interview um, several episodes ago is the homebrew creator of Assimilate. So he'll be tagging along with, with us. So man, man, that might get a chance good. to meet him as well. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have a chance to play that before the interview happened. I, I picked it up shortly after, and that is a good game. It is. It's a lot of fun. Cool, yeah. So yeah, join us. Too many games. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. It's going to be my first time being out there at the show. So I've been to some other cons, and I'm sure this one will be, be pretty cool. Uh, if you've not listened to the show before, maybe this is the first time around. Uh, uh, we're a show a little bit about game collecting, as you could probably tell from the title. And um, some of the first things we like to do is highlight some of the cool items that people have picked up over on rfgeneration.com, right? Yep. And, and if I might quickly add, one, sometimes when some of my friends who aren't game collectors, uh, they find out I, that I'm part of a podcast uh uh, with the site they're like oh what's that about and it's like well we we do a pretty big show like about once a month and uh for the most part we just talk about some of the cool things that uh our members have picked up and some of my more like bluntly honest friends are like wow that sounds really awfully boring and, <laughs> and i'm like no 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 no, really it's it's <laughs> i promise it's good <laughs> if you i mean that's the thing like it's and even people on the site have said it before. Like, if someone just told me that you're going to talk about stuff people pick up for a couple hours, I'd say that doesn't sound good. But uh, somehow we, uh, it, it's it's kind of like when you hang it with your friends and you talk about you know like the cool things you picked up. So hopefully it's entertaining. And if yeah, uh, if you enjoy it, let us know. If not, let us know what we can do better. But uh, we've been having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not like we're going to sit and read you a running list for like two hours straight. Um... <laughs> Item one. Dragon Warrior Cart. <laughs> we we always like to talk about the games people are picking up. That's it. Just gives us a good template to work from, and we don't yeah. always know what's coming up, so we can yeah. kind of talk about a wide variety of things. It's always new each time. Yeah, and um, hope and hopefully it sparks a conversation that goes off on a crazy tangent that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That's that's our show. Yes, that's exactly. And then um, later on on the show, we have an interview with. Um, uh, homebrew creator Derek from Gradual Games. So listen on after the small scores segment, and you'll get a chance to um, hear Krabby and I do a little interview with him, which turned out really great. And yeah, um, he was great to talk to. Had a good time talking to him. Yeah, lots of fun. So let's get into it, right? We've got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this time, which you know always makes me excited. <laughs> so why don't we start off right at the very tip top with um, with Techie? Techie 413, right? I think he just went out and... Yeah, I mean, just like went out and said, okay, I'm just going to, you know, pick up just a garbage truck full of just some basic titles, right? Yeah, he actually does this a lot. Well, you know, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not, not saying it's a bad thing to do, but yeah, I mean, he normally is is a t- kind of like me. Like, I don't normally buy just one or two things if I can help it. I try to buy like a whole bunch of things for a good price. And he kind of seems like he's in a similar uh, uh, in a similar vein. Yeah. And I mean, like, did he buy every sports title that's available? <laughs> <I> mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it looks like, I mean, uh, uh, 
maybe there's like a few missing, but when you talk about PlayStation 2, Xbox, and then there's a little bit of PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast thrown in, I mean, there's a there's a ton of games in there. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking like, oh, he picked up 20 sports titles. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> this yeah, is there, like yeah, there's 50, like a hun- 60 games. Yeah, here. there's like 100 games in that pile. So any choice uh, hockey games you picked up on there? Bro? I was just going to ES- say, I know from experience he's missing a lot of hockey games. ESP- oh, okay. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, ESPN NHL Hockey with Jeremy Roenick right there in the front, uh, if you're looking at the uh, picture. That yes. was a great game. That was actually uh, um, uh, one of the first uh, 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 licensed um, uh, ESPN uh, games on the uh, on the 360. Uh, sorry, on the original Xbox. Also had that uh, live enabled. Um, this is a game that I remember playing with a roommate when I was living down in uh, Florida, working at uh, Disney, and we played this game all the time. He was actually thrilled that Jeremy Roenick was on the front. Even though Jeremy had left Chicago by then, my roommate was from Chicago, so he put Roenick on the Blackhawks, and we always played Blackhawks Rangers. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one that pops out to me. All the other games are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. He got Luigi's Mansion in there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good game. Come on. Ouch. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. That's a good one. And also, uh, not to get too far off the sports games, but he also picked up uh, uh, the Game of the Year edition for Arkham Asylum, which is amazing. And one of my favorite games on the 360, Red Dead Redemption, the Undead Nightmare expansion. Semi Showdown yeah. Sweet, too. Yeah, and right. Manhunt. I've heard horrible things, but I've not <laughs> played it. Yeah, I've heard good things in a horrible way. Like, it's how it's, like, really. You know, kind of graphic and isn't didn't that cause like a big like media uproar when it came out? Like, Arr. yeah, I think Manhunt Two was the one that was like even like worse than that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like how bad can we push this? Mm-hmm. And I guess they found out, right? Because yeah. when they're like some countries banned it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean Australia bans everything though. <laughs> yeah, they're no fun. Yeah. Them in Germany, they seem like uh, they're yeah. getting better lately. Did I tell you that I, I just I recently found out Portal Two was banned over there because of the way Glados speaks to you the entire game, how she's like berating you the whole time. That's <laughs> wow, why it you're was like me. no, not like you can look it up. It's not for language, not for violence. It's just like all the. I mean, it's supposed to be funny because she's supposed to be angry with you for you know spoiler alert killing her on the yeah. first game. But yeah. like you look up the Australian rating and it was like banned for the way that she berates you the whole game. <laughs> And when you when you say spoiler, Billy, you have to pause for a second. <laughs> no, no. If you have, no portal one, so you on. send send all your comments to Wild Bill Fifty Two. <laughs> but, co- but 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 copy NES rules because he's my moderator. <laughs> He'll send me a report uh, card at the end of the show. So I'm curious. We've got a couple. Um, I know we get a couple downloads from Australia and kind of New Zealand area of the show usually every month, and I'm not sure exactly who those folks are. So. You know, feel free to let us know what you think about that kind of policy there. I'd love to talk to someone from there about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he also picked up a couple other items, or a couple. Uh, one of those I was kind of a little, little jealous about. Uh, so what else did he grab? Was that the uh, the power set? Yeah, yeah, I'm jealous of oh, that you, one too. Oh, you don't? You guys don't have a power set? No, I don't have any boxes for. Oh, my, really? Any? And I don't have any. None I'll whatsoever. Have to keep the- I'll have I to have keep none. that in mind. Zero. I've had more than that up here. That's that would you would you like me. some Would you like some boxes, Duke? I would like an NES box. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I see uh, uh, control and action boxes here all the time. I didn't know oh, you didn't have sure. one. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah if you, yeah. If you want one with one of those sweet Mattel logos, I'll keep my eyes open. Oh, I would like that. <laughs> I think I would like that more. All yeah. Right. Oh well, fine. Yeah, I've gone through. Yeah, see, I, several. So I'll keep my eyes. I open. had this. I had this wonderful idea that was not a not a wonderful. Uh, this this is irony. <laughs> this is irony. So there was a time uh, in my late twenties where I thought, oh. I'm done with some of this stuff, right? Like, uh, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I, like, I had a lot of system boxes, and I just pitched them. Oh, uh, that's too bad. And uh, I didn't get any games. I mean, I didn't go that far, because, thank God, something in my head snapped. But So we're getting a little glimpse into your psyche and why you have this hatred for cardboard now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't anything. It was like NES box, Genesis box, Sega CD box. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you know, but... Right. It wasn't like, oh, I'm pitching out Neo Geo boxes or you know something like that. But yeah, I I shouldn't have done that because <laughs> I thought, well, I'm gonna, you know, I was looking for, uh, I don't know, I was looking for it was stupidity. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> you uh, so it. the lesson is, if you're young, don't what if, there will come this time in your where your brain will say, look, it's time to give it. Just don't. <laughs> just <laughs> just tell yeah. your brain, just rent a storage space. Yep. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's like I always say, it's only money, you can always get more. Yeah, you can. No, don't. <laughs> and then so, um he also got a couple games though, right? A couple NES games? Yeah, those uh, on the less uh, I mean less common than uh, Dragon uh, Warrior 1, definitely. Yeah, I think that's you could about pave the street with Dragon Warrior 1s, but Yeah. Picked up picked <laughs> yeah. up a 2 and a 3 cart. It looks like at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Krabby, I think you had been mentioned somewhere that you have not got around to playing any of those? I've played the first one a little bit. I haven't touched any of the rest, so I plan to fix that pretty soon. For shame. <laughs> I, I also love the strategy guide he got. Yeah, as, yeah. what did he get? Uh, well, as, as a Zelda guy, I kind of pick up like anything Zelda that I see that I don't have. It's one of the only series that I will collect variants for just to have, you know, all the Zelda stuff. So he got a Zelda uh, Nintendo Power Guide for uh, the player's guide for Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Um, which was pretty which, cool. Yeah, they're, they're good games. And um, I, I know it's against Krabby's policy, um, but I, I just I feel like I should mention that they were recently announced that they're coming to the virtual console. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. So, but, but they also announced Link to the Past two for 3ds. Yes, they did. So Krabby yeah. rejoices, right? Uh, it's okay. I'm what? As, long as, <laughs> what? as, as I, long as it's physical, right? Yeah, I'm I'm happier with that than the arcade. Just I just I want console drop top down ones. I don't want the handheld ones. I don't play my handheld very often. I'm happy. I'm just, I could be uh, a lot happier. What is the matter with this guy? You know, you know what I would have been happier with? On it? Like, I don't know about happier, because I do like having, like, a top-down Zelda sequel in that universe, but I have just really please, been... Please don't, please don't say Super Mario Bros. 2, too. No, 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 no. It's a uh, Zelda <laughs> wish. Um, I really wanted a Majora's Mask 3DS uh, port. Oh, I no doubt. Just wait around. That I, I know. That's what I was kind of like when I heard there's gonna be a Nintendo Direct uh, based on the 3DS. I was like, oh, this is definitely gonna be part of the news, and it wasn't. So, <laughs> 3DS is on a roll. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, man. Uh, after that yeah. Direct, they it was all 3DS. My my Wii U's feeling a little sad, left out. Yeah. It's all right. My non-existent Wii U is doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're holding it for me at the store until I'm ready. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um. Now, the next thing I thought was really unique. Is that a nice way to say that? Yeah, it's a cool pickup. 
Um, uh, yeah. So the side talking extraordinaire console, right? Uh, <laughs> the engage. The engage. Yeah, I picked Gage. up that. I think the T-shirt's my favorite part of that pickup. It's really cool. Yeah, and then um, some games, right? Yeah, a bunch of little complete in box games there. It looks like some Splinter Cells and some SSX. Mm. Oh, man, have you guys ever actually used an N-Gage? I never have. I actually see sealed N-Gage games at Goodwill pretty often. <laughs> they want a good like, reason for that. I, I know. They want, like, the first time I saw one, I was like, oh my God, a sealed game. And I pulled up my phone, I do a quick eBay search. There's a billion Sonics. Uh, one dollar. On, yeah, <laughs> a buck, no bid. So I was like, oh. They don't, nobody wants this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember kind of trying one out once, you know, when it first came out, just to kind of see what it was. Mm-hmm. And boy, yeah, it was really clear at that point in time. Mm, I but I mean, don't get me wrong. We all in our collections have some stuff that's probably not tons of fun to play, but cool to collect. Sure. And there's or, not or, a lot of engage collectors like, out there. Like 32X yeah. stuff, right? Or things, exactly like 32. I was going to say, or things that we think are fun, but not necessarily <laughs> everybody else thinks is fun. No, I will say that I've been trying to keep an eye out for a complete copy of Afterburner for 32X. It's a fun one. I've got the car. I would like to have, just because I like Afterburner. It's, yeah. you know. I, I know people who are Space Harrier fans who do the same thing with that 32X game. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never actually open it or whatnot, but. um so yeah engage um and i think didn't he say like has like a complete set or a near complete set now of engage games he's about 19 games away and i I don't know how big the library is though so i don't know it's not it's it's 20 it's 20 games (laughs) (laughs) plus a shirt and so he's pretty close now so so good job on grabbing the engage I, i i've not heard honestly of anybody else collecting that so that's the first I've seen people really posting much about engage. Yeah, we at least that I don't hear a lot about it on to. RF Gen there, do we? Yeah, he no, he, no. he better be submitting all of the images. <laughs> yes, do a lot of scans. Now he also picked up uh, a, another a console, right? Yeah, the elusive. I mean, not elusive for other people apparently, but elusive to me. Uh, Super Nintendo model too, a little uh, skinny any a uh, skinny uh, Super Nintendo. If you ever want one, Bill, I can get you one. I, I'd take one if you have them lying around the place. Well, not lay, laying around. I could have one purchased for you. The local stores got plenty of them. Yeah, I mean stores. I mean, are they retailing sixty, fifty, sixty bucks near you guys? Uh, I think about fifty. Yeah, is what they put those on. Which yeah, is probably we'll about right. Maybe, maybe I'll see if uh, I can trade uh, Chris something cool for him. He's always doing, uh, looking for something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I'm not that big of a fan. I don't think it's really much of an upgrade. It's a cost savings kind of machine. Drives me nuts it looks that neat. it doesn't have the LED that tells you when it's on or off. Mm. Because I've had my son or my sister or someone come over and leave it on for five days until I realize it's on. Oh, Maybe it's just because there's no save in Super Castlevania 4. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> They're going to come back to it. Uh, why don't you just use the regular one instead of the, the model <laughs> because two? Because it fits into my little shelf unit better, uh, being tiny. Gotcha. I see. Okay. And then, um, moving on, he picked up another game that's near and dear to my heart. Of course. I think, it's, um, I think this is Mass one Effect of the few two. games all of us actually like together. We do is like it? this one. Yeah. It's it's I I know a lot of people it's like in a lot of people's like top ten games of all time and I don't know if I put it quite up there but Mass Effect Two is I mean who who doesn't like Mass Effect Two 
I don't know. I don't know anybody yeah, that doesn't. I mean, there's definitely some people who hate on one because the combat's not as good, and three because of the story and other things, but I don't know anybody who says, oh, Mass Effect 2, again, was garbage. I liked one better, yeah. but I still really like two. Um, yeah, me, me and you both. I, I thought I was in the minority on that. I like one better. I used to think I liked one better, but I recently <laughs> just played through one and two back to back. Until 10 um, seconds ago when you heard us say that. Yeah, we yeah. didn't a- we didn't ask you what you like, Duke. All right, way back in your memory, you think you like one better than two, but trust me, you don't. When you have to go back to that inventory system they put in there, and uh, the everyone crazy everyone always says that. Listen, just let me enjoy my rose tinted glasses. <laughs> you know what yeah. else was the you know what was the best fighting game ever made? Mortal Kombat Gold. <laughs> uh, and he and he also picked that one up too. Yeah, he did. And um, I I like that I like that game. I think you're looking for that game, right? I am looking for that game. That's a good one. That is a it's, good one. It's, it was, uh, well, you guys remember the Dreamcast launch, right? Yes. So, so I had a party on 9999 that, like, nobody came to, but it was cool because I got to play the games <laughs> all day. Um, but, like, do you remember how many great games were out that first day? It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that, to this day, that's my favorite launch. Even the bass fishing was fun. Yeah. The, uh, the Sega bass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you had like a fishing controller. You were like, what the heck? Yep. I, I seem to remember not being able to... I I know I had VMUs. I think the Rumble Pack was the thing that was hard to find. So I only had like two of them and I wanted four, like one for each controller. Oh, yeah. um, but other than that, I mean like oh, Soul Calibur, NFL 2K, Hydro Thunder, Mortal Kombat, Sonic Adventure. I mean, we talked about it before, but that was a great launch lineup. Oh, but then there was also that Pin Pin Triicelon. Oh, oh, oh for- that was awful. I forgot about that because I didn't know. Oh, that. awful. Recently played that one again. Oh, man. <laughs> Not good. Actually, just uh, I-, I told you before, I leave I leave games at my parents' house because they have a waterproof basement. Um, and uh, I was just there today and I grabbed uh, uh, Fantasy Star Online because I just had a- a- an urge to play it. Gross. Oh, so good. So good. And then last but not least, it's something we'll be hearing about again a little bit later. He picked up uh, Lollipop Chainsaw, right? Yeah. It's a sweet game. Yes, it is. Uh, I, well, you know, what little exposure I've had to it. But it's one on, I'm gonna, I want to find that one, but I'm waiting for a cheap copy. So It's getting down mm-hmm. there. I'm sure you can find it in the bargain bin any day now. I got mine, got mine for pretty cheap. Yeah, I don't have any money. I've got to save up for stupid Mass Effect 3 DLC. You know how expensive that stuff is? It's not bad. It's I like 10 or 15 know. bucks. Like each pack is like 15. There's like two of them for 15 bucks. There's one of them for 10 bucks. Yeah, but you don't buy them when they first come out. You buy them on the Xbox Live sale a few months later for like half off. The game has been out like over a year. They've not gone on sale. Yeah, but no, the DLC hasn't been out. Like, like uh, Citadel just came out like what, like a month ago? Yeah, but I mean the other yeah. ones. So so no. by the middle of summer, you'll have an all Mass Effect. Say, don't calm down. It's going to be okay. So here's the problem. I just <laughs> finished playing through one and two, like 100%. Like I just did an Insanity right. Run, all the DLC right. on two, right? And uh-huh. I want to just jump right on and do all of three. I got you. I, I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from, but play something in your backlog. It'll be there when it goes on sale. Irritating. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, good job, Techie. Uh, you Absolutely. gave me a chance to talk about Mass Effect 2, so congrats. <laughs> and uh, up next, we've got Mr. Moonraker Fats. Great name. It is. It's a lot make, of great I, names. I always think of Fats Domino. Uh, yeah, <laughs> same make. thing. Really? I'm always the James Bond guy, then? Well, yeah, Moonraker, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I focus on Fats. Um, so he picked up uh, a couple nice things. So um, 
Ooh, one of my favorite Persona favorites. game, yeah. right? Number three, FES. It is. You like you like Persona Crab? Oh, I love it. I I was kind of getting out of RPGs, and then I played that game, and it just like totally sucked me in. It was just unbelievable. Okay. Three and four you, are you, amazing. Do you need to play earlier ones, or can you jump into three? No, three was the first one I ever played, and oh, cool. yeah, it's unbelievable. I had such a blast with that. I'll have to add it to the list. What's the difference between just three and and the FES? It's got the DLC attached to it there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's got some like extra prologue missions uh, with one of the characters and a little bit of uh, extra content added in there. Uh, I think I've got both copies, but I think I've only ever plugged in just three. So You're not missing anything important to the story, but if you're going to start one from scratch, you should probably start FES. Oh, okay. And that was also on the PSP, right? Yeah, I think they ported it over there and same thing, added a bunch of more stuff onto it even. I think I might even have the PSP version. I don't know. I'll have to go look. So very good. And um, boy, there's some guy on the show that really likes Silver Box Konami games, right? I really do. And Castlevania 2, probably the best Castlevania game ever made. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I only said that for your come on, man reaction. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. Yes. I mean, uh, Konami Silver Box games. Yeah, they're kind of my jam. And I do have one coming up. Uh, I can't remember if I made the cutoff for last month or not, but I'll mention it again later on my <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, a very nice we'll, Castlevania We'll just all too. go back and, and talk about our coolest pickups every episode from now on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> That's just better gonna than be, what I got this month. It's just going to be a reminder about why you don't like me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a very nice Castlevania 2 uh, box uh, and uh, with a personal comment from someone in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think that next one is actually it's a game, Bill. Oh, that's <laughs> um, not a comment to you. That's just oh, they're always used to us talking to him. <laughs> so, so, so he also picked up bastard. <laughs> it's got exclamation points though. It's it does. bastard. So it should be on the Odyssey too. You're saying? <laughs> there you Ooh, go. Snap, that was good. And then, and then, not to be outdone by uh, Techie. Uh, Moonraker decided to pick up Dragon Warrior 1, 3, and 4. Very good. So no 2, but still, I mean, 4 is uh, uh, getting trickier to find. And the first Lamperer of the month. (laughs) It's a tricky one to find. That's a hard one to find. Yeah, I mean... Those Dragon Warriors, do you guys find, too, like, I've I've gone through a couple sets of them up here. Um, They always seem to come all together, or mostly together. I never just find one at a time. Is it like that for you guys, too? Well, for me, I have only come across in the wild or in stores uh, Dragon Warrior 1. Um, I've never come across a 2, 3, or 4, like, for sale. I've gone to people's houses, like, non-collectors who just happen to have some Nintendo games lying around who have Dragon Warrior 1, 2, 3, or 2, 3, 4. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you were ever wanted to sell those games, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I want. So, like, I couldn't, you know, pry them away from people. But even, like, non-collectors, that's I find that, too. Like, people who were, like, into Dragon Warrior, they stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, the when I found them, like um, I flipped a set not too long ago, and it was three and four together. And Lamperer, Le- I never saw that one at retail when it came out. No, I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> uh, no, I never saw that at retail. But, but to be I fair, think yeah, I wasn't aware of most Nintendo games. I would say just because of yeah. the age I was when that was big. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I was, you know, I was in the thick of that, and I mean, I don't even remember seeing it at the rental store. I don't remember seeing mm. that at all. So. Uh, not back in the day. So congratulations, uh, Mr. 
Mr. Fats. I don't know if that's a compliment to say that, but um... Emma, Emma, oh, get it, Mr. Fats, Mr. Moonraker. <laughs> hey, Mr. Good. Fats. I didn't even intend. How do you like that? <laughs> he he helped me out. I'll mention later on when I get to my stuff. But he sent me something I've really been wanting for a while. Oh, Very thanks, cool. Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now up next is Kabonk. <laughs> right. I like that. Just this Kabonk. I have this game, but I've never played it. It's good. I've got it too. You never played it? Never played Rise of the Dragon. I like it. Is a it lot. good? Yeah. Oh, you're a big you... Blade Runner guy. You'd like it, I think. Yeah, I know. It's like, like pe- a total people, ripoff. People, yeah. People have told me like, oh, it's it's pretty it's pretty like futuristic cyberpunk Blade Runner stuff. And I'm like, I'm always like hesitant to like go after things that are like right in that wheelhouse because it's like so sacred to me but yeah, I, do, it's on the list don't, don't set up your expectations too high but <laughs> it has it has a really good atmosphere to it i think you'd really like it. okay it's kind of like a poor man snatcher isn't it yeah that's a good description okay yeah yeah it's worth playing and it's cheap yeah um but oh, yeah it's yeah you can, cool. you can find yeah you can that's that's not a tough like most sega cd lots you come across have a copy of rise of the dragon in it yeah yeah but it's still then, worth playing and this next one's interesting. We might have talked about this on the show before. Um, the Metal Gear Solid remake for the GameCube, Twin Snakes. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm a big, big, big fan of the first two Metal Gear games. And after that is another discussion. But the uh, Metal the, Gear? The, yeah, the first game I loved. The PlayStation version, I absolutely loved. And then when I found out they were remaking it for GameCube, I was like, oh, this will be cool. And I don't know the entire backstory behind it. I think like another company handled uh, most of the port. And yeah. they didn't just port it. They kind of like totally redid like all the scenes and they're like they have that like ridiculous quality that is so present in like the third and fourth games that i just couldn't get behind (laughs) um i mean it's the same game but i feel like the story is told in such a different way that i couldn't get behind this port you know the best thing i think personally about it is you can do first person like two style aiming in one yeah i've I've heard that from people about this game and same thing with the metal gear solid 3 the special edition that came out for it, which is what subsistence. Yes. Um, same thing. You can. There's like a new first person view that you can play the game like that in there. And people have told me that it's almost not even worth playing the regular edition because the that mode in the new edition is so much better. Yeah. Um, I've got Twin Snakes. Do you guys all have that? I've sold two copies. I couldn't get into it either time. Yeah. I've I've played it. I've and I could. I'd rather play the original. I can't get into any Metal Gear. It wasn't just <laughs> Twin Snakes for me. Uh, it's worth having, I think. It it definitely has the metal. It's just Metal Gear Solid Two graphics sewn onto Metal Gear Solid One, right? I <laughs> yeah. mean, that's just it, it. Yeah, and there's a there's a rumor that uh, Konami just licensed, uh, or sorry, registered like a domain for like Metal Gear Legacy Collection, which is supposedly the first four games on a disc. So and the that's... PSP one also, I think. So, oh yeah, yeah, Peacemaker, yeah. yeah. Which 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 seems weird with like a collection just came out like recently. Yeah, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to do it. Do you want to throw it in that Kabong picked that up for only a dollar twenty-five? Yeah, that's a, yes, a so. good one to grab on the GameCube. It's one of the more yep. desirable games. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have. I would have bought it. But I got a question for you, Bill. Since you're such a, uh, excuse me, a fan of the first game, mm-hmm. did you ever play it on the Dreamcast with Bleem? Uh, you know what? I uh, I was working at a Babbage's around the time that uh, uh, Metal Gear and Bleem was a thing. And um, I believe that I did, like, I played it just to see, like, kind of what it looked like and what the graphics were like. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But I didn't actually play through the entire game again on the Blame version. You should. It just, it's, uh, it's the same game you know and love. It's just the, it's just cleaner 
you know, yeah. cleaner graphics. I, I definitely would because, I mean, even even at the time you were playing it, you were like, wow, this game is great. Uh, it doesn't really look that good, but, like, it's still great. So it's, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes games actually look good to you, but then you go back to them and you're like, wow, this looks bad. <laughs> like, Metal Gear 1, at the time, you already know it doesn't really look that good. So it'd be nice to have a, a clean version. Actually, the PC version uh, was nice and texture smooth as well. Oh, okay. There you go. But I would recommend, Bill, if you can find cheap, Find that blame disc and try okay. it out. I think you'd like it. I will list it. And um, he also got, uh, which I think has been kind of a thing. Nintendo just released the um, the Pikachu 3DS. Yeah, that, oh, dude, it's good, my favorite good model. For you. Yeah, awesome. good for you for finding this because apparently, like from what I hear from my people at retail who like still work have retail jobs, this thing's impossible to find. Really? Hot item. Yeah, I heard at PAX, which I think somebody went to. Oh. That that there were some that were there as well. Is that is that what did you see some? Um, I saw like uh, I didn't see any at the Nintendo booth. I saw people just like, walking around with them. But uh, uh, Pax is where Pax is where I street pass once a year. <laughs> um, I, I I can walk around like my town or city or like you know drive around for days and get two or three street passes. But you have ten street passes within a couple minutes at Pax, and it's. I mean, you get hundreds a day, so that's where uh, my uh, where, where I saw most were just people like walking around with uh, 3ds's. But um, I have a friend who was looking for a 3ds, and uh, she really wanted to find one of these. And her boyfriend works at Best Buy, and he's like, "Nope, you cannot find." One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really popular, you know. For yeah. what I mean, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. What do you mean for whatever reason? Because they're awesome. <laughs> you see them. Do you have one, Crab? No. Um, we've got a regular-sized. If Whenever we upgrade to the XL, I'd love to get the Pikachu one. Mm. I, was not a, I was not a Pokemon person, so... No, I wasn't a Pokemaniac. It's still sweet yellow color. It's awesome. Ele- electric rats didn't, didn't <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> so, so, Duke, you're probably the expert on this next batch here. Anything awesome in this uh, lot? Actually, I need, uh, I need to mention that uh, this is part of Moonraker Fats pickups for the month, not Kabongs. This big lot that we're talking about. Oh, here. okay, because yeah. it was okay. It was it was slightly off on my list here. Yeah. Oh, so this is this is the top notch prep work that we do before the show. Yes, <laughs> so you're hearing it right here. I couldn't so ninja, ninja edit this in, but I'm just not gonna. Yeah. So, so, so Kabonk totally helped Moonraker Fats pick this all out. <laughs> Somehow it's magically connected. We can just assume. Uh, no, Moonraker Fats. Then, yeah, he picked up a big lot of Super Fami carts and. Um, just he did an excellent hand, job. You know, I'm I'm definitely not uh, a super fami uh, expert. I know a lot about Famicom, but I don't really get into that much. So there was nothing there that jumped out at me. But I know, like a lot of these lots, you can pick up from Japan. Uh, you can get a lot of these cars really cheap if you buy in bulk. So that's what mm-hmm. kind of what I'm guessing that he did there is just make a big bulk buy of just random carts. Yeah, and this is a big lot. This is like a hundred carts plus. Yeah. yeah. If you go on eBay, you can see some of these sellers do that pretty regularly. Where that's that's it. You're just buying a box of randoms, and right. what they'll do is they'll just guarantee that there's no dupes in the lot, and you just get whatever mm-hmm. they throw in there. Yep. And I I did that with the Famicom lot. I got like a hundred Famicom carts, and I ended up paying like fifty cents a piece for them that way. It's a good way to Very start cool. out. Yeah. It is. Oh yeah, definitely. It is. So, um, again, I don't. I didn't notice anything that really stood out to me there. Um, but that's a good way to get. I mean, things like here that you would say, "Oh man, 
like Chrono Triggers and Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy VI. I mean, over there, <clears throat> like five, six dollars or something. You know what I mean? They're dirt common. Yeah, I've um, actually got a uh, a contact uh, in Japan right now. Some of you may know that I have uh, with a short list, looking out for some things for me. So, crossing there, my fingers. There you go. Gimmick should be at the top of your list, but uh, but yeah, well, good, very good. Um, now moving on, we have uh, gamer Nick, right? He had a good month. <laughs> yeah, he had a really good month, I think. Um, so we're definitely going to just hit some of the highlights, but um, he picked up Man. a lot of NES stuff, and one of he picked up a loose cart that um, stood out to me, and that was Ninja Kid. That's a little harder um, to pick up in terms of like the early NES titles, right? I, d- I wasn't yeah. aware of that. I've, I've had mine for so long. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, not the, as yeah not the, as the, bo- the, the box stuff stood out a little bit more to me, but uh, I mean, speaking of carts, I mean, there's also a uh, Donkey Kong Junior Math in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, I mean. the, the 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 boxes that are a little well, and also RCA Pro Am too. So a handful of uh, fairly uncommon NES carts, but uh, um, also the boxes that stood out to me. Um, Uncharted Waters is oh, a little yeah. Yeah. little trickier to find. Mega Man One, very desirable. Uh, with the big round seal of quality uh, uh, st- uh, on the front, I, mine is. I have a very nice copy, but mine's the oval, so the round uh, I believe was the first one. Um, yeah. And and then one that's uh, that's you know it's 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 weird because the cart doesn't go for very very much, but a princess tomato in the salad kingdom box oh, yeah. is not something I don't see very often. So the cart's, I, I'm cart's not steep. It's sneaking up there too in price. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember when when I first started collecting, there was a guy I bought some stuff from who was kind of getting out of collecting. And he said to me, he's like, listen, like, uh, you know what carts you got to be on the lookout for? And I said, what? And he says, it's Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom and Little Samson. <laughs> what? So and in my two, head, yeah. so in my head, I've always kind of held Princess Tomato in this like weird, you know, pedestal position, even though it's like, you know, not like a super duper, you know, crazy, uncommon game. But when I like when I see this box, I remember like, oh. I gotta get that. <laughs> I like the box too. It's it's unique, interesting. It definitely is, yeah. And a Bible yeah. buffet box. I don't. I, I mean, you see, uh, you see, what's it called? You see Bible Adventures, um, fairly often. I don't really see a Bible buffet box that often. Um, I couldn't tell in that picture though if it's really a box or just like one of those plastic kind of thing holders. I uh, I mean, I I see the fold on the bottom of the box to me, so I think maybe it's just in like a sleeve. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think he's got I a few really of them tell. in perspective cases there. Yeah. Um, Dracula oh, and Overlord are two that jumped out to me. I'm surprised you guys didn't mention those. Those are uh, quite hard to find, complete in box. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I didn't realize. I guess I've had my Overlord for so long, I didn't really realize. I could see Dracula. I didn't realize Overlord um, was so hard to find. Yeah, like a that, little tricky. So. But I'd put it in the same level as Princess Tomato. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, see, I guess when you think about the cardboard? movie, it, it, it came out in, like, what, like, 93 or 94? So that's really late in the NES lifestyle, yep. life cycle. Yeah, and then jumping out of the NES for a minute, <clears throat> he picked up the most excellent uh, Skies of Arcadia for GameCube, mm. Skies of Arcadia <laughs> Legends. No comment. No. Yeah, I'm waiting for the comment, Kravy. No, I, I, just I was keeping it to I was myself just... this time. Nothing, nothing <laughs> nice to say. <laughs> Did anyone else spot the seventh guest, Big Box PC? Yep. Yo. Uh, I figured you'd handle that one, Bill. And then uh, in that same picture, almost as if he's uh, writing me a love letter, there's also a Super Street Fighter 2 for Genesis, which I don't know why, but I've always loved that version of that game. Really? The Genesis one? 
and and that's the thing, like I I I haven't lo- I didn't love it because like it's you know great or anything. It was just like you know like sometimes like you kind of fall out of video games for a little bit and then you realize what you've done and then you get back into them real quick. So it was a time when I was not kind of not really playing games very much. And then like I remember going to a store and seeing Super Street Fighter Two, and I was a big Street Fighter Two fan. And I was like, I must have this. And I remember <laughs> just taking it home and playing it endlessly, being like, this is what I left behind. So. It's yeah, it's what's one that I like. Um, I now what I don't recognize, and it's got the N sixty four logo on it, is that box next to Super Street Fighter two. Well, I'm not sure what is that. I mean, it looks like it could be a VHS tape. I don't see the N sixty four logo you're mentioning. It's vertical, like you see, like the the word that's kind of like that H O T. Yeah, I see it. And then the N sixty four logo. So it could be how to on how to do something on N64, like secrets to games or something. I'm gonna bet it's like a preview tape. Right. Maybe I really can't. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. Not that one though. Nothing that looks like it that. It does look kind of VHS shaped. Yeah. Right? Maybe gamer Nick can uh, let us know. I'm not seeing anything in the uh, flavor text of his post. Maybe he'll let us know. <laughs> the flavor text. <laughs> yeah, flavor text. Uh, yeah, of of all the people on the show, the magic guy should understand flavor yeah, text. Yeah, that jumped right away. <laughs> <laughs> now he uh, also picked up a couple other items a little bit later oh. on, right? Our oh, second emperor of the month. Yes, yeah. another another emperor. And the price on Chrono is getting into an uncomfortable place for me. I'm starting to think I might never get one. Yeah, he had a complete and box Chrono Trigger. Right? He's not the I'm only not... one this month either. I know, like a nice one too. I, th- I think a, a handful of uh, our members got him off uh, eBay even too. Yeah, ouch! Is all I've got to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens when you. That's what happens when your Craigslist is dry. You got to go to eBay. <laughs> Yeah, I've not resorted that far yet, but uh... I'm usually watching a handful because I have a lot of manuals. So I'm usually like uh, every couple days I'll check to see if somebody's selling just like the cart and box combo, and uh, I'll just watch them. If they say cheap, I'll grab them. But yeah, I, I don't get too much from eBay. Yeah, I'll, I'm scanning through, and maybe I'm maybe I was thinking somebody else get a copy, and I don't know if somebody else got a complete copy, but there was another person I think that picked up a Chrono Trigger, so. Anyway, very good, very good. Okay, and then up north we've got uh, Mr. Mr. Zagnorch. That was so right. awesome. Instead of saying up next, <laughs> yeah. you said up north. I don't think he even noticed. <laughs> okay, up north we got Norch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. One of my favorite. One of my favorite books. Yeah. If you if you want to know how to win a Nintendo, what book do you need, Crab? You need to to check out the prolific writer Jeff Rovin's books. <laughs> how to win a Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> how I many were there? Three? Th- there was a sports oh, no, one on top of that too, and yeah, there's, there's a bunch. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. Um so he I think this month he picked up like two copies of the How to Win at Super Nintendo or something like that, and then one of the regular one. <laughs> I mean I've got several of those books, and I keep telling myself I'm just gonna I'm gonna go track the other ones down just to make sure I got a full set. But if anyone anywhere could ever help us find Mr. Jeff Rovin, <laughs> I think we would love to interview him. Should oh gosh, search him out on Facebook. There, I've 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 looked on the internet to try to see. He's written a lot of books, um, even like some Tom Clancy series novels. Wow. Um, well, but I really couldn't track down like a. Contact. Maybe it's a good public name. It's not his real name. I don't know. It was Howard Phillips all along. (laughs) 
But no, super well, prolific writer. If you look at his well, list, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Nintendo books. Like, he's, no, like, tons. Yeah, tons of books, and he's been in like what was it? It was the New Yorker. It was the New York Times. I can't remember. But yeah, but then on top of that, he's like, oh, and on top of that, there's Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Conquering, uh, Genesis, like all of these other books. And yeah, uh, he he's I mean he's been around for a while. He's about sixty years old now. Yeah, we gotta track this guy down. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta be around. Yeah. Now, now he did have another pen. Do you say you didn't know his pen name? No, I didn't. No, he has another pen. I didn't know that. He has another name. He's written books under. Uh, it's uh, Jim Grand. Oh, interesting. So that's all. That's also Jeff Rovin. But Mr. Yeah, Jeff I, Rovin, I've, find us, uh, please. Got to find him. Yeah, if anybody knows Jeff Rovin, like someone's <laughs> a, listener, a listener of the show has to know Jeff. Like seven degrees to Kevin Bacon, right? Someone's got to know Jeff Rovin. Thought it was six degrees. No, well, it's it, it's uh, seven to get, seven zone. to Jeff Rovin though. He needs yeah, because the time because the, the time zone difference between Canada <laughs> and East United States it's seven now. Gotcha. Um, now this next one, uh, Krabby, I hear you lament about this next one a lot. A Dreamcast keyboard, yeah. I, I still yeah. can't uh, type any zombies away. <laughs> you got a nice boxed one. I did. I haven't yeah. mentioned that yet. I was trying to foreshadow. Oh, oh. You ruined, oh, wait, you ruined so you, it. Oh. Sorry. So, wait, so, wait, sorry. So you do have one or you don't have one? Uh, yeah, I was mentioning uh, I got something in the mail from Moonraker. Um, he oh, snap. sent me it. And it looks like it's never been used. Like It's still in the plastic wrap inside and everything. It is awesome. So I wouldn't be able to use it. Well, I'm going to use it. I'm going to kill some <laughs> Yeah, He sent me this sweet note with it, too, talking about uh, typing out some zombies. And if it, and if the keyboard ever fails, I can just use it to bash their faces in. <laughs> That's awesome. Ex- extra mile. Yeah. Uh, I-, I love those well, notes so you- because um, usually when I get the mail, my wife's right by me. So I, I open it up and she reads the notes, too. And she's like, who do you talk to online? Like, these people are so weird. <laughs> like, when Zegnor <laughs> sent me that appendix game and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but that was that that was kind of a, a special circumstance. <laughs> I just want to say something officially. I wasn't trying to ruin your thing. I was trying to say that he got a boxed. Oh, I thought you were talking about my boxed one. No, no, no. My, he got one. Mine's nicer. Okay, than edit, he, this, edit this whole thing out. So, so technically speaking, you ruined your own thing. <sighs> <laughs> Idiot. What oh. else did What else did Zag get? He got um, big Nintendo. He always lot. gets. Well, what, he's like. He's like the biggest honey hole game of Goodwills ever. Yeah, well, that's why he has a business named after himself. <laughs> well, yeah, because he finds everything. Oh. Uh, what did he get? He, did he get like Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo? Yeah, and, and some, like a like, bunch of other Mario games, Kart, right? some Super Mario World, some Donkey Kong Country, and then for like the N sixty four, he got both the Zeldas and some awesome Quest sixty four. Yeah. And as far as somebody who's like going to resell, like not, not like a ton of things that are like a billion dollars worth, but like quick flipping oh, items. Yeah. Those are what you want. Uh, like, Those are what people are exa- looking yeah. for, right? They want Zelda. Yeah. They want Mario. They want Donkey. Exactly. Kong. Yeah. Yep. They want Goldeneye. They want Lion King. They want like you know all the games. Like like everything he has is quick flip. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, boy, there's a. He also came across across a couple PlayStation games, really nice for like two fifty each. And I know Bill, probably one of these is going to burn your bacon, but he uh, he picked up Saga Frontier two. Yes, uh, he did. And then Black Label Final Fantasy seven VII and eight, two fifty a piece. Man, quick flips again, yeah. 
Yeah, seriously. Especially if Final Fantasy VII has the typo. Oh, yeah. I wonder if you checked for that. My yeah, copy it's... doesn't. I got mine at launch and it doesn't have that. That's not right. I've never it's bothered weird. to check mine. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, the, it, it's like, like, yeah. I pre-ordered like, mine. For a while, they weren't really, like, people, like, the typo wasn't really getting any attention. But now that it's trickier to come across the game at all, uh, the typo seems to be going for a bit more. So they must have caught it, like, pretty early. Yeah, there's there's apparently, it's weird because I feel like I've seen or heard about, like, a bunch of them. But, like, you know, there are copies at launch. I guess it, it like, depends on what area of the country you were in because, like, one, like, entire shipment or a few entire shipments had it. Yeah, because, um, <clears throat> yeah, I had pre-ordered mine the whole thing and I didn't have that. So, there you go. Yeah, Saga Frontier. That's what I for pre-ordering. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you're still looking for Saga Frontier too, is that right? Yes, yeah. The Saga Frontiers still need Legend of like uh, like that's one of the other subsets I'm going after is uh, uh, all the Square um, PlayStation games. So a handful of the uh, higher profile ones like uh, 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 Einhander, Legend of Mana, a couple couple more on the list. But uh, oh, and I have a buddy of mine who's telling me who's not a collector, but he's telling me you're never gonna find Suikoden two. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I'll find it. It'll just cost me a million dollars. Fifty bucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, but I know you. You don't spend that on games. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. <laughs> so he's like, it's one of those so games like, though that because of the obscure name to it and stuff, it's not something people know. So you can find it under the radar at a garage sale or pawn shop. Or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, he's like, I don't feel like you're looking for PlayStation games, so you probably won't come across it. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in the ballpark. Like I like I'm I'm around games like I'll come across it at yeah. some point. It's just I'm not gonna drop the 150. I've come across it before, in mm. a shop. I mean they wanted retail for it. Yeah, but me too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's out there. Me too. Um, so you know, hey, Sagnorch is tearing it up as usual. I I'm gonna go find out where he is and just like the day before he goes, yeah. just hit all these goodwills. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean I'm uh, <laughs> like. Uh, not not to give out his address or anything, but I'm pretty sure he's West Coast, so that might be a good place to start. Maybe there you go. I I don't know. I don't know. So good luck. Um, I have to say, man, you know, don't get me wrong. If that's me, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be raking it in and flipping them like there's no tomorrow. So more power to you, man. I got you. Yep. Yeah, and if you need like to hire someone like part time just to you know, help <laughs> you rake, help, help you moon rake all that stuff in, I'll I'll give you a hand. We'll work for games, right? Yup, I would. Now, Bill, I'm going to let you take pretty much this whole this whole. Next oh, one. thank thank you so much. <laughs> Raise your knuckles. Raise I your knuckles. To do the first one. You can do the first one. Well, the first one, it's weird. It's a game about very quiet mouthwash. <laughs> Is service a mouthwash? I'm. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's over my I think you're thinking silent scope. <laughs> I was thinking silent scope. I'm sorry. There we go. That has nothing to do with our podcast whatsoever. Yeah. Nope. I could have actually bought a silent scope machine up here. Oh, really? that's that's yeah. that's on my list of uh, someday. It needed some work, so I, I passed on it. But it was interesting. I've never seen one before. So Razor Knuckles joined the Cool Kids Club, right? So sure he's now a proud owner of Silent Service. Yeah, the number one sub simulation game on the NES with graphics. <laughs> it does have graphics? Yes. <laughs> I always love games that said, like, you know, like, great graphics or ultra graphics. Like, I just want a game with just graphics. <laughs> just regular here, here, graphics. Let me put this out there. Um, if anybody has any copies of Silent Service that you don't want um, and you want to contact one of us, 
it would be fun if if you just want to give them away and you know you just want to get them out of your house. We would love to have some to take to this next con, so we can just <laughs> maybe during build during the throne our panel for just, Bill to sit on uh, stage with. Yeah. <laughs> we could just like toss them out to the to the to the members in the audience, right? Just wing yeah, out we, some silent services or something. That that was one of our ideas for giveaways was copies of silent service. <laughs> so if anyone has like a local store with like eighty copies that just wants to get rid of them for like twenty cents each, we'll pay we'll we'll buy them from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it'd have to be dirt cheap, but yeah, we, we it would be a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, I think the rest of it definitely builds up your alley. All right. So, uh, I know that shadow is still fuming <laughs> at this. Fuming. Yeah, oh yeah. A little jealous. Fuming. No, not jealous. Fuming. <laughs> so pitfall for the 32 X, for those of you who aren't the, for the un- uninitiated who don't know how awesome the 32 X is, which is um, everybody. Yeah, for everybody. <laughs> no one out knows. There. Um, so uh, when I first got into like you know seriously collecting again, I remember chatting up with Shadow and Ten Star and a couple of the guys who were you know kind of Sega guys. Um, you know, and like everyone else, I thought that Spider Man was the the hardest one to find, and they they all told me no, it's not the hardest to find. It's it's actually pretty common. It's just really expensive. Um, but one of the hardest games, probably the hardest game to find for the 32x, uh, complete in box is Pitfall 30 for 32x including the poster now the poster is the same as a couple other versions of the game that came out because it came out for like every platform in the world um but the poster says 32x on it instead of like genesis or super nintendo or whatever so um when i got my copy i emailed like someone put it up on sega h for like 40 bucks um which i kind of thought was like i was like that doesn't seem right that sounds like way too low at least i thought so i emailed shadow and i sent the link and i was like hey is this a good price for pitfall with the like the complete the poster and everything and he sent me back like all caps, like "Holy shit, yes, buy it right now!" And uh, so I got it. And uh, he was he was very nice. with congratulations, but he said, uh, but like ever since then, he's like not been able to find it. So he's like, "Ugh, I should have just bought that lint that copy <laughs> Undercut, in the lint undercut you. Like, no, it's a horrible <laughs> yep. deal. No, it's Stay terrible. Away. And then like six months later, post <laughs> like, "Oh, I just found this recently." Oh, um, but yeah, so so Razor Knuckles was lucky enough to find it complete with the manual, with the poster, everything for three dollars. That's a fantastic price. That's close dollars. to what Tinstar got his for. I think Tinstar bought his for like five or ten bucks too. Yeah, he didn't get the game though. Just oh, that's that's okay. Else. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed that. I just saw it. box manual and poster. You're right for three dollars. But still, so, s- still really, really good game. Man, I would sorry, sell sorry, that. I would sorry, sell good that so deal. Fast. I didn't mean to say good game. <laughs> I would sell that so fast. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, uh, no, you got okay. Well, complete the collection first, and then no, sell. no, no, no. I'm 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 one game away myself, and like as I start, you, I, you ever start thinking like, okay, once I complete this collection. And, you know, let's say you take it one step further and then you say, okay, let me finish all these games. Like, it's not that I'm looking forward to selling it or anything, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking, man, I wonder how long I would hold on to it before <laughs> I seriously considered, like, uh, you know, now that I'm the proud owner of a large machine, so. I will never have that opportunity. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> to re- realize that's not going to happen, but. Yeah. So on top of the uh, Pitfall box to go along with this collection, he also picked up a complete 32X for 25 bucks, which is, uh. Uh, a decent little price for those. Those are starting to sneak up a little bit at retail. So yeah. another good pick. Yeah, I think that's like what I bought mine for when they were discounting them, you know, a billion years ago. Um, complete in box. So that's a good deal. And he said he even had all of the cables, even the elusive Genesis 1 adapter. Yeah. There, so 
Very good. So, welcome to the Cool Kids Club of 32X Razor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all I can say. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm very sorry you went down that path. Um, now, moving on, a man that's become um, endowed with some extra cash, I think, from a sale is Mr. Bad Enough Dude, right? Yeah, he's he doesn't post a lot, but he's been posting quality stuff when he picks things up, man. Yeah, I think he he sold. Uh, now my my brain has just gone on the fritz. I can't remember what it was, but boy, it was a big dollar item, and it's like, oh, what do I do with all this fun money now? And he's been buying a lot of stuff, so good for him. Can you guys give me a history lesson on Dragon Quest? Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, like, what uh, like I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to be ignorant about it, but is it not Dragon Warrior? No, it is. Yes. Okay. So is it legitimately, like, is Dragon Quest 1, like, Dragon Warrior 5? No. Okay. Dragon so Quest same... 1 is Dragon Warrior. Oh, really? Yes. Dragon Quest 2 is Dragon Warrior 2, 3, 4. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I got you. So, uh... Didn't they just, so what's the didn't fr- they just change the name to Quest because it was less violent for us North American savages no they changed just a warrior right it's it's quest over there oh, okay warrior over here it sounds cool. up oh, until seven so, seven was the last oh, one so. that was warrior and then it went to quest after that to be the same gotcha i i i had i thought that they were the same thing but i've never been into the series so i never really looked into it yeah yeah that's it so he um hey boy he picked up a lot that's there um one thing i wanted to comment on just because i was kind of amazed to see this he got ray crisis new for playstation which is pretty cool shooter yeah and he said he got it for 20 bucks from amazon it's still in stock brand new 20 bucks from amazon. <laughs> seriously a, i just went and looked it up it's a working design game too yeah it's on their spaz label wow but if you still want to i mean you know as as when we're recording this go on amazon it's brand new still there wrapped 20 bucks PlayStation 1 games, you know what I mean? Especially the working design stuff. Yeah, they got a good following. They're usually snapped up quick. Yeah, yeah some, someone found a case of that. Must have. Something like that. Now, the next... Uh, he got kind of into a Sega CD kick a little bit, too, right? And picked up some heavy hitters for Sega CD. Another working designs title? Yeah. Popful Mail? Yep. And he only paid $45 man for that i think anything usually sells for like was, 120 140 yeah. right and and the weird thing is he, he he said he picked that up at a half price books yeah so, i think he said like so, he knew a guy or something yeah he knows a guy who's an employee there and he can search the inventories of other stores so awesome <laughs> so they just like search for like rando games they want and then like i guess they can either like have it shipped in or he just went to that other store but uh but yeah, forty five bucks for that. I mean, it's uh, what's the 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 working design RPG on Sega CD that I enjoyed recently was uh, uh, Vey. Oh, that's awesome! I love that game. Yeah, that's and, if you. Oh, go ahead. If you're, I was just gonna say, if you're going after like you know, if you're a Sega CD slash RPG guy, it's a really really good one to grab, and it's not terribly expensive. Well, and speaking of Vey, he picked that up as well, right? Yep. He got that one. He also got Lunar. For the Sega CD, along with the strategy guide. Another awesome working designs game. Yeah. Um, now, he also picked up Soul Blazer for the Super Nintendo. I, I've never played that one. Are you guys familiar with that one? I am not. I haven't played it either. Nope. 
Oh, yeah, that one looked really nice, complete in box. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it's like baggies and everything. It looks like everything's in there. Yeah. He picked up one NES game, right? And a good one. I'm ashamed to tell you that I haven't played through this one to the end. <laughs> oh, you've I've not played, played through... Mega Man 6, huh? Not the sixth one, no. I played through all the other ones. Yeah, that's the one with the crazy bosses, right? They start getting a little weird, yep. Yeah, like they've totally <laughs> run out. They're like, we have nothing left in the yeah, tank. Like, yeah. The we, uh, the uh, yeah, we have a, a Jeff the Robot of Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> they got the cool rush adapters and the levels with the like branching paths and stuff. It was interesting game. Yeah, good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the weird one because Nintendo published that over here, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Capcom so, so even the, gave up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the box design. I remember, uh, uh, like, like on RF Gen one day, like I'm looking. I so, I sorted all my like collection by like uh, uh, publisher, and I'm like, why isn't Mega Man Six showing? It was like, oh, because it wasn't Capcom. Yeah. I mean, how strange that even Capcom said, "No, like the NES is dead," and they're like, mm-hmm. "No, <laughs> need more, one Mega more." Man. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze the stone. It's uh he also got a Chrono Trigger complete box, right? Yeah. And, and another yeah. fantastic condition one too, yeah. Yeah. If if, so. if any yeah, I mean it's like this is the kind of thing that uh, uh it's like you know when you find those crazy items that you could flip for like big cash money right away. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's the item that I need to hold on to for when someone puts up like a Chrono Trigger complete to be like, "Hey, do you want my crazy thing for your crazy thing? Because that's the only <laughs> way I'm going to get it. Yeah, I wouldn't even try to tackle that one. <laughs> and I've got the cart, but I think the good news is that everybody says the DS game is the one to play. Uh, if, so. if, yeah, if you're actually going to play it and you don't mind it being on a smaller screen, yeah, the DS is, I think people would say, the definitive version. No, thank you. So there you go. <laughs> Save yourself some money. Now, he didn't stop there, though, right? No, he's been picking up lots of uh, handheld role-playing stuff, too. Like uh, Duke mentioned, he got some Dragon Quest games for the DS. He got the Etrian Odyssey for the 3DS. And then later on in the month, he picked up some Fire Emblem, Tactics Ogre, and Golden Sun, all complete in box for the GBA. Yeah, ouch, man. You know, yeah. Hey. And complete uh, Dragon Warrior, two, the, those NES uh, uh, Dragon Warriors were complete, right? Yeah, two and three he picked up for the NES. Yeah, he he said he snuck them good deals off eBay, and now he's got the full set all complete in box. One, two, three, and four. That's awesome. I, when, I, when I first saw that picture, I thought he got all four at once, and oh. then you had to read the flavor to find out the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I see that... Is that Nino Cooney guy that he got, that one that's the hard-to-find, crazy no, expensive one? No, that's not the Wizard's Manual. This is just oh. the guide. That's still like a $40 guide, though. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, it's I, that wizard's manual that came with the like first batch of pre-orders that that one guy snapped yeah. them all up. I don't know anything about Nino Kuni. He had a couple other guides, too. The Fire Emblem guide for his uh, his GBA game that he picked up and also for the Wii game, Radiant Dawn Fire Emblem. Now, I think we were just talking before the show a little bit. You really like Fire Emblem, right, Kravitz? Yeah, I love it. Great series. Yeah, that's for some reason I don't. I've just never been able to quite get into it. I haven't played. So what am I? What am I missing? I haven't played all the handheld ones, but uh, I love the the GameCube and the Wii ones. They're among oh, my so, favorite. Oh, games. so so you haven't played the GBA one at all? No, I haven't played the GBA ones. I've played uh, oh, so. the DS one and the 3DS one very briefly. 
because the GBA one is the one that because I figured like that's where it started, right? In no, North it started Am- on the Famicom. In North America, that's that's where we got our earliest taste, I think. Right. I mean, because that's kind of where I thought it started. So I think uh, that's the one that came with the Ambassador uh, 3DSs, right? It was the GBA Fire Emblem. So I started playing that on my 3DS, and like I played it for like a couple hours, and I just couldn't get into it. So I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't realize it was uh, uh, that you that when you said that you liked it so much that you were talking about the Wii and the uh, GameCube ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm always been more of a console guy, so um, that's where I drift to. But I just, I just couldn't get enough of those ones. When I played them, I had to play through them like five times in a row, like hardest wow. difficulty, make sure no characters died, like get everything. <laughs> like it was just very addictive. Huh. Now, see, I, yeah, I like, sh- you know, like Shining Force. I love those, but man, that's really, I've not been able to get into Fire Emblem yet, so. I should try, Maybe I'm try, missing try the GameCube one. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but I think you'll know fairly early on within a couple hours. Well, everybody tells me this th- this new 3DS one is the one to get. I'm excited to, right. to play more. I want to get that. So. I mean, I keep thinking, like, well, maybe I should try it again. And I think, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll really... get it, and I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, you let me know. So, um, is that it for Mr. Bad Enough Dude? Isn't that enough? Yeah, he just <laughs> got like every role playing game known to man there. Maybe, maybe you got enough. Maybe. Yeah. It's not always uh, quantity over quality. Uh, next up, we have um, another good Canadian buddy, uh, Fleech, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, very active on Twitter. Yes, he is. You're missing all the Canadian conversation there, Grammy. I know. He he sends me little guilt messages once in a while. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> and uh, he picked up a Super Nintendo car, right? It's an illusion of Gaia. Yeah. And again, it's another one of those that I've not played. Have either of you two got into that one? Long time ago. I haven't touched it in over a decade. But I have good good memories of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a traditional JRPG kind of thing? Yeah, I don't remember anything too uh, fantastical about it, but I remember it being solid. You know, the same vein as a lot of other uh, Super NES role-playing games at the time. Oh, okay. Well, he also had congrats, another pickup a little later on. Uh, he got that nice new TV. Maybe after listening to the last podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, it's funny when we talk about that. He had sent me like a couple PM messages like, hey, what do you think about this TV? What do you think? Back and forth. And um, we kind of talked about it a little bit. So it's kind of fun. Kind of fun to have maybe spark some interest in something. Or I think really just needed a new TV. (laughs) (laughs) But at least he made sure he got the right one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We talked a little bit back and forth about it. So it was kind of fun. It was good. Um. Now, up next, we have uh, another little heavy hitter with a few of these things in here, right? So, it's our resident uh, Saved by the Bell aficionado. Yep. <laughs> He's actually on the, uh, on the, the, like the, uh, the commentary on the DVDs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He got involved. Mm-hmm. So, we're talking about Mr. Engel 762, right? Yep. Now, this one was impressive to me, this first one that he picked up. Um, man, Sealed, right? Yeah. So he yeah. picked up... Yeah, yeah. Sealed. A- sealed. Any, any sealed thing that then is followed by Legend is probably... Yeah. It's pro- like, you don't even need the... Re- like, anything sealed with Legend of the name, you're probably in good shape already. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he got a sealed link to the past, um, and it's like the kind of the greatest hits kind of one, but still, I mean, it's sealed. That's one of the few greatest hits uh, box art still that actually looks pretty cool. It's not well. It's, the gold makes sense, yeah, right? It looks awesome with it. Yeah, it's almost like they should have done that in the first place. <laughs> Maybe they'll do it with the uh, new link to the past. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, then he also picked, he picked a couple of Famicom carts. So uh, he picked up YY World, and um, well, that's a fun one. That's the that's like the Konami mashup where you get to kind of play as a bunch of different Konami oh, characters. Yeah. All I remember in like you a... mentioned that one before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought it was fun. a golf game, but I'm thinking of Y Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. <laughs> and then he also got uh, Joy Mecha Fight, which. This one baffles me as to why Nintendo didn't bring this out on the NES. Uh, I mean, it's a Nintendo game, and it's really good. It's um, a, like a fighting game on the NES. That's that's good. Like a one-on-one fighter. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, you're like these robots. Yeah, it's that not like the system fight. was saturated in them or anything. It could have used a couple good ones. It could. It really baffles me as to why on earth they never brought that out, but. Um, it's really good. So I would encourage everybody to check it out if they get a chance. Really good. And then he um, got a couple other items, right? One of my favorites, the complete in box uh, Lunar Two Eternal Blue, with all the extra goodies that came with it, the pendant, the map, and the little characters and stuff. I thought you were going to say the other one was a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Lunar. Really? Yeah, we like the Lunar. I, thought, I thought you were looking forward to number three, though. I am a huge Pikmin fan. Pikmin 2 was kind of a step I didn't like as much as the first Pikmin. Wow. Which I think everybody else disagrees with because they hated the uh, the short time limits in the first one, but I loved that. Krabby that... likes the pressure. I yeah, do. Is, that, is that why you like... Uh, that's probably why you like uh, survival horror and stuff like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I I think people in general don't like timers. Like like any time, any time in a, we're in a game when it comes up and it's like okay, like do this, and it's like the timer starts like a minute twenty, and you're like, oh crap. I, I like, think once people realize, like at first, like it it seems like there's a lot of pressure on you, but if you just ignore the timer in every game ever. They're you. They're useless. They're just there to scare you. You have so much mm-hmm. time to do whatever you need to do. It's just ridiculous. I would, I guess, in some cases, but like, uh, like for example, in Dead Space, there's parts where you're out in space and you have like only so much oxygen. Mm-hmm. But the amount they give you is, is ridiculous. Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. You, they put these these things on that are meant to give you pressure, and they often do. But if you just ignore them, they're they're almost always useless. Yeah. Do you know I mean, it, unless you yeah. want to purposely try to just stay and kill yourself. Yeah. Do, you, yeah, do, you know, do you know it was a much, like, to this day, I think, like, the most tense music I've ever heard. Partially because, like, I have a real, like, a, a serious, non-joking, real fear of drowning. <laughs> In Sonic the Hedgehog, when you're running dun, out of air. Like, oh, my God, that music was terrible. Because I, remember, yeah. I, I feel like it was, like, 30% louder than all the other music in the game, too. Like, it just screamed at you, like, give me some air. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hated that. At the that. end, when he just dies, he just... Boom. Yeah, like, boom. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, there's... I think there's better ways to... To add, you know, that feeling of, of pressure, tense tenseness uh, to games instead of nine, 
eight, <laughs> seven. It just seems lazy to me. Yeah. I will challenge you, Krabby. Play the versus version of Castlevania and tell me if the timer doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you, it matters a lot. Because <laughs> um, it's not your your standard Castlevania. It's a lot of pressure. You can't stop and get all the items. You got to run. Who stops to get all the die? items in Castlevania? You gotta, you gotta hit all those uh, shan- uh, candelabras. No, you just get what you need and you run. <laughs> but moving on. Um, Souza. Souza. I say Souza. He says Souza. Souza. I don't know. Whatever it is, I don't drink. <laughs> Booze twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, uh, I know that uh, Krabby is more of a, uh, I love the way he puts it, more of a circle guy. Yeah, rectangles <laughs> suck. <laughs> I, I am more of a rectangles guy. Um, so, uh, 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 Duke, I don't know if we've ever talked about your affinity for uh, music games. I Yeah, Rock Band is the way to go. Yeah. It's, it rock band is. is the way to rock band <laughs> so, is the way to go. So man. so can we just mute Krabby for this next five seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. All right, yeah. so let's he's talk about mu- our love for rock band. <laughs> yeah, he's been muted. Um, so Soza picked up the Rock Band Three keyboard, which uh, when oh, this game yeah. when this game first came out, that's the version I got was the Rock Band Three with keyboard set because yes, me obviously too. we all had all the instruments, and that's the only one you didn't have. Um, I've played uh, piano since I was about nine years old. So I, was very I did not ex- know that. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I was very excited about this. Um, and my, my, my disappointment with this is that they wanted me to play keyboard with um, the same formula as, uh, uh, you know, like guitar, bass, and drums with just like highlighted portions of the keyboard being put up there. And I really, 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 I don't know if I thought that this was a thing or if like I made it up in my head. I really thought there was going to be an option to just show me the actual like staff music because that's how I wanted to see it. And there wasn't that option. And I couldn't wrap my head around uh, uh, doing it the way they wanted me to. So it didn't end up working out between me and the Rock Band 3 keyboard. So, so, so how does pro mode work then? Um, the what, ha- what happens is in regular mode, there's, you know how there's five uh, total notes on a, uh, you know, for a guitar or bass track? Um, so there's only five keys on the keyboard that, that work in that. So you can keep your hand in the same position the entire time. Yeah, that's um, the way I play. I don't play pro mode. Oh, right. obviously I don't know what I'm doing. Gotcha. Yeah. So pro mode um, uses, uh, uh, so you're with your hand in that same position, um, uh, and it, it's a little confusing, excuse me, because um, what will happen is as the when the song starts... Uh, you can kind of touch keys to kind of like see like where you are like oriented on the keyboard, which is kind of a nice mm-hmm. thing they let you do for, without getting a uh, getting a mistake. But what happens is since the keyboard is obviously way wider uh, the number of keys than like what they can show you on a path, what'll happen is there might not be a note like the note that you're that you need to be about to play like as it's coming down the highway in front of you. Um, might be on a different section of the keyboard. So you'll just see like a green arrow <laughs> that says like, go over to the right. So then like you slide your hand over to the right. And then the thing is the notes coming at you so quickly and there's no designation for what, like if, if it said like, you know, F sharp or whatever, I can throw my hand over to F sharp because I can tell where it is from the black keys. Um, but uh, it, it really was for me, nearly impossible to like see the notes as they were coming and play them. You really had to know what the notes were ahead of time, especially since so much of the things on keyboards are chords. 
So you're not just looking for one, two, or three notes. And a lot of times you're looking for like four, five, uh, sometimes six notes. Um, so, uh, I mean, for me, you could have learned a, like each song in practice mode by playing it over and over and over and over again. Um, it just it just didn't have the same feel to me as actually playing Rock Band. So I didn't mean to derail this into uh, I don't like the thing Sosa just got, but uh, um, it is really cool for uh, for the you know some of those songs that support keyboard like uh, uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World is probably my favorite uh, keyboard track uh, that comes with the standard game, the uh, Tears for Fear song. Um, but uh, it's it's I mean it's fun in that five finger position. Um, I was just expecting more from the pro mode personally. Yeah, we kind of there was like a big sale on a lot of those things, so I we kind of stocked up. Um, so we've got like the pro whatever guitar, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have the uh, the the Mustang. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. That's that's yeah. actually really cool. I I was very skeptical about that 150 button version, but uh, actually after getting my hands on it, and playing it, it actually works surprisingly well. Yeah, and then we also got like the MIDI adapter and stuff, so mm-hmm. you can hook up like a regular keyboard and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and you know the thing, just talking about this. I, oh man, today. So today I'm like, as I was talking to Crabby earlier, things been just dry. I mean, just dry here, right? I'm like, oh man, nothing. I know what you mean. <laughs> so I'm like, look, today I want to get out of the house for a little while. I'm like, I'm just gonna go to a couple of Goodwills and look around. Wasn't expecting anything, right? Because my goodwill suck. <clears throat> the second one I go to, of course, I'm looking around. There's like nothing. Seriously, like, like somebody, like God said, look, I'm gonna torment you for a second, dude. I don't know. Comes up to me, and he's got like the um, the Rock Band Xbox 360, the bass, the big. You know what I mean? Yes. He's got, and he goes. Hey, look, man, I found this. I never <laughs> see these things. And I'm just like... Why would someone who doesn't know you do that? Yes! <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, it's like, hey, there's that collector cast dude. Watch me screw with him. I was like, and he just comes up, he says that, and then he just leaves. <laughs> at, at the at the flea market about a week ago, I saw the uh, the Ion drum set. Oh, yeah. Um, it was in terrible shape and was missing a symbol, so I didn't even bother to make it. I didn't even ask what they were asking for it. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it's actually um, one of those things that, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool. But, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with the regular drum set. It's more of those one of those things that if you came across, like, ultra cheap, you might pick up just for fun. Um, but I've actually played one uh, a couple times and. Uh, I mean, for the amount of money and for the amount of extra space it takes, I don't think it's 100% necessary, but it's still a cool piece. Yeah, see, I'm still stuck with a Rock Band 1 drum set. Oh, uh, have, have you done wire. anything to deaden the sounds of the pads? No. it's. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd move away if I was your neighbor. <laughs> honestly, what happens is we just don't usually play drums unless we go to my mom's, because right. over at my mom's, they've got a Rock Band 2 drum set. Yeah, I mean, so. the, the two drum set's great. I actually have the two drum set with the, uh, I have like sound deadening pads on them, and it's it's glorious. Very nice. It, it I worked. need to do it, something with mine. Yeah, it works great. The sticks rebound great. It's it's just great. Yeah, because my brother actually plays drums, so he's mm-hmm. usually, he always hogs, hogs that, um, you know. And then your and then your cousins in Soundgarden, right? <laughs> Jerry Cantrell, you're talking about. Uh, or no, sorry, Allison, uh, Allison Allison Chains, Chains. Yeah, I keep yeah, messing no. up that. I keep messing up my references. <laughs> no relation, unfortunately. <laughs> Everybody asked me that though. Um, really? 
Well, no, because you get uh, you get Chris Cantrell, who's uh, sings in uh, Soundgarden, so I still win. <laughs> Does no, he doesn't really. Yeah, there's a there's, there's a. Uh... No, is there? You're crazy. He, Bill can look this up while we keep talking. I'm looking it up while we talk. And you can edit it yeah. out if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's I'll, when I'll we keep it in. We edit it out if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. It's Chris, um, it's, it's Chris Cornell. Ah, there you go. Well, Mess, messed those, it up. Uh, now you can in, leave it in. It in yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so for those that um, obviously, you know, we're giving a little bit away behind the curtain a little bit, but my last name is Cantrell, so... Everybody says, you know, oh, as soon as I hear they're like, oh, so you are you related to Jerry Cantrell? And, you know, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I am not. I'm what like, if, do you what think if, I would be here? What if um, you are? Maybe maybe you should like Facebook him or something and say, hey. It's your yeah, because I'm sure those guys don't get that all the time. <laughs> hey, a fan wants to talk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I guess kind of wrapping back around to that. Um, have some fun playing rock band. Make rock band's great. Krabby, what are you doing? Why are you not playing rock band? Told you, I rectangles just can't deal with them. Oh, <laughs> I, I've man, played dude. it several times. I like, and I, I'm I'm quite good at Guitar Hero. Like, I can play an expert. I can Gold Star over can half you, the set you... list on some of those games. That's you, and... the same. Thing. No, I go to play rock band. I fail on medium. I cannot play <laughs> that game. <laughs> the same thing oh, that's so awesome it hurts well, me. well no to, no to be to be super like serious like no jokes about crabby skill or anything um there is a much bigger hitbox on guitar hero than rock band rock band demands like not just precision but like your if your setup isn't calibrated properly it makes a huge difference so um, I've, I've actually heard that from a lot of people. They're like, why am I so good at guitar here? so bad at rock band? And it's like, well, it's either you're not as precise as you thought you were, which I doubt with Krabby because he's a musician, um, or it's your setup just isn't calibrated uh, to the to the level that uh, rock band kind of demands. But I don't yeah, I, I mean, like Guitar Hero was the first one out, and I picked up on it right off the bat. And I bought mm-hmm. the first one, I bought the second one, and I bought Rocks the 80s and all everything, and I, and I played the crap out of them. So I have a hard time moving over to rock band because it just doesn't feel like the same game and i kind of expect it to be i guess yeah i, I hear you one, one thing that bugged me a lot about the guitar hero games is like like when i bought rock like i, I played guitar hero 2 was the first one i played and then i bought guitar hero 3 and it's like oh this game's really cool i wish all the songs from 2 worked in it um and then kind of like rock band kind of hit shortly after that uh and um i remember like when rock band 2 came out it's like oh all the songs except for like two or three work in two now and i'm like oh wow it's just like my library expands and then three came out and it's oh same deal like almost all those songs come over for like you know they'll just come over and i feel like guitar hero really missed the boat on that like if they had the licensing agreements in place that the songs from guitar hero one two three world tour just moved on to five and you had this enormous library um but i mean i guess you could always put your old discs in yeah. but they did eventually like once they got past three then you could start bringing the stuff in with with Guitar Hero, right? I don't know. I never, I never tried. I never yeah, mine, sure. mine's on the PS2, so I couldn't tell you. I'm pretty sure once you got to World Tour and up, everything could come along. Because yeah. we've got World Tour and Band Hero, and you can take the World Tour stuff into Band Hero. 
band hero. That's the one with like Taylor Swift and all the pop things. <laughs> I've got a 13 year old daughter. So hey, yeah. I'm not judging. I was just confirming which one yes, band yes. band tour was. <laughs> yes, that that's that's band hero. Yeah, and it, and it has like it has like sunshine on the cover and like rainbows and stuff. <laughs> not quite, but about yeah, about that. Um, so I'm I'm curious, Bill. So do you play rock band on the 360? I do. Man, and you don't have Xbox Live anymore, do you? Uh, I do through uh, currently through August. I don't have any particular plans to extend it beyond that, but who knows? Maybe a uh, Xbox Live sale can extend that. I think at least once we need to get online and play some Rock Band three. Not not opposed to the idea at all. Oh, and also uh, also pub- public service announcement. Um, Rock Band 3 DLC is going to start, if it hasn't already started, disappearing very soon. Um, a lot of the, I guess you hear about this, a lot of the licensing agreements are expiring. Yep. No, I didn't hear. I know they yeah. stopped producing more, but... Yeah, they stopped producing more, but on top of that, like, like so let's say if you want to go on the Xbox Live, uh, or like go on the Rock Band Music Store and like buy a song or whatever, um, those songs that when they were first released apparently had like limited time licensing agreements that they can only be sold until a certain date. And I guess those dates are starting to come up. So um, uh, if you purchase the thing, like whatever it is, it'll still be on the server if you ever need to re-download it to a new system or to you know to your existing system or whatever. But a lot of them are starting to be taken down from the Rock Band Music Store. So uh, if there's any Rock Band DLC that you wanted, it might be a good idea to jump on there and pick up what you uh, what you want to get before it goes away. So my recommendations are Boston. <laughs> That album is so awesome. I'm sorry. It is ridiculously great. awesome. Um, and then the two Megadeth albums. Yeah, my, that's my that brother's. My brother's not a rock band guy, but when I told him that uh, was it, Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace and yeah. Peace Cells. Rust in Peace is his favorite album. Those, I told him, the "Hey, best two albums, yeah." It yeah, is. I was, I was yeah. like, "Hey, I, I just heard that Rust in Peace is being released for Rock Band," and he's like, "I'm buying it." And I was oh, like, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I didn't know you had a 360. He's like, I don't. I'm coming to your house <laughs> and I'm buying it and we're playing it. <laughs> I'm sure, buddy. So I'm, I'm okay. I know we could spend forever. Obviously, we already are. So just tell me one. So favorite rock band song, Bill. Oh man. Um, what What's your go to every time? Oh God, I've, 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 can I can I do like a few? Okay, a couple. It's it's a very it's 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 not a terribly challenging song, but it's one of those songs that is just so much fun to play, especially on drums. Is uh, Stone Temple Pilots plush? Oh yeah, that's a good. Song. It's a great drums. I mean, it's it's not fast, it's not difficult, but it's just got a lot of great drum things going on. I love playing that on drums. Same thing cool. with uh, Foo Fighters, The Pretender. That's a great song on drums. And uh, one of my other uh, go-tos, and the Canadians will approve uh, of this one, is uh, uh, Limelight Rush. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really good one, too. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I have, like, a couple of hundred songs uh, DLC. So, yeah, I mean, there, yeah there, There's a ton. So it, it, it depends on the group, but those are kind of ones that are always in the back of my mind. Like, I hope we get to play these. <laughs> gotcha. Man, I swear to God, every single time I play, I'm going to go play... Boston, um, more than a feeling. Uh, no, foreplay, long time. Oh that, yeah, that's great because it's got such an awesome guitar like 
solo and, beginning piece. That, that so was the, much that was, fun. That was the one that when you played as a group, you're like, all right, everyone's got to focus so we can get through foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, because it's just, man, you just, you're going, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, it, it was like from Rock Band 2 or whatever, but um, that Rolling Stones song that's on there. Um, man, I can't uh, remember the name of it right I mean, uh, 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 Give Me Shelter? Yes. Great song. Gosh, that, that, yeah, that, that, that did come with the it, that was stock on the disc. So yeah, I think the songs I think the songs I mentioned were were DLC. So I I, I mostly played DLC because I you know played the the base game to death. But yeah, Gimme Shelter was my sister sings, so I brought her over and I handed her a microphone. She's like, "Wait, what am I doing?" And like on like no warm up, we played Gimme Shelter. It was great. That's great. And then I still go back to I, I mean I've got a lot of DLC, but I still always go back to two that just to rob the president. I don't know. That's such a fun song to play. The Prezo Dan. <laughs> that's right. Such a fun song just to yeah. play that thing. And then there's another one. Man, okay, I gotta stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not gonna be the Rock Band cast. The but. Rock cast. Oh man, oh. there's there's probably gonna be some Rock Band going on at uh, too many games. Maybe we can get a game going. Oh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert. I play like medium. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. a lot of fun. What man? I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, definitely down with that. All right, Beck, we're doing a show, right? Sorry. We're oh, Bick, uh, Bick, so Bickman. <laughs> Bickman. Bickman. Uh, he picked up a couple of items, right? He did. He got some video games. So, um, so, so what did he get? I've never seen this game. No? Adventures of Dr. Franken? No? No, yeah. no, ne- I've never seen this not game. I'm not familiar with it either. I'm, I'm not, not a super, uh, I'm not a super real, It's not real guy. common. Yeah, I'm not a Super Nintendo guy. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Don't know anything about it. Congratulations to Bickman. Uh, I, but I have no idea what this is. Um, I don't. I've never played it, but I've mm. I've heard of it. It's it's uncommon, and four bucks is a steal for it. So I mean, I know Bickman's kind of going heavy into Super Nintendo right now. So he it's ab- really he nice. absolutely four bucks is, seems yeah. like a steal for anything on the Super Nintendo right now. Yeah, other than yeah, like it's... Mario Paint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gotta be like thirty, forty bucks for a loose Mario. I saw a complete in box Mario paint today. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> and then he also picked up um, a system in box, right? Yeah, the sweet uh, Killer I Instinct see- bundle. Yeah, that's a sweet. I one. never see this. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. Such an um, awesome game. I had a buddy over a little while ago that I, I'm just getting to know, and he was looking at the games, and the first thing he asked, he's like, can we play Killer Instinct? You have Killer Instinct, right? So <laughs> we plugged that in. It was awesome. So, so did you play Super Nintendo or N64? Super Nintendo. Okay. See, see here's here's the word. Like, when I think Killer Instinct, I think Super Nintendo. It's the first thing. I, I, I kind of forget there was an N64 one, but my wife only had the N64 one, and that's the one she loves. They're both really so, good. Yeah, I always forget that, like, because I just, I just, I don't know, for some reason, like, since when Killer Instinct was out, I was just remember that black Super Nintendo card. Yeah. But she's like, no, it was the N64 <sighs> was her jam. I've been hearing rumors lately that there, that there might be a reboot of that one coming along, which would be awesome. Love that. Well, I think it's a crime that they're on a console. There's no arcade perfect ports of one and two. Isn't that weird? I mean, it, you almost wonder if it's like a who owns the rights to it type thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Rare owns the rights, right? We'll we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find yeah. out. That's for sure. And then um, moving on, we've got Mr. Grey Ghost, right? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure this thing is on. Testing. Yeah. Mic check know. one, two. We never know who you're talking about. So, yeah, uh, Grey Ghost. Got a uh, Rune Factory. Uh, I, like, I, I know I... Now it's the second in a row that I talked about my wife, but I'm just going to keep doing it. My wife loves Rune Factory. Yeah, it's one I don't know I've anything about for it for a while. It looks uh, like very like loves grindy. loves it. <laughs> what is it? Um, it's a uh, well, she lo- she likes the ones on the DS, so I'm not sure how different they are from the ones on the Wii. But like it, like to me, they look like uh, like puzzle RPG type games. So kind like so kind of like. Uh, Oh, see, it's hard. Uh, Puzzle Quest. Uh, kind of like that. Like you guys play. Um, trying to think of the of a, a similar type game, but it's kind of like a Harvest Moony. Type, she loves Harvest Moon, so someone said, "Oh, if you like Harvest Moon, you gotta try Rune Factory." Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, it looks like he got the uh, the Wii version, and I don't know how if if uh, how different they are from. Uh, from the DS uh, uh, game, huh? No, I've um, I don't have any familiarity. But yeah, it's like a role playing, um, but also like kind of like build your farm type deal. And uh, oh, she, that she sounds likes... fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she likes them. They're 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 great, and they're actually uh, there's like four or five of them on uh, on the uh, on the DS. Yeah, it's done well. Wow, so it's like paying for Farmville. Is that the yes. idea? Well, it's kind of okay. like. Well, if, have you ever played a Harvest Moon game? Yes. No. I don't know who said what. I said yes because I love it. <laughs> yeah. Harvest, All right. Harvest so you know how, awesome. in, so you know how in Harvest Moon you kind of have your town and you have things you can do, and then when you go away, you come back later. Like you know, time has gone by. Your plants might be dead. You got to rewater them. You got to go meet Tom. You got to buy some stuff. So it's kind, it's kind of like managing your own thing, right? Yeah. So so it's a lot like that. Only there's like an exploration element and like other towns and like missions and you know I think combat in certain uh, certain versions so so it, it's it's really like an expanded Harvest Moon type game. Huh. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up one of my one of my favorite fighters then, uh, Persona Four Arena. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about this one because I I mean I don't know much about it. Is it pretty good? It is really good, yeah. Um, Axis made it. Um, the same guys that did like Guilty Gear and Blast Blue. And yeah. it's got very similar feel and style to them. Um, but I thought the the coolest part beyond it just being like a really solid fighter is um I, I said how much earlier I loved Persona three and four. And it adds more to the story. Like they've got this really complex story into it that um every single character you play through you get different pieces of it so it encourages you to beat the game with everybody. Oh cool. Yeah, and so so the Persona three game happened earlier in the timeline than Persona four, but they're not really connected stories. Um so they, they find a way to connect them with the story in this fighting <laughs> game and then you get to find out what happened directly after Persona 4 and like three or four months after Persona 3. So it's kind of cool to get a little bit of closure and meet these characters again. And... Huh. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. Kind of what a weird franchise to go, yeah, fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. It, right? It's definitely an odd pairing up, but it worked really well. It was awesome. Well, good. And then this next one is um, the, the Record of Agorist War. Is that yeah. uh, Zero Limited Edition? Now, is that the one with the the um the bumpy mouse pad? <laughs> um I'm not sure. I don't I don't think it is. 
Uh, I'm just going to leave it that. Bumpy mouse bed. Um, and then, um, boy, what's this last game that he got? It's uh, one of my favorite PS3 games, uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, I was trying to figure out what Valkyria Chronicles is. <laughs> if you make a spelling uh, error, we're going to get you. <laughs> So, Valkyria Chronicles is the prequel to Valkyria Chronicles, where <laughs> vacuum cleaners are extremely rare and expensive. See, that, that's no fair, because when it's a word like Valkyria, it's going to come up with a squiggly anyway, so you know it's a spelling error, whether you but, got it right or wrong. You know what's funny is when I right-click on that, it says, did you mean Valkyria? Uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh, and this is a game that we we just recently had a conversation, Duke and I, um, with uh, 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 uh I'm not sure if she's a listener. We actually we, she's on our Twitter feed because she's a, a a game collector, but uh, um, uh, this uh, one of our uh fans, I guess, on the Twitter feed was uh, asking for cool games to play, and uh, was looking for RPGs, and I think Duke recommended Dragon Age Two, and I recommended Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, I think this game is great. Yeah, I've got it. I've not played all the way through it, but I've got it. Oh, I did. It was one. addictive. Yeah, I couldn't put it down when I started it. Yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good pickup. So um, I don't think it's really too hard to find. I know the second one is a little, little tougher to find on PSP, mm-hmm. um, but not crazy. I mean, like that has a lot to do with the fact that you have to find a game on the PSP, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, I think also, did you guys get a chance? Um, to see Grey Ghost's kind of video tour of his room? No, I saw you posted them. I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, I saw it. it was great. Yeah, I watched that. They're they're pretty cool. It's like a nice, I mean, really nothing like, you know, not like a kind of bragging tour or anything. It's just like, hey, here's my stuff. Here's some cool stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've always liked that about uh, RF Generation in particular. It just, it just never felt like, you know, some other sites feel where it's like, oh, you got that? Whatever, I got this. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, it just kind of feels like, oh, you got that? Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. I'm so glad that you got that. I, th- I think we need to start, well, you got that? I got sound service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Complete and, and then, in box, yo. <laughs> if anyone ever does that, I'm posting a picture of Quint from Jaws showing his scars. <laughs> that's nothing. I got that beat. <laughs> Oh, man. But no, yes, if you haven't, go check out um, over on rfgeneration.com. He's done a little video tour. I think it was really meant just for the folks over on RFGen, so I hope he doesn't mind us mentioning that. But it's fun. It's just, uh, they're short. They're just a fun little, hey, here's some of the stuff I've got. Um, I was happy to hear my name a couple times. uh, (laughs) So that's always good. That was fun. So So thanks for including me. It's like a weird thrill, even when it's like someone you know. Yeah, it's just fun. Here's this guy, here's this buddy of mine. Oh, he's having a... <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like, because he's like, oh, and, you know, I got this from, from Duke and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember sending that over there. You know? so <laughs> it's kind of fun to see that in his collection. Yeah, it is cool to see things that you've helped people out with as a part of their collection. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So good um, good job on the pickups there. Um, now, next up is um, uh, Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Now, you think he's a big... You know, like the band Monkeys? Do you think that's where that comes from? No. No, I think he's a fan of 12 Monkeys. Yes. Oh, yes. I see. The Terry yeah. Gilliam. Right? Absolutely. No, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Oh, I, knew, I, I knew that's where uh, Krabby was going. <laughs> um, now, he this, picked a couple up, this, right? 
It's a great game. If you guys played Sin and Punishment? Yeah, it's one of my favorite Wii games. Fantastic. I played the N64 one. I've not played this one. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a great game, and like most games that use motion control, uh, but they give you an, an, uh, the option for a controller. I'm like, yeah, just give me the controller. I played for a bit with the controller, like the you know the the pro controller, or whatever. Yeah. And someone and I didn't really like it. And someone told me like, no, like you really should try it with the with like the motion. It works way better. Yeah, it's weird. And and yeah, it's I actually really liked it. Yeah, cool. I agree. I I've done, I did the same thing because I I've got the classic controllers. So I'm always looking for games to try with it. And, uh, yeah, that one was much better with the Wii Remote Nunchuck. Yep. Now, that one's pretty cheap right now, too, right? I think it's a good time to grab it. Yeah, it seems to dive down. Cool. Yeah. And um, next one's uh, one of your big favorites there, Grab yeah, another right? sweet PS3 exclusive, um, 3D.Game Heroes. Okay, gave me yeah, my they... top-down console Legend of Zelda fix <laughs> I was talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> You beat the tar out of that thing, right? Yeah, it was one of my first, uh, I think that was my first uh, Platinum Trophy. It was, uh, yeah, good. another one that was just hard to put down. I had so much fun with it. Now, this next one's the new 3DS game, right? Yeah, the new Luigi's Mansion. I think it just came out a week or two ago. Uh, now, um, are either of you two guys uh, Luigi's Mansion fans? I, no. I am. I played the first one loved it. I've never played. Never played, so... I don't know exactly what to make of this. I keep hearing good things about it. Uh, you should grab the first one. It's short and sweet. Um, you'll get a feel for it right away if you like it or not. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I didn't dislike the original game, but there was nothing about it that made me, you know, want to play through it again or say, like, wow, I wish they'd make another one of those. But I know a lot of people like it. You didn't think, though, that there was, like, potential to it be expanded into a bigger game like they did with this one? Uh, well, that's the thing is, like, I definitely felt like there was potential because it wasn't very big. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things, the ways they could have gone with it. But I haven't played the new one, so I don't know what, of with like, which ideas they've expanded on. Right. Well, I'll be curious to take a look. Maybe if I can find the GameCube one cheap. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, easy yeah, to find, know. yeah, for five bucks. Yeah, yeah it's everywhere. <laughs> I have seen a lot, but I haven't seen it cheap. So maybe I'll stumble across it probably at some I'll, point. I'll throw it on your stack of games here. Okay. And and speaking uh, of uh, uh, games in the Mario universe that uh, were just a dream. There you go. Nice segue. Um, a dream that maybe I, I would choose to forget about. Oh, no. I, I, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta tell you, I put uh, in my pickup that you guys, um, pretty much anyone who looks at the site knows what it is, but in my pickup, I have Super Mario 1, 2, and 3 in it. And I've had company over a few times since I've had this thing here. And I just, hey, there you go. Free play. Play whatever you want. And Mario 1 has been chosen zero times. Mario 3, zero times. Mario 2, like 15, 16 no. times by different people. What? I'm telling you. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have thought it either. My wife's like, yo, why is everyone choosing Mario 2? <laughs> and it, right. it works. It works as a stand-up arcade game. This is what I want you to do, Bill. <laughs> I, I want you to get those adapters so you can put the NES games in your play choice. You know what my birthday is. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want you to get the actual Super Mario 2 Repro from Retro USB and put that in and still have it still say Super Mario 2. Ooh, yeah. Well, I, I would have to change the BIOS because the security chip will display the original name of the game. Um, unless I could flash the game's ROMs onto the chips on the Mario 2 cart. I don't know how that adapter board works, but uh, the, um, the, the yeah the adapter board it lets you, like you put the NES cart onto it and then you still slide it on the PlayChoice 10. But the thing yeah. is, you need to change the BIOS 
of the play choice because it's looking for a security chip that isn't there. So you need uh, to change the BIOS chip and then you can load a custom BIOS and then you can manually tell the machine what you want, what name you want to display on that spot. See, that um, would be great. And then like everybody goes, yes, Super Mario 2. And they're like, <laughs> what? Hey. And you're like, is yes, this? Super Mario 2. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then the kid's like, oh, this isn't 2. This is Lost Levels. <laughs> you're like, loser. <laughs> Out of my why house. Yeah. Why don't you go play some more Mario 3? You jerk. Uh, uh, speaking of Mario, right? Uh, you got another another Mario complete in box game. The old duck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Doctor Mario. That, Did you guys see one? the um, Doctor Mario uh, prototype? No, oh, I missed that. Not a proto uh, follower, but I didn't hear about it. Yeah, it's released. It got dumped, um, and it's just like an earlier version of Doctor Mario. So it's like it's got some different graphics and things. It's pretty cool. You guys should look at it. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily, you know, download and play it, but you should at least kind of look at some of the differences and stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I, right. I love Dr. Mario, so I'm going to check that out. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, I think you got a little bit more. That doesn't wrap him up quite yet. Um, he got uh, one I like, which is Gianna uh, Sisters, Sisters yeah, on the DS. Heard good things. Never had a chance to try it out. I've never heard of that game. It um, Gianna Sisters originally was a computer game. I think it was the I want to say Commodore 64. It came out in Europe, and it was basically a Super Mario Brothers ripoff on the Commodore. Okay. Uh, and it was very good, but obviously, you know, had issues because it, like, blatantly <laughs> ripped off Super <laughs> yeah. Mario, but, like, horribly, you know, to the point that, of, like, lawsuits. That, that cover looks kind of racy. <laughs> um, so, eventually now, I guess it's gotten to the point where, you know, they've they're licensed now and you can play it and it, it is it's very super mario brothers except gianna sisters get it yeah. <laughs> get it i get so, it because there's sisters and this instead of brothers and gianna which is kind of italian like mario kind mm-hmm. of common get girl you. name yeah gotcha and her and her sister luigiana i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but no, you guys uh, check it out. It's pretty cheap. I think you can find it around. I would recommend picking a copy yeah. up. It's fun. And, and then that, and then he didn't get anything else after that. No, exactly. now wait a minute. <laughs> he got one very important title to wrap things up for the month. Well, he he actually um, got a huge lot right after that. If you guys would uh, scroll, that's down. not important. <laughs> that's not important. I didn't say this, that he was going to be done. This next part's important. It's, this is the coup de gras. He he picked up a copy of Final Fantasy Twelve. The best Final Fantasy for wow, modern wow. systems. I would rather play Final... No, I was going to say 8 again. I'd rather play 12 over 8. I take that back. There you go. I, Smart I'd move. rather not, I'd rather just play my favorite one. Nine. And just number 9. Be done 12. With it. Number 9. 12. Nope. Yeah. I told you. 12. Nope. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of like that not everyone agrees on, on the best one. Yeah. It, it on ma- modern it makes, systems? It makes for good oh. conversation. Yeah, okay. I'll let you guys go, but 12 is the best. Nine. All right. Well, I, I, um, I, I think you're forgetting about that 13 was on modern systems, so if you're going to talk about the best on modern systems... I liked 13. No, no, I've not forgotten about that. <laughs> no, I've definitely not forgotten about that. Large um, lot from a co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, a lot of stuff in you, you guys gonna do this? bag, like, right? You guys ever put like something on like the bulletin board at work? Like, yo, if anyone's got any video games... Yes, I do. Any, any <laughs> not allowed that? to. I, that's They're how out. I 
that's how I ended up with a copy of Ninja Gaiden Trilogy for free. Nice. Wow, just the cart? Just the cart. Nice, that's all you need. Same price I got mine for. Yeah, traded that sucker away pretty quick. <laughs> Still got mine. It's horrible. Have you guys played it? Yep. I have not. I, I played it more up. than the good. original ones when I was a kid. Uh, it was my neighbor's game, and they ended up giving it to me after a while. Uh, the music is bad. <laughs> it's not as good. But yeah, so, it looks like so. It looks like an N sixty four lot with like uh, uh, I don't know, like a dozen or so games, a couple controllers. Uh, you can see that Army Men Sarge's Heroes uh, green <laughs> cart, which is always oh, a fun boy. one to have. Oh man! Yeah. And then uh, in Sega CD, I can spot it uh, from this distance. It looks like there's a Vey in there as well yeah. on the top left. So I'll that's a great. Title. A great, great one to have in there. Um, and, uh, I actually, I, I don't know if it was terribly popular, but I like that Batman and Robin game. I really liked the Super Nintendo one. I have never played the mm. other versions. It's got to be better than the movie. Yes, it has to be. <laughs> we are. We are oh, in this is about when I was surprised to see. I never knew there was a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs game on the Sega CD. And yep. yeah, you didn't know that. No, I used to love that show. Huh. I see now. I didn't realize it was a show. Yeah, it's goofy old cartoon. Mm. Oh, makes yeah. sense now. I guess. A yeah. Cu- couple of favorites for the Sega CD 32X folks. Got there that are favorites <laughs> for that. Got that Corpse Killer Jam and that Night Trap. <laughs> Night Trap. And, uh, Night and Trap. Now, now, uh, uh, I when I was, uh, you know, before I like back when I was a kid and like the 32X was still around, I remember seeing this Sega CD 32X uh, thing and thinking. Wow, it's going to have a 32X cart and a Sega CD <laughs> thing in there. So it's like the most ultra powerful thing. And I remember like getting uh, one of these like later in life and being like, wait, it's just a disc. So Aww. then it was like, oh, it just used the processing power of the 32X. That's not fun. <laughs> to run them both simultaneously. Yeah. Now I'm curious, being the 32X expert, Bill, I'm going to ask you. Out of those no. games, I remember like some of them would come with both versions, and some of them were just like the 32x version. So, can you help yes. me out with which or which? The only one that comes to mind that came with both was Fahrenheit. Okay. Because that one actually has like the slash where it's like half the the spine is blue for Sega CD and half the spine is uh, yellow for the uh, 32x. Right. So there's a, so yeah, it came with one disc for for each. That's the only one that I know of that's like spraying right into my head now that came with both. Um, okay. And I know there were uh, there's a couple, uh, like obviously like Night Trap and Corpse Killer are available for other platforms and right. God, wasn't there one of those games like? That's the Fahrenheit's the only one I can think of that had both in the same package, but I think there were maybe one or two of those games that were just released separately on Sega CD. Okay, I, I know Corpse Killer made it to Saturn, right? Right, and obviously Night and, Trap and that was, was also the, Sega CD, and, and that was the uh, the yeah the Corpse Killer was the Graveyard Edition, I think, was the Saturn one. Yeah. Oh boy, they saw that. I saw that in the game store the other day, and just went, "Yeah, no, it's okay." Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. Both versions. They had the 32X version and the Saturn version. So, no. Oh, and then uh, one one uh, shot down. Looks like Shadow Squadron, Star Trek Bridge Simulator. Oh, I tried uh, playing that. I, it's I got a copy that. of Star Wars Arcade, which I still think is a fun game. That and, is a fun game. And uh, Colibri, if you're uh, into hummingbirds and simulating <laughs> their lives. Now, is that a simulator or a shooter or what is no. it? It's like a platformer type it's game. It's a platformer. Yeah. Oh, 
Interesting. Yeah, you never you never played that one? No, I've not. I, I Being remember, the big 32x aficionado that I am. I know, right? I, I remember back when like the system was kind of well, it was kind of dead when it came out, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like sure. when this when the system was about to not be in stores anymore, um, I remember seeing like uh, uh, like you know ads for it and stuff where it was like, oh, like this is gonna save it. This is the game we've all been waiting for. And of course, like whenever system, whenever companies or systems aren't doing bad, every next game is like, oh, this is gonna be it, you guys. This is the one. Um, yeah. But it, uh, it was Wii U. no one has said there's that game though that's the problem there yeah Yeah. they have they just keep pushing them back (laughs) so wonderful 101 yeah colibri what i like about colibri um i don't think it's a superior equal game to uh, lion king but i do but like the colors and the environment makes me feel like that that environment do you know what that system really needed and didn't get like an awesome shooter uh yeah i mean it's a dark side if you can find they they make repro carts of it and um I think if you can find it it was only released in Europe it's like super super rare um but dark side was like a, a descent style like 360 degree um like space uh, shooter game and apparently no, it's supposed I, to be... oh what kind of shooter minute, are you talking about uh, I said really good yeah that, that really would good. that would mean 2D shooter <laughs> oh you mean like a side scrolling like a colibri type game <laughs> No, no, a good, a good. So, so, so give me, give me an he, he example wants of Sonic on the 32x, or like a, or like a, a Raiden or something like that. You know like a I mean? Robocop, like a Robocop versus Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Not like a, you know, like a good, you know, scrolling space shooter or something. You know, where they could really use all the colors. I think that was the thing. You know, it had, it could match, or even what it could do better than the Super Nintendo in color scale, right? Yeah. And they didn't really do a good job of showcasing that. No, I mean, if if you look up uh, some videos on like uh, unreleased uh, 32x games and games that never even made it to, I mean, I think there's prototypes that exist, but no one bothers uh, like trying to go after them or dump them because they're not actually like full working games or like the first like half a level of a game. There was an X Men game that got to prototype stage that looked interesting but not good. Hmm. I mean, the only thing that ever back then when it was coming out, the only thing to me that caused any interest was Virtua Fighter. Yeah, with um, uh, with Dural. Yeah, because yeah, I would had played some Virtua Fighter in the arcade. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as the Saturn, you're just like, screw this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then that was uh, they, they made obviously they made a lot of bad decisions back in that in that uh, time. But uh, there's still. There's still days that I look at my 32X and just smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I understand. It was just kind of, what a weird time. What it really time. was. And then it's it's like, uh, we'd like to announce the Saturn. It's actually in the store right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. And I went, yes! And I went right to the store. <laughs> I bought one. <laughs> that was funny since I found out. Okay, well, moving on then, um, up next we've got Mr. Johnny Nintendo. Picked up a couple cards for a steal, right? Fuck, yeah. Jeez, and these I, looked I, rough, but still, a buck. I thought I did well when I picked up Mario RPG for like 2 or $3. He's showing us all up. Someone always does it better, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mario RPG and uh, Link to the Past for a dollar a piece. No-brainer, yeah. Have have now have you guys? It's it seems like a silly question, but I just figure I'd ask. Have you guys played through both of those games? Yep, I've played through Link to 
the length of the past. I've not played all the way through Super Mario RPG because I just got that one not too long ago. Actually, beaten oh, that, Mario that's RPG. Right. I forgot that you just got it more times than Link to the Past. Interesting. Are, are there multiple endings, or you just like it so I much? I just like it so much. It's nice. a lot of fun. When, when I was uh, younger, I got up to the point where you're on the ship and you have to put the password in. Oh, uh, yeah. And that stumped me for the longest time. And there was no internet back then, so I couldn't just find out what it I, was and I couldn't afford to call the hotline. I had the same problem, <laughs> but by the time I had figured it out, it was so much grinding because those little dry bones keep respawning mm-hmm. that I just whizzed through the rest of the game like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I still like I, I, I that game's great, and I, uh, it's one of those games that like every time I think I'm gonna fire that up and play it again, but then I get like five hours into it, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to like play. I have so many other games I want to play, so it's it's hard for me to play longer games. I like Malo. He's he's fun. <laughs> oh yeah, he's great. The music gets me too. That like da 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 Good stuff. Good I, job. I always Johnny. spend way I, too I, much time racing Yoshi's too. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if he said if he's planning on, if he already had those, if he's flipping them, or if he's keeping those, but uh, either way, great games. Yeah. yeah if he's planning sure. on keeping them, I'm sure he could pry them out of his hands. He's just had twins, right? So I'm sure he needs some cash. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, I'd keep one of those for a buck. Um, and then uh, Retro Rage picked up a nice couple odds and ends, right? Yeah, a little Game Boy lot, a bunch of loose games, but they're all solid titles. Got the Zelda Oracle whoa, whoa, of Ages. Whoa. Sorry? Solid titles? I thought you weren't into the handheld systems. <laughs> but I still recognize a decent game. Not will like you, you two guys and you your pl- rock band <laughs> keyboards and your, you- <laughs> your Super Metroids. <laughs> will you play it on your uh, uh, Game Boy Player? Yes, I would. Well, that does that make it a better game? It does make it a better game somehow. <laughs> I feel I really have some sort of psychological block there where it does feel more awesome playing it on the TV. It's bigger. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You can put those custom sweet frames around it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about those, like the bezel, yeah. like the virtual bezel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then, uh, yeah, he got, but he said he got to Oracle of Ages, which is a popular one this yeah. month. Uh, uh, Mario Land 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Silver. Silver. I remember, like you know, Red and Blue being the hotness. I don't remember Silver as much. It was like the next uh, bunch. You know, they had like Silver and Crystal. Yeah, they they sold well too. They did well. People still like them. It's Pokemon, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's Pokemon. Yeah. And then the um, Donkey Kong Land. Yeah. Right. So that was. I've actually got. A Donkey Kong Land manual lying around. I'm pr- I'm like 99 sure, um, and it's just sitting there. So retro, maybe I'll shoot you a PM, or if I forget, uh, let me know if you want it. Ooh, there you go. And uh, boy, joining the club, he uh, picked up Final Fantasy VII. All right, and Chrono Trigger. And Chrono Trigger. What's the? This is a big month for Chrono Trigger, right? Yeah. I gotta tell you, I. Oh man, Final Fantasy VII is is great. I know, I know, like Chrono Trigger has its following of people who say it's the best game ever made. Um, but something about like Seven's the first one I played, and it was one of the first PlayStation One games I played. And I just, you know, you know how you like your so much of your memories on games are like you think back to your first experience with them and where you were in your gaming life and 
you know, like what an impact it had on you. And yeah. I know there's probably better games than seven, but it's just one of those things that I, I can't beat the experience that I had at that time in my life playing that game. See, I had the opposite. Well, I had, I had like the same experience, but the opposite result. It, it was like the first mm. PlayStation game I played. And it was like the first Final Fantasy game I played. And really one of the first role-playing games I played. Hated it. That made me go wow. N64 all the way that era. <laughs> And 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 then and then you played Quest sixty four and you loved. I did. It. I liked Quest sixty four better <laughs> than Final Fantasy seven. Now, see, I had come from such a high with Final Fantasy three, and then playing Final Fantasy seven on PlayStation, I was just like a, oh. <laughs> that was my thought. Final, my friends were all you're, hooked. You're on a Final it. Fantasy snob. My friends were all hooked. No, on it was it. just I so. It in. was so different. It is. And and that's the thing is like I like I find that so many people who aren't hot on seven are people who have played you know uh, uh four and six or two and three if you will and um uh you know like I, I don't have any problems with six like I like six a lot I'm actually replaying it right now um I just threw it in the uh, uh I have the was it anthology I threw in the disc in the PlayStation three the other night and just decided I was gonna start playing it through again <laughs> well. I want to play it. Hey, I want to play it on my television screen. Yeah, he doesn't want a handheld. See, then play well, the G, play the GBA one on your Game Boy Player. Well, then send me the GBA <laughs> one, and I'll play it. You still haven't gotten five yet either, have you? No. Well, if, if, hey, is also is there a way to take your save file from your PlayStation Three slash One copy and put it on your GBA? <laughs> I'm sure there's some mystical magic. Because if not, I'm just going to keep going on the PlayStation. What, I mean, what's the big problem with the PlayStation version? Just load times? That's the most... And the mode 7's not right. But <laughs> it isn't. Um, but no, most and, of Anyway, I, I, I forget the original point I was making. But I, think it has, <laughs> I think it had something to do with the fact that... like we I like, I like, I like Yeah, I like 6. I think it's a cool game, but like it, it, it didn't hit me the way that certain other Final Fantasies did. And I'm not saying that it's a fault with the game. It's just, you know, these games connect different ways with different people. And I think that's really cool about these games. Yeah. I think, to me, I mean, 3, 6, whatever you're going to call it, had such a huge cast of characters. Mm -hmm. And then when you went on to Final Fantasy I'm like, oh, what? I mean, you still had a few. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't tiny, but it's like If you wanted to make not it even big, half. you had to search out like three of them, though. Yeah, mm. and and the whole cast is like not even like half of the other one. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I I really try very hard, like, and I know it's impossible like to do it a hundred percent, but I really try not to compare them too harshly between each other because I I kind of find myself like looking for things to dislike as opposed to just enjoying something for what it is. Yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So so like what, like when I first started playing eight. One of my compl- one of my problems with it, like a lot of people have with it, is like, uh, especially people who liked the materia system, was like this draw system is freaking weird. Like you have to draw spells from things, but then the more you have of a thing, the more effective it is. So then when you find a new spell, you're almost forced to grind until you have ninety nine of them. <laughs> like so that you so it, it was just really weird. And then the boost system for the guardians, and like I just remember comparing it to seven so much when I started. And then a few hours in, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop doing this because I'm driving myself crazy. And I just tried to play the game the way the game wanted me to play it. And I had more fun with it that way. So I couldn't get past eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's one thing I really liked about seven was the materia system. Yeah. Um, eight <clears throat> was just 
it just too, went too far. And I mean, a game where you should try not to level up. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it was just so different. I would love a version of that game that like the fans got their hands on and, <laughs> and, and like stopped the game from leveling up with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was just such a wacky idea, and I, I give them credit for trying something different. Yeah, um, the, the th- yeah, I mean, it's, I I really I enjoy the story in that game. I enjoy like a lot of the you know the combat and the gameplay. Um, I think the systems in that game got it, are, are what most people are upset about because like most people when you talk about the, a game, it's like oh the story was stupid or this was bad. Like every complaint I hear with people at Final Fantasy VIII is all about the systems and technically and how it worked. I agree. I, I didn't have any problems with the stories at all. It was fine. I don't really remember the from story. From what I played. <laughs> <laughs> Can't complain about it. Don't remember it. I don't remember the story. There were too many rectangles, so I don't remember the story. <laughs> it's too busy drawing. <laughs> if it was a circular story, I would have liked it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, good. Well, good job, uh, Retro Rage. You got some nice stuff there. And uh, up next, we've got Tech Wizard, another fellow Canadian, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like more of you guys are just infiltrating RF Gen. Is it just like the second home for Canadians? I think what you or mean what? to say is RF Gen is getting better. <laughs> uh, it's getting nicer. Yeah, well, you Canadians, you, you know, yeah. are known to being so nice. Yeah, everyone's so friendly on the site all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Zagnorch, but you know, well, not anyway. Canadian, so. Yeah, it's to be expected. But he picked up but, uh, uh, one of my favorite Zelda games. One of your favorite, possibly my favorite. Yeah, you just, I really like it. Were you just knocking Zelda a little bit earlier? Uh, no, I was saying I wanted you know another top-down console one, but I, I really like Link's mm. Awakening, even though it's a handheld only. Yeah, see, yeah. so they make good. So he, his buddy gave it to him for his Zelda? birthday, so that's a pretty sweet birthday gift, I think. That's awesome. I feel like I keep leaving, like dropping hints to people. <laughs> they just don't and, get but, them, do they? Yeah, well, it's like people who aren't like you know in the hobby. Like I'll say things, and like they probably either don't remember, or then you know it gets like a week before someone's birthday, and you're like, I can't get something on eBay. So it's a very good friend who eBay's you a game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, John White actually got me a Famicom, a really nice box when back on my back on Christmas that Ooh. way. So it's really it is nice when you got friends that'll do something like that for you. Totally. And um, moving on to Silver 80. Now, S- Silver, I have no idea if he's American or Canadian or whatever. I have no uh, idea. I would imagine San Francisco, right? Is, that, is it a um, sports Silver reference? 80 a yeah, reference not, to something? I'm not getting it there. Well, it's the Silver. It was the Silver Town. Wasn't oh, it? Oh, okay. Wasn't, wasn't I have there, no idea what you're talking about. Silver found like back in the like the Tombstone days? I thought that was like the Gold Rush. No, there's Am I wrong? There's definitely silver going on. To, well, silver can probably clear all this up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, maybe. Maybe. And I'm going to guess maybe he was born in 80. Maybe? maybe? It's very it's very possible, but remember your Xbox Live uh, number on your name, so it's not always. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. You know. <laughs> And that you, you said like everyone thinks you're like 14 because you have, like... <laughs> I cha- I did I did recently change it though. Oh, okay. So now he's it, 24. It does not reflect me being old as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he picked up a couple fun things. Um, it's debatable. One thing I think is really cool. You know, Skies of Arcadia Legends complete in box for five bucks. Good deal. Not even Krabby could pass that up. No, I'd buy it at that five, price. Yeah. Five dollars. It's man. a good deal. 
Could you even make yourself play it? I've played through it. I don't like it. Beat it. I didn't beat the Legends one, sir. I beat the Dreamcast one. You're banned, sir. <laughs> didn't we just say Canadians were nice? Moving on. Well, he, it, it, he, he was. <laughs> we have great it taste. Because if it because if it was an American, he would have been like that game sucks. <laughs> but but he was like, and no. you suck for liking it. But no, I I played that and it, it just wasn't for me. But if you like it, I really think that's great. I support you. <laughs> would you care for uh, some syrup? <laughs> does go on everything. And some of our bacon. That's not really bacon. It's bacon. Come on. <laughs> I'm curious. Okay, so here we call it Canadian bacon. Up there, do you just call it? No, we still call it that. Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. That's gonna be. Con- it's gonna be confusing. Yeah. Instead of calling it American bacon, it's just you know bacon and Canadian bacon still. That doesn't make any sense. But, but it, it's but all it right. We'll great. Go it. <laughs> it does. And uh, he also picked up a Zelda Ocarina of Time complete in box. Yeah, a lot of Zelda love this month. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, he picked up Majora's Mask later on too, didn't he? Yes, you're right. He did. Yeah. Um, I've actually, I've got a friend who gives me so much, like, you know, those friends who just give you crap for the sake of giving you crap. Um, he does that with me with Zelda. He's never played Ocarina. And uh, every time it comes up in any kind of conversation, he's like, uh, oh, that game is terrible. Like, <laughs> you, have, you haven't played it. Yeah, I played, I played like till you get to the tree. Oh, uh, stupid. <laughs> so. Oh. Oh yes, I know. It's like somebody in Super Metroid. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, he also he also picked up a JVC again. I say, going I, with XI? I say cross XI. I, I've always I, said XI. I say XI. I want to say cross I because I just like that better. <laughs> that makes it sound so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it looked but, like it was just the bare console. I didn't see that he got like the JVC branded controller or anything with it. I just saw the machine, right? So well, yeah, well, you, you sold one like a year ago, right? I traded one. Oh, okay. Yes. Did it have to, the uh, Did it have the JVC controller? It did not. It was just a bare console. Is that is that is that usually how they come? Is just like a bare box? Um, no, I mean you. Um, they were originally packed with a three button Genesis controller, just a JVC on it. Ah. So those are a little harder to find. If you can happen to locate one of those, you'll probably find some happy collectors that would like to pick that up. Is it is it on par with the Sharp NES Black controller? No, nobody loves Sega that much. <laughs> well, it might change I'm with, kidding, this, with this Sega Pluto people. thing. I'm kidding. Uh, might change. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, you notice I traded, traded my XI away, though. So. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, yeah, that's why I traded for that nice complete in box um, Hyperboy. So that was that was a good trade. I was happy about that. Good trade for the other guy. <laughs> uh, whatever. And. Uh, yeah, I think I bought my XI for like three bucks. What a deal! And then um, Pikmin two. Yep, other so Pikmin two. Lots of Pikmin this month too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I've never played Pikmin two, but obviously worth a little box. So very good. And um, up next, Mister uh, Black Label Skate. Right. Full blisked. I, t- <laughs> I told you, I uh, my wife walked in the room and I was just browsing the forums. And uh, I said, "Hey, how do you how do you say that name right there?" And she looked at it, and she went, "I don't want to say it. You're gonna make fun of me." And I said, "No, no, no, no say it." And she said, "Blick la blick la blasket." <laughs> I said, "No, close. It's blick la blisk." She's like, "Oh, that's what I was gonna say." <laughs> now, now this but, thing, I, uh... I, I was I've been interested in this thing so, uh, ever since getting my uh, XL. 
Um, one of the games I play a lot uh, when I have time, when I you know use the 3DS is uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts. And instead of like you know rotating the camera with the triggers, um, I'm really curious to see how it works with like another uh, little circle pad. So we picked up that Circle Pad Pro XL version that finally came out over here. Yeah, but he imported his from Japan, mm-hmm. like right before they started selling I, it here. I, yeah, I mean, I besides Ouch. the the writing on the unit, like I'm pretty sure it's the same hardware, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Um, I'm just like you know, obviously I don't think anybody knew they were going to be releasing it here. So oof. yeah, I, I wish you know. that I wish that like that's the kind of thing that Club Nintendo would get. Is this still a thing that like people really want? Like I've I've never felt like I need that other control stick when i'm playing my 3ds yeah i mean i don't i think it depends like like i said like i think it depends on the game the only game that i've ever been like oh i wish i had dual analog sticks with this game is kingdom hearts just to control the camera because there's like a billion things going on uh, uh like i'm so used to controlling the camera with the you know the dual shock sure um so that's the only reason that i you know would get it but i don't think it's something that people are screaming for I don't think there's that many games I actually use it. Yeah, there's really um, only a handful. I think it's it's wireless too, right? Like 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 even the, like even though it claps onto it, I don't think there's a physical connection. I think it's like a wireless deal. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe um, maybe uh, we'll find that out. It's, uh, I think it works with like um, Kid Icarus. I think that that cat the um, Resident Evil game that you've got, Krabby, I think can use it. I've never felt that I have a good use for it game control is fine without it so so, so real real quick do you want to hear do you want to hear the quick list of supported games Um, okay sure it is uh cult country kingdom hearts dynasty warriors kid icarus resident evil revelations monster hunter 3 nano assault ace combat metal gear solid snake eater and samurai warriors so not too many okay i can guarantee the people that wanted the monster hunter people yeah uh-huh. Uh huh. That makes more sense then. Um, I think that game would be more, much more difficult to play probably mm. without it. So well, that makes sense. And and Monster Hunter Three Ultimate or whatever just came out not too long ago. Yeah. I yeah. think on 3DS. So that makes sense why they brought that over. So good. I didn't really see though what game he planned to use it for. I think he just put like a picture of it up. So I'd be curious what his plans. Maybe it's Monster Hunter. Maybe it's something else. And then over to um, Mr. Ninetail Demon Fox. He got a few things uh, in that are pretty cool this month. Yeah, right? another like yeah. we've had a couple of these little Super Nintendo lots, and he got like the same games the other guys got too. You know, Turtles Four, Mario Kart, Mario World. You know, lots of solid games, easy flips or trades. Yeah, Turtles in Time is pretty popular, uh, right? Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's a great trade item. People are always looking for that one. Yeah, and then Mario Kart, Mario World, yeah, those are all really solid titles. So, good job picking those up. I mean, it's always sometimes things that are. It strikes me how common some of those titles are, but they still sell really well too. I mean, the price on them is good. Did Did you mention the uh, the Nomad from Johnny N yet? No, no. Yeah. So that's. I mean, yeah. it's a, a the Nomad. I mean, I kind of feel like even people who aren't really Sega people, um, like. Like, I don't think you can really hate on the Nomad except for, like, you know, some weird, like, battery life issues that it had and, and things like that. But I think a portable Genesis uh, is cool. I do, too. Yeah, I mean, 
Why didn't uh, Sega say, you know, just, they said, oh, we have 500 million different products. Well, we'll just make one more hardware product. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And then, and, then, and then, like, with, like, the obviously the Neptune and Pluto, uh, you know, until recently not making it out into uh, uh, people's hands, it's, it's, it's interesting to me how many things that they had uh, that were, you know, just total products, like some released, some not released, but they had a lot of hardware, like, kind of, like, in the pipe that never even came out. Well, let's think about it. just around the Genesis, right? You had. Sheesh. Let's just think about the hardware. Three models of Genesis involved. to start with. Yeah, you had Genesis Model One, Genesis Two, Genesis Three. You had Sega CD One, Sega CD Two, mm-hmm. CDX. CDX. You had 32X. You had Power Base Converter. You had XI. 32X. Yeah, I see. Oh, yeah. see it's it's it's, it's worth mentioning again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you had Nomad. Got the Nomad. And then I think if if you started including some of the like the uh, uh, Japanese pi- stuff, that's uh, what I mean. Would would you can would you include Pioneer Laser Active? I guess you would, right? You had a Sega Genesis module. So what? I mean, I lost track. I've only got one hand to count on so far, <laughs> and that's probably like ten. Uh yes. 10 plus. And that's just around that one system. Isn't that crazy? I know. And then you look at your Nintendo stuff, and it's like stupid two Nintendo systems. <laughs> yeah. And, and unless mean, people... Do, wow. do you guys know anyone who seriously uh, is going after um, all the N64 colored consoles? Not personally, but on forums I know of a few. Yeah, when you when you get a new color, do you keep it? Do you add it to the collection, or do you say, oh, I'll flip this thing? I like the original one the best, so I just, I'd, the only one I'd upgrade it for is the Pikachu one. Yeah, I don't care. Or maybe a gold um, one. Those I've, are pretty sweet, too. I come across the controllers that go with them a lot more than the consoles, and I don't care. I'd sell them. Yeah. I, you know, doesn't matter to me. But it's interesting. Boy, you know, geez, that's just crazy to think about. And you wonder, boy, wonder why do they have so many problems, you know? Trying to market that many products is tough. And then up next, uh, a gentleman that we're all pretty pretty glad to hear from, right? <laughs> Love the group. That's right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I spotted him, uh, this might have been a few months ago, but I spotted him in like the RF Gen chat room. And you know how like the chat room name appears uh, uh, like on the top of the screen and it just had like a hundred U's in it. And I was like, oh yes, he's embracing it. <laughs> Why fight it, right? Why yeah. fight it? Um he picked up some some also some Nintendo stuff. It's boy, it's like a Nintendo kind of kind of month, right? It really is. Uh so the the Zelda uh, carts. Um or sorry sorry, the uh, both Zeldas, um uh Donkey Kong uh, not see every every time I look at a Zelda cart for N sixty four now, I kinda like, I looked really close now that I've recently found out about the not-for-resale Majora's Mask. <laughs> mm. So now okay. every time I see a Zelda cart, I'm like, does it have a little... Okay, no, we're good. We're good. Because <laughs> I had no idea that thing was, like, in, like, the four to $700 range. I've not run across one. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't seen one. I'd love to run across a lottery ticket. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? Donkey Kong and... 64, that banana cart. Yeah, I just uh, just sold one of those the other day. Um, those are quick. I'm not a bit, not a big fan though. Yeah, I know. But it people seems like the really price like is going it. up on it. Yeah, and, and you think that has anything to do with the people uh, running into like uh, the Donkey Kong on the Wii and trying to go back and play, or you think it's just the natural uh, price uh, arc? 
I I don't know. I'm gonna guess it's just that yeah natural trend. Mm. Um, all I can say is, man, if you want an N64 collection, watching what Super Nintendo's doing, you better get it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just get it now, because, boy, it's going to be painful relatively soon, I think. And he also got some other 64 games, and it's another, you know, another really hard one, and or expensive one to find, right? Harvest Moon, yeah. That pays for his lots right there. Yeah, I want to flip that one for sure. Um, Super Mario 64, obviously, you know, to me... Probably one of the best games on the system, period. Um, and then Yoshi, another one that's up there a little bit, right? And also a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget This next the one, fun. though, I have to say, maybe I'm in the minority. I don't like these games. I do not like them. Are you a them. Banjo fan? No, I do not like the Banjo-Kazooie games. I'm not a particular fan of them either. Oh, I am. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, hopefully you know, wave around the Banjo flag here. Oh man, collectathons! I oh. was one of those guys who spent way too much time, me and my friend, trying to find all the secrets in the first one that were supposed to be, you know, part of the second game, but ended up not being. So you know, <laughs> we're trying to find the ice key and those weird eggs and stuff. Like, so many hours spent doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds like an unbelievable experience. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I have a buddy who I, I told him uh, that I'm not really a big fan, and he's like, no, like, you have you have to go back. You have to try them. Please, go home and play them. So I told him one day, yeah, I'm going to go home and play them, and I did for a little bit, and I called him, and I was like, yeah, you're right. It's awesome. And it, it's, it wasn't. <laughs> just so we wouldn't bug you anymore? Well, just, like, it's not the, the bugging thing. Like, I just wanted to make him happy, so... Oh okay. Yeah. But did he? But he did. Did he then go? Who, tell me, what was your favorite part? <laughs> I was like, oh man, the part when you're in the 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 beach with the woods, and the <laughs> water hit. Oh, yeah. And you had to push the buttons. Man. Yeah, you can be very like. Remember the part where you grabbed either banjo or kazooie and floated around? <laughs> that was the best. Painful. Oh. And then he moved on to um, some GameCube titles, right? Mario. Lots of Mario stuff, yeah. I hope Sunshine's in there. Oh! oh. <laughs> Don't oh. listen to him. Don't listen to him, everyone. Mario Just Sunshine's painful, great. painful, man. Oh. No! No! <laughs> I like no. it. No! It was better than Banjo. No. Oh, <laughs> come on. No! It's the pain, man. You know the scary part is I was reading the formula... I mean, I was reading, reading. Yeah, I was reading a formula. I was reading a forum post the other day, and somebody had said that how much they really wanted a Mario Sunshine two. Hey, there's a. It's it's so honestly, when you really think about Mario Sunshine two, isn't it really just Luigi's Mansion in reverse? Like you have this like extra thing that instead of like shooting out water, you're like vacuuming things in. It's pretty much the prequel <laughs> to Luigi's Mansion. I think you're probably pretty spot on there, except it was except actually Luigi's Mansion's way better, from what I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say there was actually some entertainment value packaged in there somehow. Hey, you, you're you're allowed not to like it, and I'm allowed to enjoy my experience with it. <laughs> you savor those memories, Bill. That's all I can tell you. Savor those memories. That's some great music in it too. Uh, if you say so, man. I felt like it's like some weird like meringue thing going on. Okay, what did you think of the music in Banjo? At least that game's like all about the music. Um, I did like the 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 bit that I played. I didn't think the music was bad. Um, <laughs> like like you know how like sometimes like that's the thing about music is like when it's really really good, you almost don't notice it because it, it fits the game so well. 
Um, except for like you know certain like uh, like a lot of role playing games, the music stands out to me because there's a lot of walking, a lot of you know like grinding. You just hear the music a lot, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been playing Final Fantasy VI, and like that, like the, you just the walking know the around music theme, is in like, my head by heart after two. Yep, like you, you and start. It's always good. Yeah, and you like the, like the fight starts, and you're kind of, and then you welcome that change to boss music. And it's like da 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 da. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's on now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, well, you know, anything from Nobu Matsu is going to yeah. be wonderful. And then whoever did Banjo-Kazooie, I don't know their name, and there's probably a good reason for that. <laughs> so, another moving good Nobuo, on. Uh, Lost Odyssey is another great Nobuo soundtrack. But, yeah, yeah and, moving on. And he did Last Story, too. Yes. So. Yeah, they, they have a lot of fun with uh, Miss Walker. Um, did we mention uh, Kickmaster also from uh, the group? No, up? he snuck that in at the end of the month here. Taito, yes. right? Sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> Probably some of the one of the more affordable ladder Taito games, yeah, right? Kind of uncommon, but you know, not crazy priced like a lot of those other Taito ones. <laughs> I remember you telling me all about that one when you beat it. How, how that wonderful storyline. <laughs> yeah, if you ever get a chance, just watch like the opening cutscene. It's so freaking funny. One of the best on the NES. <laughs> Something about them has to beat him just with their with their kicks yeah, his, alone. His right? brother gets killed right at the start by all these like skeletons and stuff, and you you're holding him while he's dying, and he's giving you this monologue about how his steel wasn't strong enough, and only his kicks are going to be powerful enough to destroy <laughs> the undead army, and it's awesome. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Love it. Blades, nah. My feet, sure. I can, I'm making a handle it. Um, well, good job, Groove. The Groove. <laughs> on your grabs this month. I think he said, didn't he get almost all that stuff um, outside like Kickmaster? Like 50 bucks yeah, or something, Yeah, it was a cheap right? little lot, I think, and it was, yeah. Yeah, boy, awesome that makes some great flips. Yeah, if you so hold on something, yeah, pay for the rest. Good job. Now, man, is it just big N64 month or what? Up next was Wimster. And he leads up with N64 off the bat, right? Yeah, a couple of box games, clean box game, one of them. Yeah, now Bomberman Hero, he got that complete in box. That's not too yeah, uncommon. That's, that's the, the easier Bomberman. Right? Uh, second Attack, I think, is the one that you want to f- really find. But it, it's still that box looked just beautiful, right? I always do. You need some more cardboard, Duke. <laughs> no, I okay. heard the desire I... in your voice there just a second ago. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> The um so I've got a, I'm curious have either of you played the N64 Bomberman yes, games? Loved it. I have really? played. Yeah, I'm not as crazy about them as everyone is. I I enjoy them, but you know how some people are just like it's like their jam. It's I'm not that into it. They are just great multiplayer games. I should state exactly. Yeah, like if there's like a group of people over, absolutely. Like I, there's like we'll play for for as long as people want to play, but. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, just one or two people, you're not going to have that same experience. Yeah, I've, like, played a smattering of some of the newer ones, but really all my real Bomberman exposure is, like, Bomberman 1 and 2 on the NES. I've not really gone ever. I've played, like, a tad of, like, Bomberman Saturn. I still want to try that one out. With, with, like, the whole setup. Like, what, eight people? Oh, yeah, with the multi-taps and all that. That'd be pretty cool, but, uh, yeah, no... I think that one even had like a widescreen mode or something that you could do, which was kind of cool. But anyway, um, so he uh, picked up one other. You were mentioned uh, boxed games. So what else did he grab? A little Zelda 2. Now, this one's actually getting a little bit trickier to find in a box. 
Really? Yeah, like I, I didn't even realize it because I, I, again, I've had like there's if this happened with a handful of games with me. I've had mine for so long that like since I'm not on the lookout for it, I don't really you know know what the current market is on it. Um, I saw one go, uh, I think on Nintendo Age Complete, I don't know, like forty five, fifty five dollars, something like that. Wow. And I didn't know yeah. that it was kind of creeping up there. It's just it's it's just I guess not as common a box to find as uh, Zelda is. Was that gold or the the re release? Ooh, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I have to wonder which one goes for more. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I remember being a kid. You know, I, I was a kid and they had, and, you know, they had put out, you know, in the, um, uh, all these ads and everything about Zelda 2 coming out and then teased all these screenshots and everything. And, and then there was all this, you know, that's when they kept talking about these chip shortage. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we can't make the, we can't get enough copies made. We can't release it. And they kept like pushing the release date back. So you're like this young kid. You're just, you know, you see all these pictures, and then you have to wait like a year or something <laughs> for this thing to come out. Oh man, I remember just like, oh my gosh, I gotta get this game. When's it coming out? <laughs> and you didn't know back then, right? I mean, it wasn't like you went somewhere and there was like, oh, here's a release list. You know, you can't go like go to GameStop.com or something. You know what I mean? So you just had right. to keep going in a store <laughs> and looking. Yeah, I, and you I just tell asked you, the like, person behind the counter, right? Did, did you get? Well, like I wasn't driving at that point because I was like five, but uh, <laughs> like I'm telling you, like I would be sitting at home with a phone book. And that's a book full of phone numbers if you're born in the last, uh, like, 10 or 15 years. So uh, you would open it up, and alphabetically it would list, like, people and businesses. I would call Toys R Us, like, every day, asking them if they had, like, Super Mario 3 or Metroid. And uh, I remember, like, we had a system all planned one day for, like, uh, if they did have Mario 3 because you couldn't find it. Uh, like, my brother was standing, like, in the front yard. And uh, he had, like, a whistle or, like, a kazoo or something. <laughs> and, and, like, when he saw my mom, like, coming home from work, he would, like, blow that thing. And then my sister standing at the front door would, like, bang, like, a spoon on a pan or something. And then I would, like, collect all the coats and, like, bring them to the front door. Why we didn't just go collect all the coats and wait at the front door? <laughs> like, we just wanted to have an operation to do. So you guys but... watch too many kids' movies in the 80s, you're saying? Yes. So, like, Home Alone was the, the flick that was on all the time or something? So, saw that in the And theater. then Mom got hit in the face with a paint can. <laughs> Gong! Oh, those oh, are fun man. times. <laughs> yeah. I think people, kids these days have no idea. Nope. What a, the information blackout. You know what I mean? You, you just didn't get anything. Yeah, that'd, so. be, that'd, be, that'd be a good uh, conversation for uh, a show topic, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. Information in the 80s boy tough <laughs> um and then moving on to mr single banana mm. right man he he got a few few good ones this time yeah another nes uh, cart for his uh uh closing in on his uh collection yeah there. he's getting down to what 20 now or so yeah welcome to the pain that's a lie <laughs> he picked up his welcome to pain up, uh, kid clown and i still need that one so i was a little jealous but the good news is if he finds another one he'll send it to me there you go <laughs> that's the plan right um I, I, that's one of the latter ones i picked up but uh yeah like i said welcome to pain <laughs> gear up and get ready now i know i know he's a big atari guy on um, this uh uh Zeller's uh, carts. Uh, these are not something I'm familiar yeah, with. Yeah, he sent me a message because um, he, he worked out a deal for a few of them. Um, but apparently, Zeller's had these, you know, exclusive carts, 
And I was like, all right, I'll keep an eye out for them. What do they look like? And he sent me these links to some pictures of them. They have the best label art ever. It's so awesome. <laughs> it doesn't say the name of the game at all. It's just these awesome pictures over the whole label. They're really cool. Um, it does sound yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm keeping my eyes open for, for the ones that he still needs. And then if I find the doubles that he has, I'm going to try and keep them because they're pretty neat. How many Zeller's carts are there? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. There's around a dozen. There's not a, not a ton, okay. but there's enough that it's like a cool little subset to collect. So it's like the Aladdin of Atari. Sure. Now, are they actual unique games or just variants of, of another? I'm not familiar enough with the library to, to answer that. Okay. Because like down here, I mean like Sears... You know, sold a lot of games. They've just they were just branded Tele Games or whatever. We Sears up here too. Okay, so you guys have yeah, those. We've too. got those floating around. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of these Zellers ones though, because uh, you guys, I'm pretty sure had no version of these Zellers carts, as far as I know. Oh, Zellers isn't a retailer down here, to my yeah, knowledge. Yeah, but I, I don't think anyone else picked up the the games from them down there. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen them, so I don't know what that's worth, but. <laughs> I've been around a few years, so maybe that's something. So that's very cool. And I I would um, be curious to know how, I mean, if he's really like going for a full 20, I, I know the idea of going for a full 2600 set is probably like just insane. Yeah, from what I've heard, that's pretty much impossible. And it's really hard to track down what actual full set would actually mean. Yeah, I guess, yeah, they were just like, you know, everybody and their dog was making carts. I mean... I, you know, I was listening to uh, a story about there was a, a a guy that made carts for like to make a like color test pattern on screens for like people that used to repair TVs, mm-hmm. and now these things are worth truckloads <laughs> of money um, because you know there were just a few of these. So I mean, that's how wacky it got back on the twenty. It just made everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's got a goal like the NES. I think he just grabs carts that he doesn't have for the 2600 when he can. Yeah, I try to keep an eye out for him. You know, like when I go into the shop, if they get like a new load of carts, I'll like snap a pic or something like, hey, do you need any of these things? Because, oh, you know, I have no mm-hmm. clue. Um, so cool. And uh, he picked up one other title, um, which is a, kind of a fun little shooter, right? I haven't played it um Grindstormer you're talking about, right? Yep, Grindstormer. Is that it like is Barnstormer? That's a sweet name for a game, though. <laughs> Nothing like Barnstormer, sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think most people know that there was a lot of great Genesis shooters, and um, but definitely one of those to watch out for. Uh, you don't see that one quite as often, and it's a good one. So I'd recommend folks to check it out if you get a chance, if you like shooters. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Who doesn't like shooters? Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that hate them. Uh, up next is Mr. Uh, understatement. Just, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> that's, that's that's the range of my acting abilities. Um, well, no, he nothing, picked up, nothing understating about these games. No, he picked up a nice lot of uh, complete in box, looks like Master System games, and one of them I'm very jealous about is it our type um, no i've got our type no that's pretty common duke's looking for power strike power strike yeah man power strike was like a like a mail order game in the u.s i mean it came out in some other spots but 
hard to find. It has like a really generic junky looking label on the thing, but it's um made by um Compile. So they you know nice. they did like Musha and all these other games that everybody knows, but they also did that one. So um me likey want want to find one. <laughs> <laughs> me likey Wonder Boy three. Uh yeah, Wonder Boy three is good too. I've got that one. Dragon's How Curse. do you see the next one, so, Bill? Nice. <laughs> Nailed it. It's not. I, I think on the on the match system, you could get away with wise. You could because it had the apostrophe. So it's <laughs> it like the, so this this game is of why. This is wise game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, don't mess with him because he'll come and he'll take his game back. That was the expert translations stuff that went <laughs> on back in the day, right? Somebody just saw it and went, "Look, that doesn't make." How do you would you even? He's just, nah, you're missing the apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, there's there's actually a, a in playing a, um, Final Fantasy uh, six. Uh, uh, there's an apostrophe where it where there doesn't need to be one, and just because like I'm a little bit of a grammar snob, like I noticed it and I was like, Ugh. like I, <laughs> it's not bad enough that I'm gonna like write a letter to anybody. This is like a fifteen whatever year old game, but uh, it it bugged me enough that I was like, like, I, and then I had to restart. It was like right at the beginning of the game, and I didn't save, so I had to restart it. So I had to look at it twice. <laughs> So you you brought out the typewriter and started with the <laughs> dear Mister Ted Woolsey. Yes. I said we we need a fan translation of this on the double. <laughs> you know what's scary? I love that game so much. I have to actually play a fan translation of that game. Really? Uh huh. I'd, I'd be cu- I'd be curious to see the uh, dialogue differences. I'm actually really curious to see if there's any dialogue differences in the uh, Final Fantasy X uh, remaster that comes out later this year. You have to tell me all about it. <laughs> I will. I'll tell everyone all about it. You go for it. After <laughs> he starts his Blitzball League. Oh, yeah. Boy. Love Blitzball. I never could make it through that one. You know why? It's it because they, they give you the worst goal. The first thing you need to do is replace your goaltender, like, immediately. Uh, he's the worst goaltender in the world. And then you need to uh, uh, just play a handful of games. because You're going to lose, but you get experience. So then once your team gets a little bit better and a little bit faster, and then you have to get the jet shot. And then once you kind of get a few of these things, then you start winning games and it's a much better experience. But they really don't do a good job of teaching you how to play the game. I don't remember ever having a problem Here's... playing it. Here's the well, deal. Not everyone's Who... a prodigy. A blitz ball. Who sit down and went, you know what this RPG game could really use? Sports. They always have to have little mini games tucked in there. Yeah, like a triple triad. Yeah. But they like invented a sport. Okay, yeah. let's talk it's about okay. RPG RPG nerds for a minute. It's all right. These people don't understand sports <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? I you give know. them a ball, and they're like, "What?" Uh, speak for yourself. I, I'm I'm first uh, uh, first picked at gym class. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, bully for you, Bill. <laughs> but uh, I'm just thinking you're you're kind of preaching to the wrong market. You know what I mean? I I wasn't aware I was preaching. <laughs> Are they preaching? I was just saying Blitzball is cool. You go you go with your bad self. <laughs> All right, Understatement also picked yes. up a game that I have for trade right now. So if anyone <laughs> else would like a family fun fitness athletic world uh, cart, um, I've got one of those available. He's already got one, so he is all set. Well, why don't you tell folks why they should care if it is a fan, family fun fitness athletic world cart? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm sure everyone's aware of the uh, uh, the stadium events, uh, you know, 
uh, semi-rare indie game came out for the no, Nintendo. No, but I, I do want to put this word out there that I played that game as a child, and I really love it, and it brings back strong um, childhood memories for me. So if someone you know just has one <laughs> sitting around... Has a, if anyone just has a stadium events like uh, the game gavel one, right? It's just you know, and you want to fulfill a a childhood fantasy uh, and bring that back for somebody, then I, I would appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so back ba- back to the point here. Um, so so family fun fitness uh, was the original uh, uh, banner that Athletic World was released under, and that was the Series One cart, right? So when you look in Athletic World, uh, Family Fun Fitness Athletic World, um, it's got that little green box on it that says Series 1. And then uh, Stadium Events was the Series 2 cart. Um, and then uh, once the whole thing went down and uh, uh, you know Nintendo purchased from Bandai, then it just became Athletic World, and it doesn't say Family Fun Fitness, and it doesn't have a series number on it. So it's just kind of like a cool little variant, and also it's the... It's easy to spot if it's like in a in a box of spine games because the uh, Family Fun Fitness version is the five screw, so it's it's one of the ways I can usually spot it in a group of other athletic worlds is that it's the five screw version. Yeah, and the reason I went on with that little story, I, did you either of you guys read that? We have a Craigslist thread yeah. over on the side where <laughs> people put like these worst, these just horrible Craigslist posts. But did you guys read that one? I've read several like that one, so I'm not sure if it's the exact one you're referencing or not. Well, somebody had posted a link to one, and that was it. It was this guy talking about how he just wanted to go back and relive these wonderful childhood memories, uh, and he has like a specific he has like terrible. a specific list of all like the yeah, rarest like the top NES 10 cards. hardest to find. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's like the, said he's offering twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's someone locally uh, here who just has a list that says I'm interested in the following Nintendo games, and it's like. Mike Tyson special edition, uh, 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 like Little Samson, like literally like the twenty or thirty games that are like you know three hundred dollars and up, and uh, uh, someone uh, I didn't ever I never responded to the dude, but then someone else, you know, when it's I love when people post those like retaliatory ads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't talk R-E. to don't don't talk to yeah. Jeff in New Jersey. Huh? He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so someone posted like, hey. This guy looking for all these rare games. He's he's uh, offering about like a half of what they go for on eBay. <laughs> a half. Yeah. So they think he's going to pay forty for a stadium events. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I just uh, man, when I read that, I just went, man. You know, there are some people that just don't care. They would just rob you blind and and not care at all. Yeah. Do it right to your face. So, I mean, hey, you know, if you run across the stadium events in a yard sale or at a Goodwill. You know, more power to you. If you're trying to blatantly rip somebody <laughs> off, man, that's cold. That's all I can say. Um, that's that's going beyond having a hobby, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and then he picked up a, a couple other NES titles. One of them was really yeah, nice. A couple uncommon box. ones there. Yeah, one of my favorite games, uh, Bucky O'Hare. And I would love to get a complete box one, too. I love the box art on this one. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a boxed one. Was it- I was a big that. fan of that show when I was a kid, and I just kind of, it was one of those things that I forgot about. Like, I, I kept the Ninja Turtles and the Thundercats and all that stuff with me throughout the years, but I just kind of forgot about Bucky O'Hare until several years ago, and I just love it still. And you just recently got that game, right? Um, I got it several months ago now, probably six or seven months ago. Yeah. Well, it seemed like to me that we had just talked about it a little while back. So. I just played it recently, finally, and it's awesome. Great game. <laughs> 
And then another one that was a lot hard to find as yeah, well. Yeah, kind of like Kickmaster, one of those late Taito games. Um, doesn't go for crazy prices yet, but it's still a little hard to find. Is uh, Kiwi Craze. Yeah, and I want to say that this is called the New Eng- New Zealand story. Yeah, I, th- and other I territories. think there's, yeah, I think you're right. So I wonder what happened. Why did it? Why was it Kiwi craze here? You know I don't I mean? know. They kept everything else in there. Like you can see the map of New Zealand when you're running through it. So I have no idea why <laughs> they would have changed the name. Yeah, that's really strange to me. Maybe I just love Kiwis over here. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Does everybody in America think that just that's all New Zealand does is produce Kiwis? I don't know. Well, aren't people from New Zealand called Kiwis? Are they? I think so. I think that's like a slang for someone from New Zealand is, oh, he's a Kiwi. Uh, no, you, oh, you literally play as a Kiwi in this game, so I don't know if it's a play on that, but there's it's not obvious if it is. Interesting. So I wonder why. Or maybe uh, maybe they had to change it in other places. Maybe they couldn't call it Kiwi Cray somewhere else in Nigeria. I don't know. The things like that always make me think, why? You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe it's a term they don't the next like, one. like a racial slur, and <laughs> they could only get away with it over here. <laughs> Huh, maybe. Uh, the next one I want to say, you know, is the sole reason to own a Jaguar. Uh, Tempest 2000, right? I love that game. Oh, man. Tempest 2000 is so good. Do you have that I one? I haven't had Crabby? the pleasure. I, oh. like, I had Tempest 2000 when I had my Jaguar. This was, like, a, lo- a while ago, and, uh, like, before I was collecting, years before I started collecting, I just, like, picked it up for, like, 30 bucks at, like, a KB Toys or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. with Tempest 2000 and I played it for a while and it was really good and I ended up getting rid of it but uh, it's one of those things that uh, I haven't come across a good deal on a Jaguar lot yet but uh, Tempest is a great game oh man and the, you know there is a Saturn port and a Playstation port but the Jag version is the best yeah isn't that weird like for the Jaguar to have the best version of something that's available on a few other things I think just because you know Mentor programmed that one himself and then the other ones were just like sloppy ports by right. some other company, so man, that game is so good. You know what I'm game? A... You know what game I love? What's that? Point Blank. Yeah, Point Blank. Those I like love the... the Point Blank games. They're really good light gun shooters. Yeah, especially especially if you get a couple of gun cons uh, and have some people over. Point Blank One, Two, Three. They're fantastic party party shooter games. And um, probably, you know, I would think. Point Blank 3, a little harder to find, right? Uh, yeah, it was the last one I got. Yeah, so. I, I always know that they were always regarded as excellent, but I don't think they sold huge numbers. So. Oh, no, yeah, not at all. But I th- and I think, like, at the time I was working at Babbage's, and I feel like more people were coming in, because the only way you could get the gun con that I remember, I think you could get it by itself, but most people got it with Time Crisis. Time Crisis, And yeah. And then Point Blank was, like, the other game that was there. So uh, I, I don't think it, you're right, I don't think it sold as well as, uh, you know, some other games, but I, like, now looking back, like, Time Crisis is a pretty decent arcade experience, but Point Blank is, I'd rather fire up Point Blank than Time Crisis. Yeah. Um, I honestly have never run across one out and about in the shop, so people that have them must hold on to them pretty well, and they're great games. I don't blame them. Yeah, my, my copy of two is uh, sealed, and uh, oh. I didn't ask for it sealed. Just the guy, like, uh, I, it was like a trade on Guzex or something back when I was using that site, and it showed up sealed. And whenever that happens, it's like, well, I can't open this thing up. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of been like, it's kind of been sitting on the trade shelf for a while. I should take some pictures of it and post it. Yeah. Krabby, you play Point Blank? Or? I have not had the pleasure, no. You should check it never out. Never really a light gun guy. 
They're kind of yeah. fun. They're they're, they're a really... lot of fun, especially if you like dexterity type shooting. Like like a lot of shooting games, they just like put you in an area and like guys pop up and you shoot them. But Point yeah. Blank is all these mini games where like 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 there'll be like a like fifteen or twenty like uh uh you know tiles on the on the board that are like you know numbers and like a math equation will come up up top like eight times two and you have to shoot the sixteen. So it's it's there's like thought involved with it. So it's it's really cool. And there's like a ton of different mini games. Like there'll be like you know shoot all the 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 uh, wool off the sheep. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's it's so it's it's kind of like a mix between like a brain age type game and like a carnival. So, type sounds game. like WarioWare slash Brain Age. It it really is. It's it's got similarities to both. And it's and it's Namco and it's it's. Uh, I think they're really great. No, that does yeah, sound interesting stuff. Yeah, I would say if you run across one, definitely worth checking out. I mean, obviously, you'd have to dig up a light gun to go with it, but I think those are probably not too terribly hard to find. Yeah. And then um, he picked a, con- a couple consoles up, right? Mm-hmm. One that I'm still on the CDs. search for. Really? Geo CD? Yeah. yeah. I did not know you were looking for one of those. I do. There's a few consoles I'd still like to get, and that is definitely one of them. Huh. I passed on one uh, oh, some time back. Um, it's interesting, but have you ever tried to actually play one? I have not. I've only heard about the load times. Oh my, <laughs> sweet, that's not an exaggeration. It's not an exaggeration. It's terrible. We're talking minutes for some games. Oh, it's really <laughs> bad. It really makes it almost unplayable for some of the games. If you ask me. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, especially in, in like the <laughs> quick arcade style games that are mostly what's on it, right? You don't want to wait around. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Um, it's an interesting idea, but if, if any system needed like a high-speed CD-ROM drive, that one did. And I don't think they ever came out with one that was ever faster than like single speed. Um, ish. That's all I can say. Uh, excellent games, but oy. And the pad is kind of interesting too, if I remember right. I think it's got the like, uh, odd odd kind of d-pad that's almost kind of like the nes max kind of d-pad interesting yeah it's a little different didn't come with the the sticks like the regular aes did um and then uh, this one i've never seen i mean this is the only picture i've seen of one of these things have you guys seen a memorex memorex viz before nope i'm assuming that's you would say viz or it would be vis yeah, i thought it was I assume it, it stood for something cool. I have no idea. I've never seen one of these things before. And I didn't really, I mean, other than the picture, I don't really know much about it. I was kind of curious to see if you guys had heard about it at all. No, well, I have not. I just, I just, all I know is that when I first joined RF, that's the system that I was, like from zero to 50 posts. <laughs> you're, you're a Memorex Viz. <laughs> you're right. We'll have to go um, check out yeah, Marriott's we'll... site and get some info on it. Yeah, for people that aren't familiar on RF Gen, like uh, the more posts you get, you you get like nickname, you know, different systems based on. Um, isn't it like units sold all time, something like that? Oh, I didn't realize it was in order. I thought it was just uh, rando. No, I think it's supposed to be like an order of units sold um, of consoles. I so. thought it was all Ten Stars favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is he a big Memorex VIS guy? Yeah, don't you know? Uh, no, I don't. But interesting. That was an interesting find. I honestly would, if I could pass one on a Goodwill, I probably wouldn't even know it. 
So I was kind of curious to take a look at it, and, and now I kind of have an idea. So that kind of wraps it up for understatement, right? Good yep. month, yeah. Yeah. And then up next is Mr. Nintendork. I th- yeah, I think you pronounced it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, then, what? And, and then he lives up to his name. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, partially, right? I, yeah. so, uh, I actually really like that. The Hannah Montana PSP that he grabbed. That is a good looking PSP. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. That is my PSP of choice eventually. Yeah, it's you're you're like a Vulcan. I think you're incapable of sarcasm or being mean. So tell me more. Tell me why should someone look for the Hannah Montana PSP? It's just mesmerizing. It's like <laughs> this weird, uh, like kind of sparkly purple coat over it. It's I don't know. It it it. Seems very feminine, but also very cool at the same time. Well, Nintendork, you know who to shop your. Yeah, I just got an ugly black one. I'll trade across. (laughs) Maybe he would like to have more of the manly black. Yeah, get more manly than black, other than I don't know brown, wood grain. (laughs) Well, like, or or no, the uh, uh, that like God of War blood soaks uh, (laughs) one. There you go. And then he picked up a, a a rarity. Also, right? And a great game, too. Yeah, Cubivore. I don't see that one that often. No, and it is so much fun, and it's so weird. Never played it. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, keep your eyes open, because it is worth the effort to track one down. It's one one of, of my course. favorite so tell, games. So tell me well, about it's, it. Well, it's, it's, it's Atlas, so it's right up your alley. That's true. So, obviously, are you a cube that eats everything? Is that... Or you eat all cubes. You you eat the other animals who are also made of cubes, and by eating certain ones, you evolve in different ways, and you try and become like king of the jungle eventually by evolving into like the perfect beast that can kill everything. So, okay, so you have to also watch out for other things that could eat you. Yeah, yeah. There's always bigger creatures around, and so you gotta figure out how to get strong enough to take them on and uh, tear them apart piece by piece. And by eating these pieces of them, you're always getting stronger. Huh. I can't say as I've um, had the opportunity to play it, but it sounds pretty interesting. It is interesting. It's really quirky, weird. It's not too long, but it is a lot of fun. Man, what a, who comes up with these ideas, I guess, right? Japan. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, And then um, moving on, then we get to um, our um, previous interviewee, right? New Poil. And he picked up yeah. something we definitely don't see a lot of. Yeah. I want a Vetrix. I don't have one either. That's, yeah, I'm just gonna put it out there. Neo Geo CD. That's on my list. Need a Vectrix. Yeah, to me. No, no, no. He, no, he's got a Vectrix, right? He just picked up some games. Yeah, five games. Yeah, I think he said all he complete did, in right? box, yeah. and I think almost all of them, but one he said had the overlays with them too. Yeah, it's a Clean Sweep, Solar Quest, Web Wars, and it looks like two copies of Berserk. Never, never be too Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, I've played one. I don't, part of me wants to own one. Part of me doesn't. Um, so you really. can send it here when you get bored with it then. <laughs> totally. Totes. I, I think the thing to me is, is that, man, if something on that broke. I'd fix good, it. Good luck. You know what I mean? I, what I, I, do? I'd desolder the capacitor. I'd test it and then I'd resolder a new capacitor and hopefully that would fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am just getting into a little bit of monitor repair, uh, so I'm still a super novice, but uh, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, with the Vetrix, if something went wrong with it, you'd kind of have to learn how to like some basic monitor repair. Yeah, and especially you'd have to know how vector monitor works yes. versus like a standard raster. So, um, that would be the thing. I'd be afraid that you know, oh man, when this thing busts, what am I gonna do? Um, Send it to me. <laughs> I'll 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 fix it. I think if I ran across one locally, I would do it, but I would not trust shipping one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, interesting grabs, though. That's pretty cool. I, I would think Berserk, I know, obviously would be a ton of fun. I'm not familiar with the rest of them, but cool, cool, cool thing. And then um, up next is Mr. Kid A, right? Kid A. Yeah, it's, it's he, take, taking New Foils Thunder a little bit. Yeah, he um, got the the Odyssey two fever, right? <laughs> yeah, fifteen fifteen bucks for looks like six uh, complete Odyssey games, and these boxes look nicer than most Odyssey boxes look. And that's probably saying something because most they Odyssey look boxes good. look yeah. like really good. Yeah, they, like they looked like they were designed to fall apart after they read the message to Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, I mean, <clears throat> they've just all miraculously been preserved. Somehow, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't get it. You see a lot of really good Aussie 2 boxes, so they did and, something right. And then he's, there's one in there, a showdown in 2100 AD, without an exclamation point in the title. Th- that no. just means it's a that terrible just tells game. You it's not Don't good. It. Yeah, it's no fun. <laughs> They're letting you know it's right on the cover. It's not exciting no enough. Fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, nope. like the co- I like the cover art for KC Munchkin. Casey Munch. Like they're not yeah. trying to be Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course they're not. Right? <laughs> and then uh, the cover art for War of Nerds. Like all the Odyssey cover arts, very like, you know, kind of camp. I don't know if it's intentionally campy or if it's just campy because that's Come the way on, it even is. Even Pachinko but... looks awesome from the yeah, cover. It looks like era. It looks like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Dragon it's just, it's fire. Just cool. Yeah. You could get that like tattooed on you and you'd be, you'd be badass. <laughs> You guys remember 2600 art, oh, right? I mean, they yes. take the most drab game ever and make it look like, oh, wow! You know? checkers. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. This is way better than regular checkers. Who wants to play regular when like you play video? Yeah. So on top yeah. of those awesome Odyssey games, it uh, looks like he uh, picked up a Vita, and he says he already owned one, but it was a good deal, so he's going to flip it. I love how he says, uh, I wish the games had their cases so I could keep them. Like, it's not even an option to keep them without their cases. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, they don't even play right without the cases. It's so true. And, I, you know, I think, Krabby, we were just chit-chatting a little bit about this before, but uh, isn't it strange to me that, I mean, I think since the Vita launched, I've not seen anybody post anything about the Vita at all. Yeah, someone posted a blog a couple days ago that I saw someone post on Twitter, like defending the Vita, talking about how like there is software that has been like that has been regularly releasing for it. The problem is no one's really covering it, no one's really reviewing it, um, so like it kind of goes under the radar. Um, but yeah, same thing. Like uh, I have a friend who was really hot on it when it first came out. And uh, every time I see her, at least she, she like takes the subway to work, so she always has like you know some sit down playtime. And every time I talk to her about it now, she's like, "Yeah, I really wish I didn't buy it." Wow. So, would she? You just tell her like to swap it for a 3ds or what? Well, she has a 3ds. Uh, she wants oh. the Animal Crossing 3ds XL. So what she's waiting for is uh, is just like me. She's waiting for. Uh, uh, she's also a big Final Fantasy X fan, so she's waiting for that. When that remake hits, there's probably going to be a digital. I think they said there's definitely going to be a digital component. They're just not sure if they're giving you the 
What do you call it on the PS3 games where they give you the digital when you buy the physical? They have a name for them? Um, they call oh. it, yeah, they call it, so it's called cross-play or something like that? I think there's cross-buy, and that's where if you buy it on one, you get it on the other system. R- right, so they've, they've confirmed that it's coming out on a physical collection disc for PS3, and they will be selling it on the PSN store. We just don't know if the like the Vita version comes with the physical version when you buy the PS3 copy. So she she's not sure which one she's getting, but she's a big fan, so she's going to be uh, hanging on to it for that at least. Huh. Now, just a quick check-in again. Do you guys have any interest in Vita at all? No. I really want to play Gravity Rush, but outside of that one game, I can't think of any reason I'd want one. Yeah, and that just strikes me as strange to me. I yeah, I have absolutely. I mean, just zero interest. Yeah, me at too. All in this thing, um, and I've played around with one. Um, yeah, it's it's an impressive little piece of hardware when you look. You know, like the resolution, like the like. I have lots of little nitpicky things that I don't like about it, so it's not worth going through them. But at the end of the day, um, it's a huge chunk of money, and there is extremely limited game time in my current life schedule so it's just not going to happen yeah it's the thing that almost makes me scratch my head when i look at it. i'm like this is like a good little piece of hardware but i mean there's just nothing i mean i don't care about anything on yeah. it so I mean, there's no reason to even consider buying it um yeah i mean which the, is a the, shame yeah and, a shame. and the people who have it who are into the games that are that are out on it like they're, they're happy with it and that's great oh yeah yeah um I just yeah, I'm. It kind of makes me scratch my head and go, you know, I don't know what Sony needs to do to, I mean, get more software on it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's, I, yeah, I honestly don't know if there's anything they can do. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like the Wii U situation. You know, what I mean, there's there just some games. You gotta added. get yeah. something out. Yeah, you gotta get good stuff, and you have to get it in the hands of a lot of people who know that it's good. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I think they're really. Hinging their Vita bets on the PS4, and yeah, having they, they, that, yeah. you know, that off-screen play kind of thing. But I'll be curious. I don't know. That's a big. It's a big expense just for that feature. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I mean, it's it's literally it's like buying uh, another PlayStation Three. Yeah, uh, which is just strikes me as odd. So we'll be we'll see. I mean, I'll be, I'm really curious to see how these new hardware wars shake out. Yeah. Um, well, but, the, uh, the, the, the problem with like, the loop they all get into is like all the developers are like, well, we're going to wait to see if like a billion people buy this thing and then we'll put really quality software on it because we got a big install base. But then like not enough people have the thing. So the good companies don't put the games on it. So it's like the, the, the thread I had the other day about the Wii U when the NHL 14 was announced for 360 and, and uh, PS3, but not Wii U. And I was like, wow, like I, I really honestly thought there were some cool things they could have done with a sports game on the Wii U. And it's like, well, you know, EA's like, uh, it doesn't make sense for us to invest the resources into it. So it's, you know, like the, the it's up to the first party to get enough awesome stuff on the system to get it into the hands of a couple million people. And if they can't do that, then no third party is going to throw games at it. No, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, I don't, I know games cost more to produce now than they ever did, but the story has never changed. You know, you have to have a strong first party to push titles and sell hardware. Yep. They just need to learn to budget properly. Like, you've got games selling three, four, five million that are calling failures. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I no, don't No, you understand. have to think about how much money it costs to make some of these games. Yeah, there's other games that sell like a third, a fourth of that, and they're profitable. 
and they're good games. Yeah, I think yeah, some, they might some have a lower initial budget. Well, that's probably true, but then the company obviously needs to change their budgeting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough biz, and I think it's going to get tougher, um, which is probably going to be rougher for gamers in the future. But yeah, you well, you will just have to be more careful. Like, there's a, there's a much bigger chance of coming home with a bunk. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Maybe at some point in time we'll have to dig in. I think once we've got more to go on what Microsoft's cards are going to be, we'll have more to discuss. But they're being smart. I think they're being really smart about they. there is no upside to them to announce right now. No. So it's, it's especially especially since I think so much can change between now and long, like not even between now and launch, between now and when they you know decide to announce. Like there's, it, it does them no good to say anything right now. There might be a totally no, sweet I mean, new ugly old man face tech out by then. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> remember, remember yeah, like no the, or, or like, like remember when they first announced the 360 and they talked about face plates and how like, they'd be super customizable. I remember those. And how many face plates ever so came out? Like cool three. For like a few no, months. no, no. There's a lot of face plates. Oh yeah. There's no, tons. I, I'm. I'm I'm not talking about like custom ones that people on the internet make. I'm talking about ones that like Microsoft and like. Oh, yeah, there's tons. Yeah, tons. there's a lot. Really, I, a lot. I worked with a guy for the like first year when I worked at the rental store after the 360 came out. He had like two dozen of them in his house. He has oh, so yeah. many of these. There's a lot of them. I've never seen anyone with a faceplate <laughs> on their 360. I've got two. I got um, Final Fantasy 13 and. Um, Death Smiles. So there yeah, you go. Those games are fairly late. Death Smiles, anyway. Yeah. Late to the party. Yeah, it's so you know if they're out there, I, uh, you know, I can understand why they kind of ditched it for the new system. It it wasn't a huge thing, but mm. it was neat. It was a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, I you know I'm all for somebody trying something a little different, but it didn't work out. It'll be. Kind of cool to see if they go on a similar path for the next one, or if they just make like an ugly old box. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'll be a black box. And we still haven't seen what the PlayStation Four is going to look like, right? They still haven't shown pictures of that yeah, thing. I so. uh, so. I'll bet you, yeah, I bet you a million dollars it's going to be a black box. <laughs> Maybe they'll go with the like back to the original one. PlayStation. Yeah, that gray. was literally, I think, that's like the ugliest system I've ever seen in my life. Is the original PlayStation? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'd rather hmm. look at like a CDI than that. Oh no, yes. the CDI is terrible. <laughs> I would much rather look at that. The CDI looks like an ancient DVD player. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. All right. I probably have arguments about that one, but Let's save that for the off-air time. All right, so um, you know, I got a, I did, you know, this has been like a really lean. A uh, month or so for me. There's really nothing that exciting that happened, but um, picked up a few odds and ends. A couple of loose Genesis games. I picked up. Um, I think last episode we were talking about the Lightning Force, right? <laughs> Lightning. Yeah, I thought it was a typo. Yeah, I found a loose copy of Lightning Force pretty cheap, so I couldn't pass that up. Um, also picked up a cheap loose Beyond Oasis. That's a good um, one. Yeah, it's a good one, and it was you know, like I said, cheap, so why not? Um, I got Bust a Move for the Super Nintendo. Uh, not for me. My wife is a big Bust a Move fan. Awesome, smart wife. Yeah, she doesn't play like Bust a Move and Sonic. Um, I think that's so, pretty much all she gets into. Solid so. games, at least. 
Could be yeah, worse. Could be like The that. Sims or something. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, no. I also picked up Street Fighter Anniversary Collection for the PS2 because, you know, like I don't already <laughs> own 600 versions of Street Fighter, but it's all right. It's a, a nice little game. I got, again, pretty cheap. The next one was, you know, I, how can I pass it up? If Streets of Rage 2, uh, it, it missing the manual, but right now I just have a cart only for that. So I, the box was in good shape. So, yeah, again, pretty cheap, so I picked that up. If anybody happens to have a Streets of Rage 2 manual sitting around and you want to get rid of it, let me know. Uh, man, I love that game. Do you guys like Streets of Rage? <laughs> I do. I do like Streets of Rage. Man, I could just play that thing like crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that. I would play that more than Final Fight anytime. I, I could go either way. I like them both about the same. Oh, man. I don't know what it is. First one's fun, but Streets of Rage 2 is, like, perfect. They just they nailed it. You don't like Streets three? of Rage 3 was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little crazy. Like, they just went nuts with the formula. But fun, but not as good. And then Galaxy Force 2, I picked that up. It's just, uh, again, missing the manual, but... Um, again, a fun game for the right price. I know a lot of people don't like this a whole lot. Have you guys played it? I have. Not. I have not. The only reason I like it is because when I was younger, they I, uh, an arcade I was at actually had a Galaxy Force. Uh, I think it might have been a Galaxy Force Two arcade machine, and it was one. It was one of these giant things that would like rotate around nice. as you would play it. So it's like this giant motorized thing that would turn and bank and everything as you would fly around and shoot. So it was just, it was awesome, you know, at the time. And Sega was always great about making these really, you know, cool arcade machines with a lot of movement and whatnot. Yeah, like Afterburner and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I just have fond memories of it. The game itself is, eh, it's not that great, but I I can't, to me, it's just kind of going back and reliving some of that. So that was kind of fun to pick up. The last two were just totally just random. Um, I picked up coconuts for the twenty six hundred. You did good. <laughs> Mostly because I'd never seen this game before, and it is. And doesn't odd. bananas doesn't bananas say that's like a, a good rule for twenty six hundred? Like if you've never seen it or heard of it, pick it up. Pick it yeah, up. Yeah, I have no idea if it's worth anything. <laughs> Probably isn't. But it's like um, like reverse kaboom. So there's like this mo- monkey mo- at the top. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a monkey at the top, right? And he drops coconuts, and you're like a dude underneath that has to dodge the coconuts. Oh, so it's so it's enough. like the extra level in Aladdin when you're Abu and things are falling. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, sure. Uh, but like the guy Sounds starts awesome. off. And he's got like a he's got an umbrella and a hat, and so you're just moving him around. And like each time he gets hit, he loses something. So like the umbrella gets hit, it goes away. He, he, then the hat, you know, if the hat gets hit, then it goes away. And then the last, finally, the coconut will hit you on the head, and you're dead. Right? Oh, so it's like ghosts and goblins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you're really stretching it. Now. <laughs> but I would say, you know, it's. For a twenty six hundred game, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wouldn't put it in the same league as Kaboom, so but I was kind of glad I picked it. It was like a dollar, so why not? And the other one's Decathlon for the ColecoVision. Man, now okay, you guys probably neither have played Decathlon I either. I played right? quite a bit of Coleco, but not that one. 
Decathlon was really big. It was on a lot of different systems at the time, Commodore 64 and a lot of, like I think Atari and, and whatnot. But it's basically track and field before track and field. And the ColecoVision version's got really great graphics. I mean, very impressive for the time. Um, so if you like track and field, I'd say check it out. It's like got the same sort of events, you know, like track. You like running and you've got, you know, shot put and the long jump and the hurdles and... It's a lot of fun, and if nothing else, go check out the ColecoVision YouTube video. You'll be surprised at how good the graphics look. I think you're like approaching like almost NES level graphics. Some sweet uh, uh, ugly old man tech for the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, can't quite make out the wrinkles, <laughs> but it looks really good. You guys should check it out. But really, that's me. I wish I had something more exciting to talk about, but I really don't. <laughs> that's kind of it. Well, we'll have to pick up your slack then. I guess somebody's going to have to. Um, so we had this weird, like, I guess it would be called, if it was in Europe, like one of those car boot sales where people just, like, park a whole Trump bunch. Sales? Yeah, they just sell crap out of the back of their cars, like, all in a parking lot at the same time. Oh, I junk in the trunk. I find one of yeah. those things. So we, I've ne- you, never you, heard yeah, of that we, uh, in my junk life. In the trunk. And yeah. we just had one a couple of days ago, um, and my wife went to it. Grabbed us a PSP for 15 bucks, and I've had some games for a while, so looking forward to finally being able to check out that system. That is a steal, $15. Yeah, I was... Is yeah. it like, um, what model number I think is it? it's the 1000 model. Okay, so it's a giant, really thick yes. one. Fat Still PSP. Low. $15? I'm not oh, yeah, yeah, all day long. It works good. She charged it up, and no problems. Yeah. Excellent. And then uh, sticking with the PlayStation stuff, it's just been tons of big PlayStation lots here lately. So I picked up a couple of the better priced ones I've seen. Um, so I got one lot that had a couple systems, uh, one of the fat ones, one of the slim ones, and 70 games with it. And then, wow. Yeah, and then, like, four <laughs> or five days later, I picked up another lot that had one system and all of the Guitar Hero World Tour equipment, and then 80 games with that one. <laughs> that's crazy yeah, and there wasn't even a lot of like crossover with the games it was pretty much all unique games between the two lots no dupes that's amazing nothing super exciting but you know there's a few that I'm going to keep and lots that I will do something else with <laughs> so are they most of them all complete yeah nearly all of them there's I'd say probably 10% are missing manuals I found one wrong game in the box. So I've got one box that has no game and one disc-only game now. But other than that, it was awesome. There's even a couple of little sealed ones still stuck in there. That's nuts. I mean, man, I don't see lots that big around here of that stuff. Yeah, so and one of the crazy. guys is awesome because I forgot to pick up the uh, the foot pedal for the uh, drum kit on Guitar Hero. And so he sent yeah. us a message to say, hey, you forgot the drum kit. Um, I think I have another box of games. I'll try and dig it out for you. And we went there, and he had another, like, half a dozen games. He's like, here, just take them. You got all my other stuff already anyway. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine, because now is probably prime time PS2 collecting, um, because GameStops and places aren't taking them. Mm-hmm. And people want to dump them. Yeah, right? like, yep. uh, I'm pretty sure um, some of the PlayStation stuff I picked up lately, they've called GameStop and said, what can I get for this? They've said, you know, 30 cents a buck. And so they're like, I'm just going to sell it on Craigslist for the same price. At least I can get the cash for it instead of credit. Right. Yeah. Because both of those lots, everything I got was less than a buck a game by far. That's awesome. 
Good job. So you can actually play any of that, though? Uh, like I said, I'm keeping about five of them <laughs> out of like 150 games. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. Can you tell me a couple that you are keeping? I'm going to try Raw Danger. I've heard that one's kind of interesting. Huh. Um, I'm keeping a couple of Resident Evils because I, I, I played them on other systems, but I just like to have them. Um, mm. A game called Oni. That's my dog's name. So, And it's got a really really cool <laughs> cover, so I, I thought I'd try it yeah, out. And and. Oni's uh, Bungie, right? I think it's Rockstar. I've seen the cover. I don't know. Doesn't they have like a silvery yeah, cover? Yeah, it's like this whole silver background and like this anime chick with guns and stuff on the front. You're, you're right. It is Rockstar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge Rockstar fan, but I just kept it for fun. Cheap game. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. And the rest I'll try and move. Um, yeah, nothing else I was too excited to play. I made another huge lot later on of uh, more modern stuff. Um, I got some Wii games, um, some more PS2 stuff, some 360, a whole bunch of DS games. Um, our EB Games was having like this, they had this bin that was like spring clearance, and everything was like 99 cents or less in it. Wow. And almost all of it was still sealed. So I, really? yeah. So I grabbed a whole bunch of stuff um, to just try it out, um, like Sheer and the Wanderer, Time Hollow, WarioWare. Uh, Battle Fantasia, Battalion Wars 2. I've got Battle Fantasia. Yeah, so for a dollar, I was like, yeah, I'll try all these out. And then I grabbed a couple other ones that I've been wanting to get for a while, like Bit Trip Runner and Trauma Center. They were a little more than the dollar, but they were still less than 10 by far. Wow, Battle Fantasia is actually not bad. Yeah, I've been interested for a while. I always see it, but I'm like, 20 bucks, I don't know. And then for one buck for sealed one, I was like, yeah, time to try it out. Yeah, I think I paid five for mine, and it was—I think it's well worth that. So yeah, a buck you got a—you got a good deal Sweet. out of it. Good to know. Sorry, I was just saying I would be—I'm—I'm I'm curious to know more about, um, like the Sheer and the Wanderer. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that one. Um, I played it on the Wii. There's there's a Wii version, um, and it's like a really hardcore dungeon crawler, very Japanese. Um, so I grabbed the—I really like the Wii one. So I grabbed the DS one, hoping it's just more of the same. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not familiar with the series, so. Uh, another Atlas game. Oh, yeah. cool. There you go. Yeah, um, I think actually the, I don't think Atlas published the DS one. They published the Wii one. The DS one, I think, is Sega. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And then I went and picked up my Pandora's Tower pre-order not too long ago. <laughs> and while grabbing that, I grabbed a copy of Lollipop Chainsaw for pretty cheap. I really want to play that one, but I need to find it cheap. It is so much fun. I think you're going to like it. I yeah, love you're Suda. a big Suda fan. Um, it's it's outrageous like all those other games. You'll like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have no doubt. No, you got to make sure there's no kids around. There's quite a quite some interesting language in it. Oh, that's all his games, yeah. Yeah, this is more so than some of the other ones I've played language-wise. Not not quite as gruesome. Um, you played No More Heroes. I have. It's No More Heroes is a lot more gruesome, but the language in this game is a lot more creative than No More Heroes. Like the very first words out of the guy's mouth, like in the opening <laughs> fight, is the f word in yeah. that game. Yeah, they they figure out new uses for words like that in this game. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what game did that that I liked? A uh, 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 bullet storm. Was I didn't play that one? Uh, like honestly, like it was my surprise of the year uh, last year or whatever year it was that it came out <laughs> in. It's surprisingly good. Um, you can probably get it for like less than you know somewhere between five and ten bucks uh, most places, but it's definitely worth playing through. 
and they use incredibly creative uh, language. Like they, cur- like they they curse a lot, but they make up new ones. Uh, and they're so ridiculous that like sometimes the characters will turn to each other and like, did you just say? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, in Lollipop Pop Chainsaw, um, the main characters kind of they're creative and they keep it flowing, but the the uh, non playable characters are supposed to like purposely be like like nonsensical so they say things that don't even make sense to to what you did to save them it's just awesome <laughs> yeah i'm looking yeah. forward to it one of these days for sure i'm gonna grab like my fifth copy i've picked up of ico over the years um i, th- I thought i was still going for more but apparently it's tanked in, in price quite a bit i was just hoping to flip it really easy um i wonder if yeah. it has to do with the collection I- i'm again. betting it is that's just my guess mm. Because I remember flipping it for forty and fifty, no problem, and now it's like ten to twenty, depending Nothing. on condition. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Fleet said he needed a copy, so I'm gonna send it his way. Um, we'll we'll work something out for it down the road. Yeah. Sure. I already mentioned I got my sweet uh, Dreamcast keyboard from Moonraker. So you're gonna be typing away at some zombies yeah. before you know Looking it. Looking right? forward to it because the Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS that I got from Bill. Didn't really fill my my zombie <laughs> need, so I'm gonna you know have to type them. <laughs> didn't 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 work out. No, so. I have, I was really really hopeful for it. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan of the first the old style games, uh-huh. and uh, I was hoping this would uh, fill that void, and it completely missed for me. And the tank controls just didn't even. Uh, do I liked for the you, controls. Huh? That was about all I liked in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, resounding yeah. no. Okay. Um, and then I got uh, one of the best NES finds, not price-wise, but rarity-wise, um, that I've ever found locally. Um, I picked up a copy of Snow Brothers through uh, Kijiji up here. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see you pick that one up. So you must have got it good enough to flip. Um, actually, I have. I got it good enough that I, I could have made money if I threw it on eBay. Um, but I had two people in particular I wanted to make sure... They had first dibs at it. One of those was uh, banana, and and he, okay. he said he like I found it for a hundred bucks, so it wasn't dirt cheap, but I could make a little bit of a profit on it. Um, mm-hmm. He said he could get one locally for about the same price. So once you factor in shipping and stuff, he said, "Don't worry about it. I, I got one for the same price, same condition." Okay. Um, so I got another buddy who his dad used to run a corner store in town here when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and they had a Snow Bros arcade machine in there. And so oh. he's been trying to get, like, all the NES games he played as a kid. So he used to rent that game at home because he couldn't stick quarters in the arcade one all day. Um, so he, he didn't think he'd ever get that one, though, because he, he didn't want to spend more than, like, 20, 30 bucks on it. So I gave him a smoking deal and took a big hit on it. Um, but he's he's the guy that's helped me out in the past. Like, he gave me the box Super Scope and the huge thing of Coleco games. And he, he just gives these things to me for free. Okay, so a little karma yeah, payback. Yeah, huh? finally able to uh, pay him back, and he, he played it like that night. He was so excited to get it. So, yeah, he <laughs> sends me all these texts while he's playing. He's like, this is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. That's fun when you can help somebody kind of relive the dream. Yeah, right? and now his list is like just he's going to hit it. He's, the last like three or four games he needs are like things like Mario 2 and like Castlevanias and stuff. He's going to find no problem. Oof, good oh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easies. And then one of my Very my good. favorite finds. I'll finish it up here, and uh, I'm sure Bill will chime in a little more on this. But he he also sent me one other item this month, which was a signed copy of Brutal Legend uh, by Tim Schafer. 
one of yeah did. one of my my all time favorite games of this generation by by quite a bit. I'm a huge Judas Priest fan, and having Rob Halford do a voice in this game just put it over the top <laughs> for me. It was awesome. So now you just need to drop track Rob Halford down and have him sign exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Gives you a yeah. quest. I'll go track down Lemmy and Ozzy and all the other voices. It might just take you a few minutes, but you'll get exactly. it, sure. I'm sure Lita Ford's not too busy, though. She'll be easy to find. Oh, man. And Lita Ford was so hot back then. What? You know, time is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can say. But then look at Ozzy, too, right? So Rob's still a beautiful man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. So that's pretty. That's a good month. That is the best month that's I've had in month. several months. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, because, I mean, you've been kind of quiet here for a little while. So that's pretty impressive. I try. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, good job, Krabby. That's some fun stuff. And then, boy, last but definitely not least, we get. Bill, I right? got some stuff. Got just a little. Stuff. I got a big thing. Um, physically, yes, like literally big. Yeah. Uh, and figuratively big. Um. So, uh, yeah. Just to to go off uh, uh the the Tim Schafer deal. Um. I, I've I've told the story a couple times in the threads. Um. But long story short, uh, I, I went to PAX East uh, uh, in March. I live very close to Boston, and um, I'm not much of a signature guy. Like I, I don't have almost anything signed except for like a Wayne Gretzky puck in like my little Ranger Shrine area. Um, but uh, um, I've always loved Full Throttle. It's been my favorite adventure game since I was a kid. Um, so when I found out Tim Schafer was going to be doing signing sessions at the Double Fine booth, I was like, you know what? I, I really would like to have a signed copy of like just that game, just because I love that game so much. So um, I didn't own a copy. I it's kind of been on my list for a little while. So I know that Techie uh, uh, has one. Uh, our buddy Techie uh, over on the West Coast there. So I shot him a PM and I said, "Hey, is there any way you would send me your copy? Because I can't get a copy in time, uh, and then I'll have him like so, and then I'll replace it with another copy for you." Um, and he said, uh, uh, "Yeah, no problem. Just." Um, just have him sign like the insert of like the you know the paper for the the, the game, so I have something signed too. I said, yeah, no problem. So um, I was actually able to find a copy on eBay, and it shipped in time. It showed up the day before we left for Boston, so I was able to surprise a uh, uh, techie with uh, a signed copy of Full Throttle, like the the outer box assigned to him. Um, so it made for a funny uh, uh, autograph line. Like I didn't want to be that one guy with like five, six, seven things for Tim Schafer to sign. <laughs> so I gave one to my buddy Kaylee. I gave one to uh, my buddy Lee, and I gave one to my wife, and I'm the last one to go, of of course. So, um, and we're in line. We're like rehearsing before we go. I'm okay. Like uh, I had checked with uh, both uh, Techie and Krabby. Said, so, do you want to personalize? And they both said, yeah, first name's fine. So, like we're rehearsing what our names are, <laughs> the <laughs> autograph line. So, but the thing is, I gave, uh, I think it was Krabby's. I gave, I gave Krabby's copy to my wife. So when my wife tells Tim Schafer the name to put it on there, he's like, "Who? wait, like, is that your name? She's like, no. And she's like, no. And then he's like, yeah, it sounds like someone's making you do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to talk to Tim. And then uh, uh, it, it was cool. He was It wasn't a huge long line, so he, he didn't care about signing a bunch of things. Um, but uh, it was really funny because, like, I had to tell him. He's like, well, it's like, 
what is it, what is this guy uh, talking about Krabby? I, I, he, uh, he's like, what's this guy all about? And I was like, well, this is one of his favorite games uh, uh, ever. And it's mostly, uh, it's, I mean, a lot of it's gameplay, but he's also, this is, this music is like his jam. And then he's like, okay, say no more. <laughs> and then he just wrote metal on the, uh, on and the like cover. three exclamation and I, marks. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then I told him about, uh, uh, I said, oh yeah. And I'm, I'm Bill, but it's with one L. And then <laughs> I love yours, he though. asked the question and then he asked the question that everyone asked. He's like, why is it with one L? And my <laughs> wife just starts laughing. She's like. Because I explain this to everyone that I meet, and then uh, uh, just to explain it to Tim Schafer was funny. So um, I said, "Well, it's it's kind of a we- it's a weird, stupid, not funny story." But my dad is Bill also, and my mom kind of joked with her kids like, "It's like he's Bill with two L's. You should be Bill with one L because you're like Junior, but you want to be Junior." So it's just like a way to differentiate us. So uh, Tim uh, just kind of ran with it, and the, the funny guy that he is, he personalized it to me. He wrote hell on wheels, but he wrote hell with one L. <laughs> so that was yeah, pretty I cool. Love that. So yeah, so that was my uh, my Tim shit. And then actually, the the one more thing, um, I love the full throttle energy drinks. Um, whenever I you know decide to to have one, uh, which is hopefully not as often as I have been having <laughs> them because they're not good for you. Um, but uh, like one of my friends who's with us, like ran up to the hotel room was like, because I mentioned this as like a half joke, was like, yeah, I should have him sign like a full throttle energy drink. And she was like, oh, my God, you have to. have to." So she ran back to the hotel room and just got it back to me right as I was getting up to him. So I said, is there any way you would sign my other full throttle? And he laughed and he just like signed like made by Tim Schafer on my full throttle. <laughs> so that, that was a really cool experience. Like I'm, I'm, I've, I've met celebrities before. Like it's, it's, it's not like really like a big deal to me, but like something about meeting this dude, like I was really like, uh, you know, I was, I was fluttery. Like a uh, starstruck. It, it, a little bit. I mean, this this game and this style of humor uh, really shaped a lot of uh, the way I look at games. So I was pretty excited to get to uh, get a chance to meet him. So after my regular, uh, you know, Tim Schafer meeting, um, the other uh, uh, cool thing that I picked up uh, this month was uh, I finally got a, a box to a complete copy of The Lone Ranger, uh, one of my last Konami Silver Box games. It's in really nice shape. I got it in a lot off uh, Nintendo Age. Um, the guy is, it's a little bit unorthodox. He does not accept PayPal. He only huh. accepts postal money orders. Okay. So normally this is kind of like a little bit of a red flag because you have no recourse if you send a money order. Like, you know, there's there's nothing attaching that, you know, person's, uh, you know, responsibility to you. But he had decent feedback. Uh, the people who had, you know, decided to, you know, go the extra mile and, uh, you know, do the money order with them had all been happy. So... I took a chance and everything went out, worked out fine. I got a, a a bunch of bunch of common games, but uh, that Lone Ranger complete uh, means that I'm back down to because I had totally overlooked Lone Ranger, so now I'm back down to two uh, Konami Silver Box games to finish the collection: uh, uh, Laser Invasion and Gradius. Until you decide to go for those PAL ones, right? Until I decide <laughs> to go for Probotector and uh, yeah, a handful of the like roller roller games. Was it? Yeah, hand, handful of the Konami ones uh, that saw silver boxes in Europe. Oh, Metal Gear One and Two, I think, were silver boxes over there. Yeah, Pro Protector Two, and yeah. uh, I've never looked at Silent Service over there. I don't Ruh-oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope we can only hope. Um, but but yeah, so uh, also Batman Returns um, was one of the other ones I got. Uh, some good ones. Um, but the big thing that anyone who uh, uh, is you know follows the 
RF generation with any regularity probably knows about uh, my PlayChoice 10. Um, so this has been one of those things that I've kind of had like on the side burner for a little while, like just kind of every once in a while, I would just check Craigslist for, you know, arcade or play choice 10, just to, you know, just in case the, one of these things pops up and I can get a good deal on it. So I wasn't planning on getting one, but it popped up. Um, it was, uh, it had 10 games. It was a dual screen, uh, which is what I wanted. Um, it looked to be in really good shape. Uh, and, uh, you know, the guy seemed, uh, uh, his posts seemed pretty, uh, uh, pretty straightforward. He didn't seem like he was, like, playing games or anything. Um, so, you know, I shot him a text. I said, you know, very interested in this. And uh, it was a little hairy for a little bit because at first uh, I got him on the phone within, like, five or ten minutes of seeing the ad. And uh, uh, and I said, uh, you know, I'd really be interested in getting it, but I'm going to Boston next week for PAX. Is there any way I could pick it up, uh, like, after I get back from Boston? And he said, oh, yeah, it's no problem. So, and then I get a text from him like a day or two later that says, so there's a couple other people that are interested in oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Come and, on, and, man. And he sends the thing. He's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really honestly not trying to be a jerk. I just, you know, I've just had people, uh, you know, not uh, like, you know, say they're interested and then like never hear from them again. Mm -hmm. um, and I told him, this, I was like, no, that, like I, I've started selling things from my personal collection that I didn't want to sell in order to afford this. So I'm definitely serious. And he's like, you know, I, I understand. He's like, I will honor our original price and I will deal with you. But um, I don't know if I can wait like, you know, two weeks for you to get back. And I said, I understand. I'll get back to you. So I called like all my local friends with pickup trucks and I said, who can give me a hand? And uh, I was able to, to have a buddy help me out. It was about an hour away and it was like the night of a super severe snowstorm. Like oh, the last man. one, the last one that we got. So uh, it was a covered back. So we, we got to the place. He showed me the machine. Um, he uh, like he opened it up, showed me how it works, basically. And uh, everything looked really super clean and nice. And I played a little bit and uh, we got it in the truck just as it started to snow. And then by oh, the time man. we got back to my house, there was almost too much snow for my buddy to get into my driveway because there's like a tiny little incline. And he was like sliding around and everything. So it was a pretty pretty hairy unload, but uh, it's it's in, it's uh, it's awesome. I've uh, actually uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've uh, done some some trades and I've spent a little PayPal cash that I was setting aside for some other things just to grab a couple of uh, of the games that I really want for it. Um, and I have uh, uh, a couple of games that are that are pretty uh, a little on the uncommon side that I think I might flip once I'm kind of like you know through playing them. Um, but, uh, it's, it's great. I just been, um, I, I haven't been on RFGen as much lately because I've been on uh killer list of video games and uh new England arcade collector forum, which is like a local, uh, forum that we have up here just to learn as much as I can about the machine and how to service it and how to fix monitors and how to recap them and, and all that stuff. So, uh, it's, it's been a really, really cool experience. Uh, and I love, I love owning this machine. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I would. I think it's probably something that we'd all love to have in the collection. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, congratulations! It's a yeah, big, it's a big thing to get. It, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, and I thought the price was decent. Um, he was asking five hundred, um, which oh, uh, that's uh, great. So, so with ten games, and especially considering one was Rescue Rangers, uh, one was Balloon Fight, and then um, he also had Contra and Mike Tyson's Punch Out in there, which I already owned. So that meant that I had a Contra and Punch Out to trade or to sell. Um, it just, you know, it, it really, it really ended up just working out and I didn't know if we had room in our house for it. So I told my wife, yeah, I'm just going to bring it to my parents' house because, 
they they live nearby and I can go over there to work on it and like all the tools are down there. And right before we went and got it, she was like, well, if you bring it over there, you're not going to get to play it as often. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But, you know, like, what are you going to do? And she was like, well, why don't we measure the TV room and see if it'll fit? <laughs> so and then after our big hug, we uh, we figured that it would fit and uh, everything's been great. That's awesome. Yeah, super, su- super happy with it. Well, hey, there you go. I think you can cross a big one off the list, right? Yeah, and it's uh, uh, it's it's uh, I sold it. Like I said, I sold a few things that I wasn't planning on selling. That I kind of needed some, you know, I needed a few of my friends to tell me, "Hey, is it okay that this is what I'm doing?" And they're like, "Listen," <laughs> and 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 the the only person who who will who can know that is you. So, um, I'm I'm happy to say that I almost forgot that I had sold the things that I had sold, like just because I'm so thrilled with this machine. So it ended up working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, because that's really something you're just not going to come. And that one is in beautiful condition, right? It, re- I mean, it really is. It doesn't have the original um, team molding, um, which the original team molding was white, and a lot of people replaced it because it shows dirt very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my like in an arcade environment is one thing, but in my home environment where it's not going to be like you know touched by like you know uh, greasy fast food hands or anything like that, <laughs> I think I might order uh, the. Uh, a Nintendo team molding just to, just to keep it original, yeah. Because um, because Nintendo actually uh, their their team molding was offset, so when you use non Nintendo team molding, uh, it's it's like it goes over one edge of the uh, of the cabinet slightly, and it doesn't reach the other end because the team molding like standard team molding is centered. Yeah. So it's you can actually tell that it's not Nintendo team molding because of that little discrepancy. Oh, I got you. So you have to track down a supplier that sells. Oh, they, yeah. These for for in the uh, for the arcade community for all like the restore guys. Like, there's several companies that make it, and it's it's labeled like Nintendo T molding. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know I would love to get my hands on one. And five hundred dollars sounds like a, an excellent. Price. Yeah, especially with uh, yeah, that, I mean, a bunch of got. games you got with it. That's just like the perfect selection. Yeah, it w- it was Mario one two three, Doctor Mario, uh, Rescue Rangers, Contra Punch Out, Track and Field, Excite Bike. And what am I forgetting? Okay, I'm not sure. I, I I traded my Contra and Punch Out for Ninja Turtles one. Good call. And yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, that one. And um, I can't remember exactly which trades were which because they all kind of happened very quickly. But Ninja Turtles one I acquired. Uh, Tecmo Bowl. Uh, I grabbed. A, I love uh, a good two player game of Tecmo Bowl and uh, Russian Attack, which. Uh, it's not my favorite Konami game for the NES, but I, I really enjoy the music in it, and it's got a really good arcade feel to it because it's it's fairly challenging. Yeah, yeah definitely, and uh, very arcade, arcadey games uh, fits yes. in really well. Yep. Well, good. So man. yeah, d- definitely, definitely happy with it. Uh, that's I mean that's why I haven't really, I haven't even been looking uh, locally for like console stuff just because you know, still not like recovering from the arcade purchase, but just you know. There's so much to do with it. There's a, like a, I I I bought a uh uh what's it called a soldering iron like a nice one like uh not like the fifteen twenty dollar one I've been using like I bought I, I bought a nice soldering iron and I'm looking at capacitors to redo the monitors so it's just there's so much uh, I need a couple of locks for it so just like a handful of like little like touch up things here and there but otherwise it's in uh, it's in great shape I love it. Yeah, owning an arcade machine or a pinball is definitely a step up in the 
knowledge and maintenance departments, but well worth absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I was surprised how much, like, even for a machine that's fully functioning, uh, there's a lot to learn about just like the like things that you just good things to know things you should be doing um, regular maintenance things uh, you know like knowing what all the different like is all the different monitor setting like it there's there's no test pattern on a Nintendo uh, on a play choice 10 so you kind of have to like there's this weird makeshift tool that people use like where you stick a, a mirror like on the end of a stick so you can see the monitor as you're like adjusting uh, settings on the, on the oh. back of the machine. Um, there's, it's just a lot of stuff to learn and also like not like being an electronics novice, I have to make sure that I don't like kill myself. So, <laughs> so, uh, it's, I'm taking it very slow, but it's yeah, discharge it's really those monitors, kids. Yep. And put your other <laughs> hand in your pocket because discharging a monitor does no good if your other hand's on the monitor frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to get it. <laughs> So yeah, but now uh, I've I've been ch- I chatted with Krabby a little bit because he's uh, obviously the proud owner of a uh, Ninja Turtles four player cab. So we were doing just a little bit of uh, you know arcade owner chit chat on the side. You know, no, I can understand that. One of these days I'm gonna have to ship shape my Congo Bongo, but it's kind of on the back burner. I'll get there sometime. Yeah, there's I, I know there's a friend of mine who actually turned me on to one of the local arcade forums who's uh big pinball uh uh nut and she's got like you know six or seven machines at any given time she's always like pulling them apart and uh like you know redoing the plastic like waxing the boards like you know just total resource and she's amazing so when i decide to finally go pinball route i'm sure she'll be uh in my corner oh there you go well that's i've having a pinball is really fantastic i love i love playing pinball so they're definitely a a commitment, though. They they yes. do take a bit of work to keep them up, but they're well worth it. Great games. All right, well, again, everybody, that's, you know, we had a really good month. Everybody had some pretty cool stuff that we picked up. And um, coming up next, we've got an interview with uh, Derek from Gradual Games. We've got a great special guest with us this um, this show. We'd like to welcome Derek from Gradual Games on. Um, Derek uh, has been involved in some NES homebrew, similar to one of our previous interviews, uh, John White, and um, we're really happy to have him on the show. So, um, hey, Derek, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, everybody that listens to the show knows that we're big NES guys. So, right off the bat, you get major kudos for taking the time to go out and put a game together. Yeah, big brownie <laughs> points for sure. Yeah, but we just wanted to spend a few minutes and kind of pick your brain a little bit. So, um, Krabby, you want to get us started with some questions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you've you got a little company called Gradual Games. you think you could tell us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So uh, it, let me see. Where should I start? Um, it wasn't called Gradual Games initially. I, uh, I really wanted to revive my uh, game development hobby uh, from my youth and uh, and when I... 
when I finally settled on developing an NES game and realized that I was going to finish it, I decided to come up with a name. Um, and originally I called ourselves uh, LDA Games after an instruction in 6502 assembly language, but I thought that <laughs> seemed not... Um, it just wasn't good enough. And uh, I remembered a, uh, a, a quote from a scientist called Pavlov, which says to be gradual in the acqu acquisition of knowledge, and so I decided to name ourselves after that quote, so I called ourselves Gradual Games, and it sounded kind of catchy as well. Yeah, cool, but, I'm kind of curious, um, you refer, you're saying us, so is there another another part to Gradual Games? Yes, uh, my wife Lori is the main artist for everything. Oh, wow! And I do I do the programming and, and music. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, my wife can't stand games, so <laughs> that's, I, I would love to have someone be that involved in it. So I'm kind of curious, then, does she have a love for classic gaming as well? Uh, she she definitely uh, grew up with and enjoyed Atari 2600 and NES games um, and uh, continued playing games through college and so forth. Um, but I, I don't think she was like a super hardcore gamer or anything. Um, but she definitely enjoys games and uh, expressed an interest in in making a game in some form someday. So uh, she wanted to help with my game, so worked out. <laughs> Very cool. So you mentioned you you did some homebrew stuff like way back when. Um, what kind of things were you doing in the start there? So I, I started programming when I was about thirteen with a tutor uh, named Howard Flug, who is running a little. Uh, a little company called called Techstone, um, which was basically a a small. Uh, he would take on like a handful of students to just learn programming, and he taught uh, QBasic, and that really got me started with programming. And um, I I just I really had a lot of fun with QBasic, and started um, making little clones of Super Breakout and Tetris and uh, Asteroids and things like that, and then eventually. Um, I decided I wanted to make an RPG, and uh, there was an idea for a game um, that I had come up with with a few friends back in fifth grade that I decided to turn into that RPG, and I tried to do it in QBasic uh, numerous times. I <laughs> uh, lacked it lacked the discipline necessary to finish it as a teenager, and uh, uh, this. You, you mean you mean you had other things on your mind as a teenager? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't just that RPG. Actually, had uh, there was an, there was a platformer game I tried to make uh, at the time called Catsoul, which wow. should, should be familiar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and and then and for reasons which I perhaps could get into later, I, programming sort of went sour for me, and uh, I it took a few years, but uh, I interest in it revived, and that's it became Gradual Games. So. I'm curious then, you say, all right, well, um, so you, you had a love for it as a kid, you got in, involved in some, and I'm going to guess QBasic is like a, just another form of BASIC, is that right? Yeah, it was a really popular uh, form of BASIC in the 90s because it was uh, shipped free with every Windows 95 and Windows 98 installation disk, so pretty ah. much every, every kid that wanted to learn programming already had QBasic for free with their computer. Okay, I I did basic when I was a kid as well, but it was like in the old Texas Instruments and Commodore 64 days. So I mean, that's that's cool. I'm kind of a little familiar with that. 
But you said, okay, so you soured on it, and then, uh, you know, down the road, there, there was another passion for it. So so what happened? How did that come about? Uh, so so basically, um, when I got really heavily involved with trying to create the RPG, uh, which is Legends of Aulia, by the way, um, I got involved with a community online called QBasic RPGs. Um, and I met a, a few guys on there, one in particular who called himself Lord QBasic, um, <laughs> and sort of befriended this guy and uh, spoke with him a lot. And he seemed to know everything. And so being sort of a naive teenager, I kind of looked up to him and thought, boy, I can learn stuff from him. Um, and I kept trying to ask him for advice and code and whatever I could learn from this guy, but he would never share anything with me. And being a sort of combative and uh, competitive person at the time, I took it very, very, very personally, too personally, in fact, and really got ex- extremely mad at this guy. And, oh, okay. And I just let, I let this sort of obsession with this guy, uh, like, take over. And I, I, I think, I, I don't know if a psychologist would call it this, but I may have had a nervous breakdown because of oh, that. Oh, no. I mean, it, it, in retrospect, it seems like that because I really, I really went into autopilot after that. It was sort of, um, yeah. <laughs> Teen- well, teenage years are just tough period, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Understand. I think we all probably had those difficult, difficult periods in our lives. But yeah, like just in- interacting with, with him sort of uh, changed the reasons why I was programming into bad reasons. <laughs> and uh, Malicious code, right? Yeah, and then I just kind of stopped as I entered college. So what, re- so, what reignited that passion? So I, I, I kind of, I never really let go. Like I, I, I had, I enjoyed working on the games as a teenager so much that even though it was sort of ruined for me, I never completely let go. And, um, and there was just this, uh, tiny flame that stayed alive through all those years while I was, uh, uh, pursuing other things. And once I finished college, I decided to start getting back into it and, uh, slowly, uh, ramped back up on things. It was sort of aided by my first job, really, um, because I, I worked with some guys who were really cool guys who were really awesome programmers that I could learn from, and they, they sort of helped me uh, realize what it really takes to be a programmer, and uh, it, it revived at that point, I think. Okay, so we you kind of mentioned a little bit about these games that you had floating in, in your mind, and um, the let's just go ahead and mention um, the NES homebrew game that you got out there, right? Which is... Um, Nomolo storming storming the castle, mm-hmm. right? So um, you you did bring that to fruition over time and and put that out. So um, could you talk about what the journey was to the NES and and I, how that came about? Uh, sure. So um, my so the first version of it, as I mentioned earlier, was in QBasic, and I it was just a little orange cat wearing armor and jumping around on platforms. It didn't get any further than that. Um, but uh, when I entered my first job as a programmer and uh, interacted with these guys I mentioned who are really cool guys, um, one of them was a fellow uh, game programmer. And at one point, he, I, in talking to him about things that I had enjoyed doing in the past, 
he just he just sort of uh, pointed out and sort of half made fun of me that I really like the old stuff. And uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with he, that. <laughs> and he pointed me to nesdev.com, uh, which previ- which it's nesdev.com now. It used to be parodius.nesdev.com, um, but it's a website devoted entirely to programming um, the NES. Uh, with with modern tools. I just want to um, pause and thank you for saying NES instead of NES. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so he he pointed me to that and um, some slides from a class taught by a professor named Bob Rost um, at uh, Carnegie Mellon University, um, where he actually taught a class for how to make NES games. Was that that one about that bag of flour? Or yes, something like yes, that? that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think sack I've of read flower, heart of gold. I think is That's what it was it. called. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and so just seeing those things and that site uh, got me interested in it initially. Um, and also just uh, realizing fully that I that this that the things I really loved were the old games. And I thought, what could be cooler than putting than making my games on on the actual console I grew up with? So that's how it started. Nothing could be cooler. Um, so you mentioned um, that Catsol project is actually pretty old in your programming history now. How many ideas from that original Catsol idea actually made it into the final product? Basically just that it's a platformer featuring an orange cat with armor. <laughs> <laughs> Not much else. It was a quite, quite a germinal idea. So had you been an NES fan like your life? Was it like, oh, man, this is just perfect for me? Or was it more of, you know, I touched it a little as a kid, but now I really want to get into this? I mean, how did that uh, so, play in? So the, I think the system I spent the most time with as a kid was, was Game Boy and, and Super Nintendo. But I did also have an NES. I think it was actually, I got it after I got the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy. Um, and I... I never got very many games for any of my systems because I had some parents who were rather anti-video gaming, so <laughs> I, I really had to chisel away at, at having any games at all. And so, um, so in addition to to uh, reviving interest in making a game, I've been having my revenge playing games as well. <laughs> and I decided that the NES was my favorite of the three, and have been playing it more than my other. Uh, retro systems. Well, it's because it's the best one, right? Definitely. <laughs> There's Although just the... something about the feel of it and the limitations that are there that are just kind of a perfect combination, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I think the the, the thing is, it seems like uh, the newer the system gets, the fewer games on it are really good uh, for some reason. So I have the most games for the NES now, slightly fewer for the well, actually, a lot fewer for the Super Nintendo, and even fewer for the Nintendo sixty four. So, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so the the music in Nomalos, you said you programmed all that yourself too. What inspired you to use all that broke era music because it it suited the game very well. Uh, so I I'm I've been a big fan of classical music for a number of years, and I I don't I. As a kid, so many times I I was I'd be listening to uh, Bach or Beethoven or Vivaldi or whatever, and thinking this would be an awesome song in a video game. I really wish I could put it in a game someday. So um, that's another wish I got uh, fulfilled by making the game. 
the final product turned out really well. Yeah, like it suits the game amazingly. Cool. Thanks. I'm kind of curious now we're talking about music and sound. Can you give us an idea? Because I'm, you know, it's probably not just like oh, I'm going to sit down on a synthesizer and bang out a few chords. Can you give us an idea? I mean, without becoming crazy technical, of what is involved in putting music into a game like that? Uh, okay. So, have you heard of uh, Fami Tracker? I've heard of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's basically a little bit of software for the for Windows that lets you arrange music just to, in a in a tracker format. So it's just a bunch of rows. You just type notes into the rows, and when you hit play, the rows just scroll by, and when they hit the top of the screen, they're they're executed. And um, so, uh, so whenever I whenever I tried to put a piece into Anomalous, I would take the sheet music from a piece by Scarlatti and uh, transcribe it into FamiTracker. And then I actually wrote a plugin for FamiTracker that would convert the music, um, the, the data in FamiTracker into data for the sound engine that I wrote for Anomalous. Wow. So there's quite a few things involved there. So I'm curious, though, I mean, like, you're trying to say, okay, I'm taking the sheet music. Obviously, you only have so many sound channels to work with, though. So um, how do you decide, okay, this is this is what I'm going to keep, and this is what I've got to throw out? Uh, so the nice thing about Baroque music, and, and especially Scarlatti, is it usually only has two voices, uh, sometimes three. And that, so that's perfect for the NES, wow, okay. um, because it are, only has about three voices uh, going at any given time. Uh, melodic voices, that is. So did that play into your decision to use those particular pieces, or was it just, I like it anyway? It's just, I, I really like that music, wanted to hear it in the game, and uh, I definitely uh, had to, to drop some things and change some things to make it work on the NES. Uh, so a lot of the pieces are not fully transcribed. I'll only have like the first section, and then that section repeats. Um, but that's pretty common when you hear classical pieces in games like... Um, there's a piece by there's a piece by Bach in Tetris on the Game Boy, uh, Tetris Music Three, or Music C rather, um, which only has two sections from the original piece. But it, but it has, works. Some of that has great. to do probably with like lim- memory limitations, right? Yeah, I mean there's not that much space um, on the ROM. But though ironically, uh, after finishing the game, uh, music doesn't actually take up as much space as, as some other things in an NES game. So. I probably could have fit more in if I had wanted to. <laughs> um, so now that the game's been out for a little while now, um, have you been happy with the responses? Uh, yeah, I mean, o- overall, I've got a lot of a lot of positive responses. Uh, if there's a handful of, of haters on YouTube and whatnot, but it's <laughs> oh. to, to be expected, you know. No big deal. Trolls, man, just trolls. <laughs> Well, we'll mention it again a little bit later, but, uh, uh, you know, the game is available for sale on a physical release, and you can get that through RetroZone, RetroUSB.com, right? Uh, That's right, yep. And how long has the game been on sale now? Uh, Since uh, May of uh, 2012. Yeah, I knew it wasn't too long. I I got in on, I think, your first kind of run there, so I got one of the gray carts uh, when that came out. Which number did you get? I would have to look again. I think it's 30-something. Okay. That's in there. But um Were you one of the guys who requested like thirty three or thirty two or something? No, I don't usually request. I just, you know, lowest okay. no, lowest one that's available is usually what I get <laughs> I get in there. Um I'd love thirteen, but everybody wants thirteen. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't fight for it. I think, you know, obviously, we're big fans, so to me, I love the idea that people are still out there producing games for, you know, a beloved console. And obviously, there are people doing it out there for a lot of different systems, um, mm-hmm. um, but, um, you know, the NES is a little near and dear to our hearts. Sorry, Sega people. <laughs> we, I think we get we get flack on the show a lot from the Sega guys. Um, so maybe we'll track down the Sega homebrew programmer at some point in time. You get the pure solar guys or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe get we'll it. have to get uh, team whatever they are. Watermelon, watermelon yeah. Watermelon, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Uh, so I said, I'm sure some of this stuff plays in, but what are some of your personal favorite games? Uh, definitely the Mega Man series would be at the top of my list. Very okay. nice. Um, probably followed by Ninja Gaiden. So which one is the best Mega Man, would you say? Um, well, the very first one I played, uh, Mega Man 5, oddly, I think perhaps might be my favorite. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a unique take. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of people say that. I mean, not that it's a bad, but they're all really good. But I can understand that. That kind of has that special place in your heart, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was the, the first Mega Man game I ever bought for myself. <laughs> I still have the box and manual. Really? Actually, sorry, I don't have the manual. I lost the manual, but I still have the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, come over to rfgeneration.com, and I'm sure somebody may be able to help you out if you're looking to complete it. That would be great, um, actually. I'd love to have the manual again for that. Yeah. I actually I actually spent quite a few uh, weekends uh, my at the house I grew up searching in boxes in the attic for the <laughs> manual. Never found it. <laughs> Yeah, and those games are not too terribly, you know, uncommon. Where I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not going to be as cheap as like Top Gun, but mm-hmm. um, you should be able to definitely run across it. So you said the Ninja Gaiden games too. So which one of those is your favorite? Uh, so that it's become uh, closer to being a favorite more recently. Like I didn't grow up with it as a kid, but uh, uh, I've been I've been playing them over the last few years, and certainly the the first one I think is probably my favorite so far. Those are really great. I don't. It's tough call. I like the. I really like the shadows thing in the second one, um, and then I like the sword power up in the third one. <laughs> it's really you know, decisions, decisions. I think I should also mention Kirby's Adventure as, Kirby. as being one of my favorite games. Nice. Okay. My my son um, is growing up on that one right now, and he loves it. It's it's fantastic. It's it's one of the few games that, that I actually beat as a kid. <laughs> well, I was kind of curious as I was, you know, playing Anomalous going through it seemed very castlevania e to me at parts was that mm-hmm. intentional or was there an influence there oh, there's definitely an influence there and, and in fact uh, castlevania is also one of my favorite series um and uh so it j- just just the fact that um the original idea for for cat's Hole was was based on a cat in armor in a sort of medieval like environment and having gotten back into retro gaming and and uh, eventually playing Castlevania just sort of was natural to to use it as inspiration. Yeah, Duke. So, uh, we did uh, yeah. I did a playthrough of it a little while ago to put up on my YouTube channel and Duke Togo was commentating with me and I think he mentioned Castlevania like half a dozen times in it trying <laughs> reference to it. I, I did, well, it did. It made me feel, you know, it has that again that that the kind of musical feel, a lot of the has that, you know, the it's a castle, you know what I mean? A lot of the environment was very similar. You had skeletons and, oh, you mm-hmm. got to settle something for us here. 
I think that the skeleton guys are cat skeletons. Am I right, or is those are the human skeletons? Uh, I I think it, that uh, you're not supposed to really know what they are. <laughs> they're, oh, okay. they're just sort of these amorphous skeletons. You don't really know what they had been. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I, I thought they were. I was like, no, no, those are walking. See, it's a cat. He's a walking cat skeleton. Um, it may, yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask your your wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she would know. So. The game itself, uh, Anomalous, um, tell us uh, a little bit, you know, tell the audience that hasn't played it what the game's all about. Okay, um, so Anomalous Storming the Castle is about a, an orange cat named Solomon, uh, who has a, a good female friend named Snow, and he's just enjoying a nice day with her, uh, and suddenly a... Uh, creepy dark portal opens and an enormous purple hand shoots out and grabs snow and uh solomon becomes very concerned and instead of running away skittishly like most cats would he jumps through the portal after her and upon arriving the other side he becomes anomalous who is actually a sort of humanoid version of his former domestic cat self and he finds that he is clad in armor and wielding a sword, and decides to pursue the abductor of his friend. And uh, and then the game begins, and it's it's uh, inspired by a lot of classic uh, platformer games. Um, it's intended to be very challenging um, and fast-paced. And, uh, and it's also uh, humorous in, in a way. Uh, sometimes there are creatures and bosses that you wouldn't expect but, uh, <laughs> yeah there are a few <laughs> but uh that's that's uh part of the part of the charm i think for the game good i definitely wanted to talk about the game itself for a little while um so so Krabby, i'll let you you jump back in here for a minute sure well you mentioned um castlevania's influence i was wondering if uh, ghosts and goblins was an influence as well because there's definitely quite a few parallels i've found there uh, actually, it wasn't a direct influence. Um, I, I've certainly been aware of the game since I began working on Anomalous, but I haven't actually, I haven't played through Ghosts and Goblins, um, but I've certainly, uh, I've, I've known of it, and I now own a, a copy of it, and I want to play through it at some point. But, Interesting. Uh, it, oh. <laughs> it, it, it was not as much of an influence as Castlevania. Interesting. That's a toughie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear your, if I can talk to you again after, just to hear your thoughts on it, because there's quite a few things like, the cat jumping out of his armor um, once he dies. Um, that reminded me of Arthur getting popped out of his armor when he gets hit. Uh, the difficulty level, some of the enemies, like it was just really. Well, I thought a lot more than Castlevania even felt more Ghosts and Goblins to me. That's that's interesting. Uh, the the cat jumping out of the armor was a, a coincidental thing. I think we just thought it would be a, an amusing animation to use for, for dying. So, <laughs> and it is. Yeah, it is a it is a key <laughs> animation. So. Um, let's talk about the mechanics of the game itself. So normally, you know, your normal attack is this really very short little sword strike, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, was the intention there really just to try to make it a very, um, a very tight, very visceral kind of game or? Yeah. And initially, actually, we wanted him to just, uh, swipe with his claws and there was going to be a little like swipe mark where as his arm reaches out. And then uh, I guess we we decided that the reach wasn't far enough for it to be to feel right while playing, so we turned it into a sword. Um, so yeah. And then the jump mechanic—you opted for a pretty 
high possible jump instead of you know like a lot of games go with shorter but you also are as much as you know you can go as high as kind of as you want to by holding the button down mm-hmm. but like some games you know you don't get a very in this one you get a lot of room that you can go up and down can you talk about why you went with that versus something like a fixed jump or a, a smaller shallow jump uh, I guess I guess we just felt that uh, he's a cat and cats can jump like crazy so, <laughs> so we thought that he should be able to jump really well uh, and it, it allowed us to create some some uh, hair raising uh, levels later some some of the lava levels involve some pretty <laughs> tough jumps yeah um, so uh, I think that it uh, added a lot to the game I'm going back to your idea of making a challenging game how did you figure out you know what was that right balance between uh being enjoyable and being challenging especially in the later levels like the like the volcano and the ruins and stuff like that the bees so, the bees yeah so, I'm, <laughs> so uh so a good friend of mine uh dan wasdek uh his has been instrumental in in uh playtesting and helping me helping me balance a lot of those things um so he's given me a lot of feedback um uh certainly i tightened some things myself but he's he's an excellent video game player way better than me <laughs> and uh he he's definitely helped me uh, uh balance out the challenge for a lot of the levels um he he actually felt and i now agree with him that the first two levels were too challenging and probably should have been stripped down a little but uh unfortunately i didn't do that so the first two levels are still i think too hard for being the first levels i I felt like once once you got to the caves, that's when it kind of spiked up for me. I like I like the feel of the first two levels. Okay, uh, you here. have to understand though, Krabby is really good at these games. So I mean, it's not like me, my skill level. Yeah, I could feel it right off the bat. Um, it wasn't overpowering. I mean, I I could still play through it, but um, it wasn't. I didn't feel like there was as much of a slow curve in the difficulty. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people mentioned that they thought Thogath's Thogath's stronghold would have been a better first level, um, but the sort of layout of the of the world that Nomalus is pursuing uh, Boulder through uh, made it like the graveyard was leading up to Thogath's stronghold, so we couldn't really reverse those and have it still make sense. Right. Sure, understandable. Now talk about the the weapon power ups for a minute that mm-hmm. are involved. Okay. Um, so he can find a both a flail and a, which is a short range weapon that can hit everything around him in a circular motion, and he can also find a lance, uh, which is a, the only long range weapon in the game. And both of these weapons are significantly more powerful and useful than the sword. So uh, to balance that out, we make it so that you have to not get hit while you're using those weapons. If you get hit, you lose the weapon, and you go back to your sword. And it seemed to be, and, and I'm sure Crabbing can talk more about this too, is that the weapons have their own situational uses. They're, one is not always preferable to the other, right? That, that's right. So so there's, there's uh, some situations uh, that I can think of right off the bat in uh, the second level where a swarm of Granks suddenly appear, and the first time you see them, you probably don't have a flail unless you kept <laughs> it from the first level, and they're pretty hard to get past. But when you get to the second group of them, you have been presented a flail before then, and they become much easier to get past. Though actually, once you figure out their pattern, they're pretty easy to get by with just the sword, too. So, When, you, when you've got three weapons that are so different from one another, mm-hmm. how do you, do you still uh, 
does a lot of thinking go into still making the game fun or like challenging? Like it, it just seems like uh, if you have the lance at one part of the game, you can completely break it. Whereas another part of the game, the flail would be a lot better. Yeah, I mean it's 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 challenging to to balance out uh, a long platformer game like this. It just involves a lot of a lot of playtesting and and thinking. Now, is this part of the level going to be too easy or too hard? Should we give them the chance to get a weapon that would be appropriate for this part right. or not? And so, um, I think we did a pretty good job considering it's our first game, but um, it's definitely challenged to uh, challenging to to balance that. Is that one of the reasons why none of these special weapons are available in the boss fights too? So you can control that balance. Most of the most of the bosses can be fought pretty effectively with the sword, and yeah, because we were thinking that like some of the bosses would just almost be way too easy if you did get the the power up and kept it. Mm-hmm. So did was that originally the idea? Like you did, and then you found out, oh wait a minute, this is too easy. We got to take that out, or or was it just always no? You just you're stuck with the sword, and you just got to do it. Uh, I think I think that's that's the way it was. We just decided that you just start fresh when you get to the boss. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, you seem, I mean, very, <clears throat> I mean, the challenge is there, but you've been very forgiving in terms of, I mean, you know, you can continue and you do a really good job of, it seems like, okay, we're going to give you a checkpoint and then somewhere in there, a lot of times on the hard levels, there's going to be a like a one-up somewhere mm-hmm. that you can get. So as long as you keep at it, you're probably not going to see too much pain. Um, was that something that was... Um, originally your thoughts, or did you kind of go, boy, maybe I should make this a little easier and throw those in? Uh, so I think, I think originally I had wanted to make the game, um, almost as brutal as Ninja Gaiden or Castlevania. Okay. Um, but actually at the advice of, of my friend Dan that I mentioned earlier, uh, he felt that it'd be better to have, uh, infinite continues and, and be a little bit more generous. And I, I now agree with him actually, because, um, like 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 we were talking about Ninja Gaiden earlier, it, it it's it's nice to be able to keep starting uh, at the same at the same level and not be knocked back at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, well, that, so, both those games you mentioned, Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania, both have infinite continues in them too. So, I, I like and so that. I've I've come to I've come to see platformers almost as they're almost like puzzle games because once you once you figure out the best way to move uh you can do it almost the same way every time and it's like it, it's just it, it's almost just too frustrating to send somebody all the, all the way back to the beginning <laughs> if they're already a master at everything between there it's like why what's the point in that just it's just being sadistic is that yeah it? it's like it doesn't really it doesn't really add to the game to make it that much more irritating to practice the last bit of the game so so we decided not to to make it quite like that though remember in Castlevania actually uh the final boss you start you get to start right before it so yeah i guess i guess Nomalus is a little bit more like the original Castlevania in that regard yeah ninja gaiden kicks you way back instead of taking you right <sighs> to the last boss painfully <laughs> painfully back though though it does throw you a bone uh, in in you don't have to refight the first form of the final boss yeah that's nice <laughs> um so was there ever a thought to doing a password system uh, actually, uh, no, but there is a cheat code for picking oh. which level to, to play. Is that something you can share with our listeners? Uh, I don't, I don't see why not this, this long after the, uh, release of the game and, uh, to, 
give a little extra something to your listenership. Very cool. Um, well, thank you. Uh, though, uh, on, on the other hand, however, there might be a lot of people who might get, get the game uh, uh, for the first time after hearing this, and it would be too bad to be given a cheat code right <laughs> off the bat. So uh, maybe if, if you guys are interested, I could share it with you later, or... Yeah, I'd yeah, well, maybe... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can okay. shoot it. Shoot, you can always. You've got my email. You can shoot me an email, and I can share it with Craig. And I can go practice the ruins. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Good. So, I'm kind of also curious that I was looking around. I'm always kind of. I like look hidden Easter eggs or anything, and I didn't really find any of those. Are there any that I just didn't find, or is that more of nah? We're just not going to do that. Uh, yeah, the, the, there were there were no um, like. I at one point was considering throwing in a bonus level, um, but uh, this this being my first project and uh, and being the project that's sort of reviving my interest in programming, I was very 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 cautious on a large number of levels um, uh, levels meaning aspects of development, and just wanted to keep everything as simple as I possibly could. And adding one more level doesn't sound like it would be that much more. Um, but interestingly, when I reached the very end of, of the project, um, I came within three uh, bytes of filling up one of the crucial uh, ROMs in the wow. cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is tight. It was extremely tight. I had to, I had to wrestle with it uh, quite a bit. Um, but... Uh, so the caution paid off there. I had a finished game on my hands rather than an unfinished game. <laughs> and so what made you decide to go for a physical release rather than just uh, releasing like a ROM online? Well, when I first got into it, I had no idea that it was even possible uh, in, in the 21st century to <laughs> put a game on a cartridge. Um, but when I started poking around on, on NES dev, um, I saw Civic talking about Battle Kid. And and I read about that game and realized, wait a minute, he's gonna put this on cartridge through retro USB. And I learned about the power pack and got a power pack and uh, and I thought, I'm gonna do this too. I'm gonna put my game on a cartridge. So awesome. it, initially, I didn't even think that it was possible. I thought I was just gonna have a free ROM to distribute to people at at the end of everything. Um, but uh, when I realized it was possible to put it on the cartridge, the the idea of holding my game in my hands in physical form was just, uh, uh, I couldn't resist. <laughs> it seemed like a lot of care went into the, the packaging as well, specifically the manual. Who was mostly responsible for the work in those? Uh, so so my wife, uh, Laurie, and my friend Dan uh, were the main people behind the manual. Uh, my wife arranged everything in Photoshop, and my friend Dan actually wrote most of the little blurbs in there. I specifically like that last page where it's telling you to say no to blow. <laughs> I think I think the say no to blow was actually Laurie's idea. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, everything was really well done. So I'm kind of curious. Take me on an overview trip of what the actual process of developing an NES game from scratch is like. Uh, what what are the stages of that? Okay, so. Um... When I when I got started, there were not that many uh, ready-made tools out there uh, for for almost anything. There were very few graphics editors. Um, there was there was Family Tracker for music, but the driver was a little too heavyweight for games. Um, 
and there weren't that many tutorials. I mean, it, it, there just wasn't that much stuff out there. Um, but there was enough to get me started, and uh, there was the, the Power Pack had been released by the time I got started. And uh, so I basically, when I settled on the NES as the system I wanted to make a game for, I just, I said to myself, this is the thing I'm going to put a game on, and I accept the reality of how long it's going to take to make every single tool I'll possibly need, or every single component of the game engine I'll possibly need. I don't care how long it takes, three years, five years, ten years, however long, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so the, I think the first step was just sort of accepting that it's going to take a very long time and being okay with with it taking, you know, Quite a quite a long a long time, and so the first thing I did was to uh, check out a a, uh, a tutorial called Michael Martin's NES 101 tutorial. Okay. Uh, it had uh, a an assembler and a program that demonstrates all the very very basics of an NES program. It had background scrolling, it had a sprite, it had a sound effect, um, and so using that and some other documentation I found on NES Dev, um, I was able to. Um, start learning how all those things fit together, and I actually one of the first things I started doing was building myself a graphics editor, and I originally wanted to make it a sort of full featured one that you could actually create the graphics in, but that turned out to be much too big of a project, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it it essentially turned into a graphics conversion and management tool. So uh, so when Laurie designs some pixel art in Photoshop, I can take the resulting bitmap and convert it into data uh, for the NES okay. using that tool. That's and, pretty nice. Yeah. So I'm curious, is that tool, is that something that you release to the public, or is it something that you would, if someone's an aspiring programmer, that you would sell to them? Or, I mean, how does that work? So I, I uh, actually just recently made it publicly available on NES Dev and also Nintendo Age in the brewery, and uh, I, I hadn't I hadn't made it publicly available till then because these tools are are very very custom and are sort of uh, hard coded for a lot of decisions I made for for uh, technical decisions I made while developing the game, um, but. Uh, I've actually shared them with with a few friends, including John White, and uh, they've. It's actually turned out to be pretty useful to a couple of uh, fellow homebrewers. Um, so, um, yeah, but I mean, I, I didn't release it earlier. I think because it's just they're pretty they're pretty badly made, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's much better words, than nothing that's out there. Well, right? the, well, it, it's the interesting thing is like from. From a usability standpoint and helping you make stuff for a game, they're okay. But from a from a programmer's standpoint, they're pretty awful. <laughs> in, in other words, there's there's things that aren't very configurable. A lot of things are hard coded, including the the size of the window that opens. Like if you have a small monitor, it'll like fill up your whole screen and stuff <laughs> like that. So there's just a lot of things that I glossed over because I was making it only for myself at the time. I wasn't intending to to make it uh, usable by anybody who downloads it. But uh, despite despite its shortcomings, it's actually I, I it seems like it's it's becoming pretty useful to a few guys out there. So you talk about okay, this game taking a long time. What is I mean, from genesis of 
building things on the NES side to release of the game, how much time are we talking about? Um, so I'd say that if, if, if you're like me and, and really would like to build everything from the ground up, including tools for yourself, um, and you have a fairly busy or balanced lifestyle, I would say give yourself at least five years from start to finish. Um, but Nomalous okay. ended up taking, that's what I gave myself, but Nomalous ended up taking from start to finish about three and a half years. Oh, goodness. Um, but uh, <clears throat> that's in, that's including all of the tools I built. So does that speed up development if you want to do another game after that? I, I think so, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the tools that I built for myself are saving an enormous amount of time uh, on the new title. Can you, so, can so, you yes. tell us anything about this new title? So it's it's called The Legends of Aulia, and it's going to be more of a, a Zelda clone. Um, and uh, that's I, I think I, I may have mentioned it a little earlier. It's it's one of the uh, like like Nomalous, um, it was one of two germinal game ideas that I tried to complete as a teenager in QBasic. Now I did see like a little you have like a little video snippet that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of saw where you have that owl mechanic where kind of you can go out and, and then it comes back to you. Yep. Um, it looks really cool. I'm kind of curious to see. So would you say, you know, if you had to give a rough target idea of when you think that will be releasing? I mean, r- rough. Do you, want, do you have do an idea? Do you pre-order it? <laughs> uh, I, I think that it's possible that it will be released in, in 2015. Okay. Um, but uh, when, my, when I initially went through and tried to estimate how, the, how long the game would take based on similar tasks from Anomalous, I actually came up with six and a half years. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. it could be as late as uh, 2016, 2017. So, we'll, so yeah. We'll definitely, be watching. <laughs> it, we'll definitely be watching for it. With such uh, a different style game, um, how much of your previous work on Anomalous is uh, kind of transferable knowledge to this new project? Uh, I'd say quite a, quite a bit of it actually. It's more than more than you'd think. There's definitely a lot of a lot more uh, complexity that goes into um, the new type of game I'm making uh, because there's a lot there's a lot more items, a lot more gameplay mechanics. Um, you can the the scrolling goes in all directions, um, and so there's there's a lot more things going on in this new game. Um, but the experience of having made a complete game from start to finish uh, sort of uh, gave me a lot of a lot of confidence uh, that I could complete another project, a more ambitious project. And um, one one interesting thing I've noticed is having finished a project, I feel m- more capable of, of doing a lot of things the right way. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of things uh, I'm doing in, in the new project, I, I feel much better about from a programming standpoint. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, when you're putting something like this together, um, I mean, kind of, how does it work? Do you say, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm going to build the engine and build the graphics, and then I'm going to design the levels after that? Or is it in reverse? Or kind of how does that play out? So, so basically what we're doing right now is I am, I'm building the engine and, and uh, coming up with the way the game mechanics are all going to work, and I'm... Uh, often uh, scarfing a bit and pe- bits and pieces of graphics from existing games as placeholders so that I can uh, experiment with the game mechanics. 
Uh, and in parallel, uh, Laurie is designing uh, some of the initial backgrounds that are going to be in the game. And then by the time I finish the engine, she'll probably be done with most of the background graphics, and then we can start actually fleshing out the levels and the enemies and bosses and everything else at that point. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, now, what about, like, now, you know, with Nomalous, the story has got to be pretty kind of, you know, it's it's there. It's not too deep. Now, with a game like this, are you going to have to get a bit deeper in terms of a background story? Uh, maybe a bit deeper. It's not. It's it's still going to be uh, travel afar and defeat the evil demigod sort of <laughs> idea. Um, so so it's 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 still going to be fairly linear. It's not going to be like a multi-layered story like uh, Chrono Trigger or one of these RPGs. <laughs> um, like it, one thing I have to keep in mind as a homebrew developer is just the the scope of a project, um, and you know you can easily let things get out of hand. Though uh, actually. I I enjoy doing this so much. I could see myself after finishing this one, possibly embarking on making a Super Nintendo game, and giving myself maybe ten, maybe fifteen years to finish it. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's boy a lot more complex, right? Yeah, and it's 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 uh, those those projects are tremendous. Yeah, for such a small group of you, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um... I mean, even now, I mean, there, but there's that one Super Nintendo game that's up on Kickstarter, like the multi-card or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, you just don't see much Super Nintendo homebrew, right? Uh, not, not too much so far. It seems I think it's starting to get going, though. I, I'm seeing more evidence on NES Dev and on Nintendo Age that some uh, individuals out there are are looking at trying to make complete games. And uh, I know somebody made a uh, a clone of the original Donkey Kong arcade. I think his name's uh, Shiru on Nintendo Age. Um, so there's definitely people making Super Nintendo Homebrew, but there hasn't been... I haven't seen any uh, complete games like a full platformer or RPG or anything like that yet. Yeah, because I imagine, I mean, you know, when the NES itself was, you know, in its heyday, you probably had teams of three or four people that were creating a lot of these games, some mm -hmm. of them bigger. Um but I imagine once you got to the Super Nintendo phase, you had pretty large teams to get these things out. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting uh, considering that because uh, look, if you played uh, Secret of Mana, it says programmed by Nacer. There's like one guy. <laughs> so, uh, so I think I don't I don't know I don't know how 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 much the teams really changed. Um, I think probably the 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 thing that becomes extremely time consuming with the with newer systems is the is the is the art. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's probably a little different too if you're getting paid to program eight plus hours a day <laughs> rather than doing it in your spare time as a hobby. Yeah, ex exactly. Well, you're not getting rich doing this. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I I have to say, at least you're still um, kind of trying to get out there and sell your cart. I mean, is it your intention to just kind of keep offering this as long as you can in physical form? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I have. I don't. I have no desire to to make it, uh, you know, rare or anything like that. I like I like the idea that as many people who eventually end up wanting it can get it. Um, and then there's still the original uh, hundred run gray cart that the collectors have. So. <laughs> I do like that. I really like the gray cart. It is pretty nice. I was late to the party. I got the blue one. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a good game, though. Absolutely. Right? And very affordable. Um, I have to say too. I mean, a lot of these sometimes people want to kind of gouge a little, uh, mm -hmm. cheat them in. 
How, mu- how much would the, had that sold for when after its Kickstarter thing? Well, uh, what Cheetahman to what was it? Crab like sixty? Sixty bucks, yeah. Oh wow, and, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. But when Cheetahman the creation originally came out, they wanted two hundred, <laughs> and then I think even with the Kickstarter, it was still only a, it was still a hundred to get it. Yeah, and I think that was just a Kickstarter deal. Didn't it go back up to its it regular price right after that? You got it. You're right. Oh, so. um, at this, I might also mention that uh, not terribly long from now, it's possible that uh, Anomalous will be available on iOS devices. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a fellow um, who has written an emulator for iPhone um, who has approached me and uh, Bunny Boy at RetroUSB uh, about possibly putting anomalous uh out there so um we're we're in discussions with this guy and uh hopefully before too long you'll be able to get it on there as well well we definitely wish you the best of luck and you'll have to make sure to let us know that so we can pass that word along to um to our listeners if that happens (laughs) okay um so you mentioned uh, nes dev and nintendo age are there any other online communities that are pretty important you think as far as game development goes uh, for for NES development, there's not too many others that I am aware of. Um, I know some guys that uh, that like to uh, tinker with uh, Atari 2600 development, like to go to uh, Atari Age, mm-hmm. and they have they have uh, uh, some places there for programming as well. Um, but I, I I haven't NES Dev and Nintendo Age Brewery are the two places that I frequent for for information about programming. So. Um, do you have any tips or like if anybody's interested in getting started and doing something like this, what would you, what kind of tips for, what would you share with them? Okay. So th- this is uh, this is a, a great question um, because uh, speaking for myself, um, I originally got into assembly language after having done a little bit of QBasic and, and C as a kid uh, via a book called Assembly Language Step-by-Step. Uh, by a guy called Jeff Dunteman, and uh, I think it is the single best programming book I've ever read. Um, it's 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 written in a really friendly way. Um, do, you, um, do you know if that book is still in print? Uh, it is still in print, actually. Uh, it's uh, it's been revised over the years uh, to the point where it's teaching you how to program an assembly language on Linux rather than DOS. Uh, the original one I had was was for DOS, um, and I am such a big fan of this book that I actually uh, posted on Nintendo Age encouraging people to to try this out because the book's actually aimed at people who've never programmed before, um, and it, it's written in an incredibly uh, clear clear way. It's 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 actually fun to read. The guy has lots of like uh, funny anecdotes and uh, and analogies in there. Like when he teaches about number systems, he actually makes one up called Martian, <laughs> and uh, comes up with funny names for the for the numbers, <laughs> um, and uh, and just just by making it humorous like that, it it makes it so much easier to understand what number systems are all about. And then it's not very hard to understand uh, hex, hexadecimal and binary after that. And he just makes everything seem really really uh, clear and down to earth. So. Um, I, I'd, I'd recommend anybody, well, actually, uh, let me, uh, uh, take a couple steps back here. Uh, the assembly language, this book I'm talking about, teaches assembly language for modern PCs, so it's, it's Intel assembly language, it's not 6502 as for the NES. 
However, uh, a lot of the concepts um, that you must know to program in 6502 for the NES are the same on Intel assembly language as well. Um, and so I, I, I am such a big fan of this book, I really believe that anybody who has always dreamed of making an NES game could actually pick up assembly language with this book and then move on to NES-specific tutorials if they wish. Um, well, good. Well, I'll see if I can maybe look that up. Do you know if it's on Amazon or? Uh, yep, it's definitely on Amazon. And I might also add that uh, a lot of uh, folks have picked up uh, used copies of the DOS version on, on eBay. Mm -hmm. And I actually put together a uh, virtual box image uh, with DOS on it so that people can easily run the examples for the, for the DOS version of the book. Um, just by downloading VirtualBox, which is a, a free piece of software uh, that basically emulates a PC inside your PC. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, where, so, where would they find that from you, then? So that, uh, I, I've, I've made a public link to this VirtualBox image available on Nintendo Age. You, you might have to search for it because it's pretty, uh, you know, the brewery is pretty active, and it's probably, that post has probably been pushed down quite a bit. Um, but I... In the same post that I recommend this book, I also put a link to this virtual box image I'm talking about. And so what's neat is anyone who finds this post can go buy the, the old DOS book for like four bucks and then download my image. And then they should be able to um, work their way through the book and try out all the examples. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned um, collectors a little while ago. I don't know if you're too familiar with RF generation. Uh, it's kind of our home site, but we're very collector based. Um, we, we love it when you like cater to us when you did things like the, the gray cart run and things like that. <laughs> do you, yeah. do you collect at all? I, I do. Um, I, I'm not a really hardcore collector. I, I don't as yet have a goal of a complete set, uh, but I have been collecting for the NES and, uh, I, I, I like to say I collect to play, so I pick up titles that I'm pretty certain I'll really enjoy playing through. That's the um, way it always starts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. So, so sometimes uh, sometimes I pick up the odd oddball title. Like I've picked up a few AVGN titles uh, just <laughs> because they're so bad they're good. Got to check you them know? out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And uh, so far I don't have that many complete in-box titles. Um Mainly, I just collect loose carts at the that's, moment. That's nothing wrong with that. That's a good though, way to go. Though I, I, I think the the feeling of, of, of lust for, for more uh, complete inbox cartridges is beginning to well up. So <laughs> before dangerous. long, perhaps, I might I might be collecting more. Not Don't sure. go down the dark path. That's expensive. <laughs> um, other systems, though, besides the NES? So I've I've decided I don't really want to collect for other systems just because um, I'm sort I'm sort of a minimalist in my personal life I don't want to have a tremendous amount of clutter so oh, okay. I'm just going to focus 100% on the NES for collecting. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Good choice at least, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about um, where to find you out there on the internet? Uh, okay. Um, if you can, I, I, I go by Gradual Games on Nintendo Age. I often hang around in the brewery. And I'm also Gradual Games on NESDev.com. So those, those, those are two ways. Um, I guess you could, you could search for me on Facebook too. 
Okay, um, so you got a but, Facebook page? Oh, I forgot to mention, I also have a Gradual Games uh, Twitter page. Okay. And... and that's right, you're a, just, um, what, at Gradual Games? Yep. And uh, gradualgames.blogspot.com as well. Um, I don't really update the blog that often. Uh, tw- Twitter's actually the best way to keep track of what Gradual Games is doing. Um, just because I, I've been putting out little uh, notes about what we're what we're doing, so... Since, since we do uh, work at such a slow pace, it lets people know we're still alive and still doing stuff. <laughs> I like so, to see the tweets. I yeah. like to see them. Yeah, well, we're, we're happy to, to retweet those. I like I like when I see those little updates and things that come along. Cool. Now, <clears throat> we mentioned it before, but uh, the game, again, is on um, RetroZone, right? That's RetroUSB.com. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and can you tell us tell or tell the listeners about about the costs and what they get? Uh, okay, so uh, there's basically two options. You can get just the cartridge and manual uh, for thirty two, and or you can get the cartridge manual in uh, in the full size NES box for forty one. And I, and I think Krabby, would you join me in saying that it's it's worth getting the box? Oh yeah, they seal it up in cellophane. It's like tearing open a new new gift, like you got it in the eighties. It's awesome. It is. It's like, yeah, it's like somebody just time traveled you and said, okay, here you go, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, like uh, so so many times when I go to a mall and see GameStop and remember that it used to be Electronics <laughs> Boutique and I could walk in there and see rows and rows of new Super Nintendo and NES games. And I always feel so nostalgic for that and <laughs> that feeling. And um, creating a new game that can be brand new in box uh, sort of helps bring back that feeling. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I remember being a kid, and you'd go in the department store, and there would be, you know, just these brand new NES games on hang tabs. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does make you miss kind of some of that a lot. It's just now these days, you know, even new games, just yeah, we'll just open them up, and too bad, <laughs> they don't even care. I, I I like to think that uh, it, it it when I think about all the all the new games out there, all the new indie games and so forth that are all digitally distributed, I like to think. Um, that someday uh, I will ha- probably have there will probably be many uh, physical instances of my game still in existence around the globe, but uh, Super Meat Boy might be completely forgotten. <laughs> I think yeah, you may be right. I, I, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens in that front as well. I mean, I I I, I don't think it, I don't think it'll be really forgotten though, because that's that's a great game. <laughs> no, I, I no, I understand that, but the physical. Carts endure, uh, and mm-hmm. and you know these other ones. When there's no more Xbox around to play it on, you know, <laughs> where, where will it go? Or when Microsoft decides to shut the service down, or whatever the case is, where yeah. we go to get it, right? Yeah, just like I like the idea of like being like 95 years old and going into a museum and seeing my game sitting there, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a retro game museum, and like people walking by would be like, I made that game. <laughs> well, think about. It. I mean, you know, it's something that you could throw in and show your grandkids right yeah and you know the guys that made super meat boy will they be able to show that will it be available to show their grandkids you know i guess it depends on whether they are willing to put in all the hours to keep porting it to new computers for the next 50 <laughs> years <laughs> that's yeah. why i think it's probably not too likely yeah probably not Pro- well, though, though with with uh with virtualization and emulation though uh, that, that that might be a way that a lot of those games will be preserved i suppose so it's just going to be a different that's just a different thought, I mm-hmm. guess, um, than what we're used to. Mm. 
I'm curious. I always want to ask Derek, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't touch on? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think so right now. I think the the main thing I really wanted to, I definitely wanted to share with you guys was the whole like, uh, uh, journey involving Lord Cubasic because it was it's pretty significant <laughs> to me. Sounds sounds silly to a lot of people, and no, in retrospect, okay. it, it is sort of silly because it was like uh, you know rage from adolescence. But it, you know, it turned into this big journey to me and turned into something very rewarding uh, as an adult. So, uh, so yeah. So if um, you had if 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 Lord Cubasic were listening to this somehow, what message would you like to deliver to him now? Uh, f- you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, he's, yeah, actually, I looked him up not too long ago, and actually, I sent him an email apologizing. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and he's he's actually uh, not a bad guy. He's uh, he's actually running a uh, a graphic design company. Uh huh. Um, and uh, so, so <laughs> I have to admit, though, there is a tiny little part of me <laughs> who's like, ha ha ha! I finished my game. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, so maybe a little catharsis. There, no, it's actually it? it's going to be even more poignant when I finish the Legends of Avalia because uh, he had been working on a game in Cubasic called Seraphage. Um, amusingly, you can actually still find the the Cubasic version of Legends of Avalia and Seraphage is still floating around out there. Really? Uh, and I think you can run them both in DOSBox if you're curious. <laughs> so if you want to see the, the behind the scenes, is that it? Yeah. Well, very good. Um... Any other messages you'd like to give to our listeners? Uh, I think there's a lot of folks out there who probably would like to make a game, and I I think that it, it's it's uh, a lot of people think it's scarier than it than it is, and that all you really need is just a a desire and and patience, and there there are there are nice ways to get into it if you so desire, and I've mentioned that book earlier, and. Uh, Highly recommend it. Yeah, after speaking with John and yourself, it seems like now is probably like a really great time to get into it if you're interested. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll definitely see if I can find that book that you mentioned and see if I can put that link in the show notes for those that might be interested. And um, we can also link over to your page so that way if people want to find more about it. And um, I want to personally thank you for taking the time to come on the show. We really appreciate you. Um, coming talking about your your game. Absolutely. Uh, you're welcome. Thank th- thank you guys for having me on. It's it's been great. Uh, I I don't get that many uh, chances to to talk to fellow fans of uh, retro gaming. So <laughs> it's 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 really been been awesome. Uh, so thank you guys a lot for for having me on. It was great. Oh, our pleasure. Absolutely. And um, whenever your new game is um, coming close, uh, feel free. We we'd love to have you back on the show to talk about it. Cool. Great. I'll I'll definitely keep you posted. Wonderful. And uh, you ever want to chit-chat with uh, us uh, on rfgeneration.com, feel free to set up an account. We're, we're pretty busy on the boards over there. So you find lots of people to chat with uh, Retro Games on. You better believe it. Cool. I shall, I'll, I'll check it out. Great. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate Derek taking the time to talk to us, and um, we'll get on with the show.
All right. Well, thanks, everybody, again, for taking the time to listen to uh, another episode of the show. Um, we really appreciate it. A um, couple different places, just as a reminder, where you can find us. So um, you can find us at collectorcast.com. Uh, Krabby, where else can people locate YouTube, us? YouTube, of course. Yeah, I'm always loving the YouTube. Bill? Yep, we're on that Twitter joint. You got it. Come talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, you can also find us on the Stitcher Smart Radio and um, a couple of the places. So, Krabby? What haven't we mentioned yet? Um, Facebook? Yes, we are on the Facebook. Nice. Bill? And the big one, iTunes. Yes, you can find the show on iTunes. Um, remember looking for old shows if you can't find them on the feed or on uh, collectorcast.com just look on YouTube you just do a search for collectorcast you can find those and listen to them and um, also always remember you can find us on rfgeneration.com you want to come in drop in you want us to talk about your stuff you've got to get over there and post it's the only way we're going to see it and, and be able to chit chat a little bit about it and we'd love to um, love to hear from you so um, for another show you know Krabby, thanks for for taking the time. Always my pleasure. Always nice to talk to such happy Canadians. <laughs> I'll try to be more angry next time. <laughs> I, feel more I can't even imagine what an angry Krabby would sound like. I, I I'm waiting for the day that I do something that really bothers him, and then he like pulls me to the side and says, "Listen, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> I need to talk to you about that. And then just about that. And then and then just rips into me." <laughs> I think a stern talking to him, he's like, now listen here, mister. <laughs> I really didn't appreciate that. Oh, and Bill, I'm sorry you couldn't make the interview, but thanks for um, thanks for, for being here again. Yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate. It was one of those life circumstances. Like, everything's fine. So people who, like, <laughs> people who, who were worried about me that night, but uh, I was, I was uh, uh, detained unavoidably, and I didn't want to delay the interview, so... Uh, but yeah, thanks very much to Derek from Gradual. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciated him have him taking the time to come on the show, and um, everybody else, we'll see you next time.